1984. That's Billy Joel for the longest time, and you've been waiting for the longest time for this show to start, most likely, because we're late tonight. Uh, it was supposed to start at 7.30. Actually, I changed the show description from now and forever to say approximately 7.30, because I, I never managed to start on time, So, uh, but this is worse than usual. <laughs> it just the, kind of the time dragged with some things I had to do around the house. So I apologize for that, and... We are going, though, and we have a good free roll tonight, and we have the same guest host as last week. 
So for those of you that enjoyed last week's show, you'll probably enjoy this week's. And for those of you that did not like last week's show, then you might as well turn it off right now because it'll probably be kind of similar. There'll be different topics, but uh, same co-host, if I can reach him, attempting to reach him right now. I'm using the older Skype. So maybe that'll be a problem, maybe not. I, I don't even know if he's there. I, I wouldn't blame him if he ran away, because it's 38 minutes late we're starting. But right now, it's 8.09 p.m. Pacific time. I am here. Oh, there we are. There we are. And 11.09 where you are in New York. And uh, today's date, December 7th, 2016, which means it is Pearl Harbor Day. Now, 75 years ago was when Pearl Harbor was bombed. So the, uh, this is a momentous event for us to be celebrating on this show. Yeah, not really. But uh, yeah, December 7th, 2016 is the date of this show. And it's important to say the date of the show because sometimes people listen in the archives to the streaming archives where it just picks a random show and you have no idea when it was recorded. And uh, sometimes I do that and I go, when the hell did I make this? And I'm the one who did it. So... December hey, 7th. Drew, I'm, I'm using a different microphone. Can you still hear me okay? I, I can hear you. It does kind of sound speakerphone-ish, so I, I don't know if... It's a speakerphone-ish thing. Yeah. Well... All right. I can, I can switch if I need to. Okay. So, uh, anyway, Kalwa, thank you for joining me again, and thank you for all the co-hosting you've done of this show in 2016. There's been a very good reaction to you overall from the listening audience. I had a, a number of compliments towards you. I'll tell you, there's one criticism, and I, oh. I didn't agree with it. I won't say who said it, but uh, I had a lot of people saying, you know, this Calawat guy is great. I really like him as a, as a guest host, and uh, a lot of very positive things. I'm not just saying this to make you feel better. This is the truth. But uh, there was one guy who said that this Calawat guy sounds like a douche. He's trying too hard to sound cool. <laughs> so... I, I defended you. I said, I, you can think that, but I, I don't agree. I, I think he's good on the radio, and I, I haven't noticed he's trying too hard to sound cool. Uh, whatever. And I even, I even mentioned that I met you in person last year, and I said he was very normal. And uh, he said, yeah, but you thought uh, Mumbles Badly was normal in person, too, so I, I can't trust you there is what that person said. But uh, that, that's the only negative comment I got about you. And even, well, there'll even, be more. Even that person conceded that... Uh, uh, it's not that he thought you were bad. He just thought you were trying too hard to sound cool and, and were a douche. But uh, everybody else, I'll tell you, was uh, very happy with your job as a co-host. And, in fact, I've heard similar comments, the good ones, that is, uh, other times you've co-hosted. So that's why. Thank you. Thank you, Drop. I just switched over microphones. Is it any better? Yeah, it's much better. So Okay. Now, I, I actually heard a rumor from chat that I wanted to see if you confirm or deny. Yeah. So you know how um, you were saying that before you would play World Series of Poker events, you, you were giving people kind of a, a primer this year and uh, ways to prepare, and you were saying that, you know, if it relaxes you, what you should do is uh, rub one out before you <laughs> go down and play, right? Uh, yes, but, but there, I, I put a caveat on that, that it also may sap you of energy. So if, uh, if, if you absolutely need to do that so you can concentrate better, then for sure, or, or to relax more. But at the same time, if it saps you of energy, you probably shouldn't. All right. So I heard a rumor in in the chat, and I don't I don't know if this is true or not. But I heard the rumor that when you put that music on, that you go off to go rub one out. No, that's what no. you have the intro music, and so you go rub one out so that you can be nice and relaxed on air. No, no. In fact, uh, 
That's a good guess, but I, I need more time than that. I can't. I can't do it in three minutes. Three minutes really? is tough. Yeah, three minutes is tough. You have had you know what thirty years to practice, and you haven't gotten you haven't gotten efficient about it. You know, it actually takes a longer time as you get older, not, not a shorter time. At least for me, oh, I mean, it doesn't yeah. take really long, but at three minutes, I, I that would be tough. Three minutes right. would be tough. Which we, which can be a good thing, which which means I, I don't have the uh, the issue of uh, prematurely finishing. So I, I guess, but usually, you know, the more you practice something, the better you get at yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm not saying, saying I'm bad at it. It just it just takes you know more than three minutes. So that's not what I do. The reason I start these songs at the beginning, and I I have to admit I stole this idea from the previous uh, co-host, not Brandon, but on, on a previous site I was part of, and uh, the guy who ran the show then was uh, playing music at the beginning. Usually rap music that I didn't like, but uh, I, I got the idea from him. But the reason I do that is because it, it kind of gives everyone time from when the show starts to for live listeners to, to get over there and listen. And for the archive listeners, they just have a, a selection of songs typically from 1955 to 1989 to listen to. And I, I try not to repeat them. I try to come up with a different song each week, which gets tough because we've done over 200 shows. So anyway, uh, that's the reason for the intro song, in case you guys were wondering. And tonight we have a free roll. We have a big free roll. It's it's funny how with these free rolls, sometimes we have an embarrassing sum of money that we're giving away that I'm afraid to even announce. And other times we have so much that I feel bad for giving so much away because I'm afraid the next week we're going to be broke. So uh, this week we only had $35, and that generously came from JSTAT, who's a regular listener to this show. I was asking, can someone donate, please? And I think someone even did, and I'll, for that person, I'm going to hold it over till next week. Someone sent 20 bucks. But C-Money, who has overall been the, generous, the most generous donor to this show, gave 100 bucks to tonight's free roll. So we now have 135. We went from 35 to 135, and that's the reason I did, decided not to throw on the other 20. I'm sure we'll need the other 20 next week. So... Thank you to C-Money. Thank you to J-Stat. Thank you to uh, the guy calling himself Tough Puppy. You sent the 20, which we'll use next week. But we now have $135 cash free roll on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find that near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. It is completely free to play. Completely free. You don't even need play chips. So there's no actual gambling on the No Fraud Online Poker Room because you can't lose money. There's no buy-in. Not even a play chip buy-in. All you need is a separate account over there. And you need to have a form account with a certain date. And uh, for all the rules for qualifying for the free money, you just need to go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. This is a complete free giveaway. We get nothing out of it. The good thing is it doesn't come from my Jew wallet. So it, it, last week I actually gave 10 bucks, but that was a fluke. Usually it comes from the wallets of various generous listeners. And I think that's great. So we have 135 this week. But we knew, we do know that you don't escrow that money. Well, there's no one to escrow it with, but I, I don't hold it separately, if that's what you're saying. It's, it, is, it is merged with my life bankroll, and then I just pay it out when uh, people win. So, right, so people who donate, you know, you're floating the money a little bit, just like FTP, and they can go get a burger. You're getting an In-N-Out burger with their money, maybe? That is right? true. I might, be, I might be doing that. So. <laughs> So here's, uh, we have five places we're paying this week. Usually it's four. This week it's five. And there's some people who are very dedicated to this free roll. Some people who really, uh, really try very hard to win this money. So you'll be happy for those of you that uh, feel that way, that this week we're giving away some good money. First place is $62. 
Second place is $31. Third place is $20. Fourth place is $14. And fifth place is $8. So we have 62, 31, 20, 14, and 8. This is thanks to JSTAT for 35 of it and C-Money for 100 of it. So thank you to both of you. And... That is this week's free roll starts at 8.40 p.m. with 25 minutes of late registration. And you know what? Since uh, the show started a bit late tonight, I bet we're going to have a bit of a smaller audience, even though it is the regular night. And since we've been jumping around nights, it's uh, you may have less competition than you expect for the $62. So, Druff, if, if bad guy 23 knocks me out again, I may just go on. I may tilt and rage quit the the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying that that is uh, the ultimate humi- humiliation to have bad guy knock you out. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's the free roll this week. Starts at eight forty and twenty three minutes. And let me give you the rest of the intro to the show. Then we will get going. The call in number to the show is seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. That's our main number. You can also text that same phone number anytime, day or night. Before the show, during the show, after the show, and I will respond to you. You can text your compliment, your criticism. Some people think that I will get angry if they message me something that's critical of me or the show. And the answer is I will not. I'm actually happy to hear your honest opinion of the show, whether it's good or bad. Uh, the only thing I ask is just do so respectfully, and which means you know don't just don't do it to try to troll me or get me angry. Or make me upset. But if you just want to give your honest opinion of the show, even if you want to say it sucked, it was awful, I fell asleep, whatever it is, you know, you good or bad, I, I want to know your honest opinions because that'll make the show get better. Because if it's good, then I'll do more of the same. If it's bad, then I'll you can tell me what you thought was bad about it, and, and I might listen to you. I can't guarantee you, but I might listen to your suggestions. So. 775-372-8355 is our text number. I may read your text on the air, unless you ask me not to at the beginning. We have the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary telephone which sits on top of Mount Charleston, which is near Las Vegas. It's in the 20s in Mount Charleston right now. It's pretty cool up there. It's got snow. Uh, I've, I'm going to go visit the phone very, very soon. I may even take a picture with me visiting the Mount Charleston line. And it's it forwards to wherever I go, and it's a separate line into the show. So if uh, you're having a problem getting through on the main number because it's busy or there's some other weird issue, try the Mount Charleston line, 702-430-1808. Brandon, some of you may be wondering about him. We're not going to spend much time talking about that tonight. We It's pretty much the same status as last week. Brandon is still off the show. He may come back at some time in the near or far future. We are still working that out. Brandon may actually broadcast his own show sometime soon from Poker Fraud Alert that uh, has been discussed. So that may happen too. It, it's not mutually exclusive. It, it doesn't mean that if he does that, doesn't mean he's leaving this show. Uh, also, if he leaves the show, it doesn't mean that he's off Poker Fraud Alert forever. It may just mean he's doing his own show. It's uh, uh, What I said is what I meant, that if he wants to do his own show off Poker Fraud Alert, he can you're going to be into the night, or I, I don't know what the title will be, but uh, yeah, I, I told him if he would like to do his own show, even if he quits this one, he is welcome to on PokerFraudAlert.com. 
So that that stay tuned for possible announcements about that. But he's not going to be here tonight unless he makes a surprise appearance. But if you do want to text him, his phone number is 203-299-2436, 203-299-2436. Of course, I can't finish the intro without mentioning the call to listen line. The call to listen line is a phone number that you call and you listen to the show. You can use it to listen to the live show, or you can use it to listen to one of our streaming reruns, where the computer just randomly picks a rerun from our library of over 200 shows and streams it as if it's live. And then when that show's over, it picks another one randomly and does so again and again and again and again until we start live again. So that phone number is 712-775-8162, It is located in a little shack in a town called Carroll, Iowa. So I, I, that's going to be tough for me to visit too often, but it is there. 712-775-8162. You can really look it up. You'll see it really is there in Carroll. And if you do want to listen to the streaming reruns, you can do so there or just by going to the radio page on PokerFraudAlert.com, and you'll also be able to hear them there as well. We also have live streaming on the TuneIn app, which you can get on your smartphone. You can also listen to the archives of the show, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or you can download the MP3 directly from PokerFraudAlert.com. A lot of ways to listen to this show, and they are all free, and... Unless something drastically changes, which I can't imagine happening, it will always be free. I mean, maybe if there's just some massive demand for the show one day, I'll say, you know, I'm not going to do this for free anymore. I'm going to charge people. But I, I don't think that's very likely. This, this should remain free forever. So as many listening options as possible. And if there's a, a listening option that you want that would be more convenient for you that I have not provided... Let me know. Text me, 775-372-8355. Email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, and I may add additional options. I'm always open to adding more ways to listen to the show. The The good thing about the call to listen line, I say it every week, is that it does not require an internet connection. You don't need a data plan. If you do have a data plan, it doesn't use up any of your data. And you don't need a good connection on your phone to listen to it. So... If you're driving somewhere in the hills and you're having trouble getting much of a cell phone signal, it's much easier to listen on the call-to-listen line than through the Internet. The agenda this week, I will go through, and then we'll get started. A poker fraud alert exclusive this week. And I just realized I forgot to set up our guest, (laughs) which isn't really necessary, but... There was going to be a guy who was going to come on and talk. I, mean, I guess I can make a quick post to the Facebook group about it. But uh, uh, There is a massive PayPal America's Card Room chargeback scam that started about two days ago that is in progress. As we speak, the scammer, there's only one guy, but the scammer may be charging back even more. And when I say massive, I mean it involves a lot of people and it involves a sum of over $30,000 of chargebacks through PayPal from someone who traded it for America's card room funds. This was brought to my attention, of all things, by by someone I once uh, called out, I wouldn't say for scamming, but for uh, kind of tricking people, someone who was getting stakes as a, uh, as a female instead of, uh, you know, he was really a male and he was getting stakes as a female, and I called him out for that a number of years ago. But, uh, oh, is that that? Is that that dude on um, on two plus two? Yeah, it is him. But you know what? Since then, I've actually gotten to like him better. I think he's grown up some. I think he's. Uh, 
I, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. He made, he made uh, this, that dumb mistake when he was uh, uh, you know, five years old. You know, that is pretty hilarious, though. I mean, it does. It definitely does uh, point out a little bit of the uh, special treatment that oh, yeah, uh, we sure. sometimes get, right? I mean, it was interesting, but yeah. So so anyway, he, he and I at that point uh, didn't get along. He didn't like that I called that out. But but since then, he's he's admitted that he was an idiot back then, and he says he's, he's turned over a new leaf. And uh, as far That's as you know... That's an idiot-ess, okay? <laughs> he's a chick. As, as far as I know, uh, he, she has not... Uh, done anything since then that's been shady. maybe he's maybe he's trans no he's actually not that's the funny thing it was, it was is it just, called what do they call like gender oh, gender neutral, yeah, gender, or, neutral or gender queer i don't know so many different oh, there's there's some other like gender inter i don't know there are like 50 different genders yeah. now so anyway this guy uh, he's the one who brought it to my attention he said I, I think that you will be interested in this story and also we need help because like no one uh, gender would, fluid that's gender what it fluid. is okay so this guy uh, who who I don't believe it's really gender fluid, but he he called this to my attention and said that not only does he think I'd like to cover this, but he thinks that I can help the people who are struggling through this, and it had just been starting when he brought it to my attention. So I, I joined this Facebook group that he told me to join, and I delved into it, and I, I believe that uh, the problem is on the way to being solved, but it's not solved yet. So we're going to talk about, this, the, the, I believe the only place this has been discussed outside of that closed Facebook group. What's going on, and also what to do if you're either a victim of this guy or a victim of any PayPal chargeback scam. And I'll, I'll explain what a PayPal chargeback scam is. Circle. What is Circle, other than a shape? Circle is a service. It's a, a money uh, transfer service that uh, started up, I, I don't even know when, but... Uh, semi-recently, and they were one of two licensed Bitcoin exchanges, to my knowledge, in the U.S. to where you can you could legally buy and sell Bitcoin for U.S. dollars. There's actually some stupid laws on the books, not specifically about Bitcoin, but basically, if you make money transfers of any kind, like currency exchanges, uh, technically you're acting as an unlicensed currency broker and can get in trouble. So it's technically not legal. I, I I only know of one case involving Bitcoin where someone was prosecuted for that, and that's when the person was doing something else besides just doing that, and I won't get into that whole story. But anyway, the the only two fully legal ways to buy and sell Bitcoin were with Coinbase and Circle, because they had a license to do this, and you would be a customer of theirs. Well, now you only have one way to do it, because Circle has gotten out of the Bitcoin exchange business. So now there's only one option. If you want to use a Bitcoin exchange to change your Bitcoin into U.S. dollars. Now, there are, of course, other ways. You can you can do it with a friend. You could do it with... Uh, yeah, there's other sites where you can do it that aren't licensed. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can do it. But as far as fully legal, fully licensed sites to buy and sell Bitcoin. Now there's only one. I'll explain why Circle's dropped out of the market, what the situation was with Coinbase, and give you a warning that the IRS is probably watching what you are doing on Coinbase. And you may hear from them, if you, especially if you use it to transfer too much money. Mike Sexton, speaking of a lot of money, Mike Sexton told an interesting story on the Chicago Joey show. You know, Chicago Joey gets all the guests. We don't because uh, he tosses a lot of softballs, and, and we don't. And 
you know, I I said this about him. I was assuming he would never hear about this, about the softball thing. Like, I thought we were so clever talking behind his back. And then we had a reason to communicate with him on Twitter. And he says, yeah, aren't you the one who says I'm throwing softballs? So he's, <laughs> he heard it somehow. He, cla- he claimed he listens to the show sometimes. I don't know. Whatever it was, he knew we, we said he throws softballs. And he, he knew some other things. So he he does listen occasionally, which... You ever met him? No, never met him. He's actually a really good dude. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Like, you know, despite my softball's comment, I, I have nothing against Chicago Joey, and I'll say he, he's really done a good job blowing up and, and getting all the relevant guests. Anybody who seems to make the news in poker goes on the Chicago Joey show. So he had Mike Sexton on, who told an interesting story about how selling his party stock, party poker stock, which Mike Sexton had from the very beginning, too early cost him... One million dollars. No, he wishes. 500 times that. He claims he lost out on $500 million by selling party poker stock too early. What a mistake. Can you imagine? (laughs) So we're going to talk about that. I'll play his clip, and uh, that's that's pretty tough. And I'll tell you a personal story about Mike Sexton back in the very early days of party poker calling me up and me speaking to Mike Sexton while I was at work. It was kind of a surreal moment. Phil Ivey has filed a weird response in the ruling in his Borgata lawsuit. That was the weird thing where Borgata demanded additional money beyond what he won there. They wanted additional money for what he was expected to lose had he played at the odds they were expecting him to be playing at, which I thought it was ridiculous, but the, the, that's what the Borgata wants. And he filed a weird response to that, which I will read to you and will analyze. A legal victory for two men whose money was improperly seized in Iowa a few years ago through uh, the horrible process known as civil forfeiture, which is pretty much uh, licensed uh, stealing for the government. That's, That's really what it is. It really is a way for the government to steal from you. And it's been... Civil forfeiture has been toned down somewhat. The federal government has uh, clamped down on it a bit, but it still goes on, depending on which state you're in. But one of the worst cases of it occurred in Iowa, where two poker players had $100,000 seized from them a few years ago. And uh, they have finally had a legal victory in their fight to get their money back. Uh, Cal Watt, I know you play some live, and a lot of this is in uh, underground games, but uh, if you played at a, a regular card room, would you ever expect that somebody at the table is live broadcasting the table? I'm talking about like a cash game. Would you ever expect that? There's someone just like live broadcasting you on the internet playing against them? I mean, these days it wouldn't shock me. I and mean, wasn't that kind of the the worry with the Google Glass stuff? Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the worries. And so that's that's been going on apparently. There's a guy who's known as uh, the Trooper 97. Oh God, you know him. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. The Trooper 97, uh, he's been uh, live uh, broadcasting. He calls it vlogging. And he's been doing this while he plays live poker. The Trooper 97 has been God, asked. You know, I'm sorry, Drew. That's got to be one of the most boring fucking things I can imagine. It is. But he tries I mean, it's, it's boring enough. Just, uh, I mean, I love poker, but honestly, it's boring as shit a lot of the times, let alone. Not even being there and playing, but watching someone else do it—that sounds yeah, horrible. I agree. I agree. But anyway, he's—he's uh, he's been told to stop by by a few different casinos in Las Vegas. So we'll talk a bit about that. I'll play a little of his uh, vlogging. You'll get an example of it. Uh, Donald Trump 
supposedly has blocked Doyle Brunson on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, of all of all people to block, like this is one of his biggest supporters. So I don't know why, but Doyle Brunson's claiming that. Here's a heads up for you guys who might like uh, jumping around the country to different Caesars properties, as I admit sometimes I do. If you like doing that, you might want to plan a trip in the first quarter of 2017 because Caesars has announced plans, but of course will not give details because that's what Caesars does. They they like to wait on the details because usually they haven't figured out what they're going to do when they announce something. I'm not even kidding. But they, they've announced that they will give, quote, rewards for visiting multiple properties in the first quarter of 2017. So I'll talk about uh, what those might be and... I'll talk a bit about the different markets of the Caesars properties and how they vary from market to market. And I'll give you a few little tips about the whole thing of going to different Caesars properties in different markets, what you can expect, what you can't expect. And maybe you should, uh, if you're going to do something like that, maybe do so uh, in the first quarter of 2017. I, I got distracted there for a second because I, I noticed my computer is telling me that I had 12% power left. And I said, how could that be? I'm plugged in. And I noticed that the plug just, it wasn't pushed all the way down. So I was like, I was, I was panicking the show was going to just shut off. I think it gets like to 8% and it just shut, shuts off. Uh, general topics, the Electoral College, people are complaining about that because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by like 2 million and she's not going to be the president, so people are frustrated about this, especially Hillary supporters. Hillary supporters so we'll talk about whether the Electoral College should exist. I will give you my opinion and not, uh, not just because it beat Hillary. I've had the same opinion of the Electoral College for a long time, and I I would have the same opinion regardless of what the results of this election had been. I mean, the same thing comes up any time that there's an election that's close. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's amazing to me. No one took a civics class. I mean, people seem like shocked and surprised. They don't even understand. Yeah, it it, it is. I don't get it. It is. And this happened 16 years ago. I'm surprised everyone's uh, all up in arms about this. We already had this happen. That's why George W. Bush was president in 2000 and Al Gore was not. Al Gore won the popular vote. There's no question. Well, not just that. I mean, like, why is it a shock that the Electoral College exists? Yeah. (laughs) See people on Twitter like, this is bullshit. How could this happen? (laughs) Give me a break. Uh, Finally, I may have talked some about this on other shows, but I've I was just having this discussion with my dad recently, and uh, I, I felt that it deserved its own topic. And that is, over time, there's there's different trends that occur with rewards programs for, for airlines, for hotel rooms, and what works today may not work next year, and what works uh, next year may not have been a very good option today. So it's always changing. You always have to stay up on these things if you want to get the best value and get things for cheap or in some cases free or close to free. You have to kind of stick with it. If you if you just stick with what you always did, you're probably going to be not getting very good value for your money. So I'm going to talk about using credit cards. This is totally legal, by the way. I'm not talking about any kind of fraud. Using credit cards to get free and upgraded hotel rooms in the year 2017. What the best way to go about it is because there there definitely is a way to get yourself some pretty nice hotel rooms and some pretty nice chains and some pretty nice perks uh, for very little money or for free 
and it only requires a little bit of planning, a little bit of forethought. So if, if you're going somewhere tomorrow, it's not going to help you probably, but it's uh, uh, in the next few months if you're going somewhere and you know you're going somewhere or you know you're going to be traveling at some point in 2017, you should listen to this segment. I'll tell you what I've been doing and what a lot of people I know have been doing very successfully. And again, completely legal and just something you need to know about. So that's our agenda for tonight. If you want to call in... I'm going to grab a uh, little glass glass of rum real quick, all right? Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to make sure I heard the whole intro so I had, uh, you know, kind of a project outline and knew what was going on. Okay, get get rum. (laughs) I I said I'm not going to allow drunks on this show, but... I guess I don't have much of a choice now. Calawad, he's he doesn't have a history of being a rambling drunk here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him credit that he can control his liquor. Okay, so I'm gonna do the first topic: our PFA exclusive. And that is, there is a massive PayPal and America's Card Room chargeback chargeback scam that is occurring right now as we speak. There is. Now, again, when I say massive, I don't mean it's involving many perpetrators. It involves one perpetrator, but it's involving many victims. Uh, I'm not talking about a few people are getting uh, scammed or charged back. I'm talking about we have at least 50 victims, possibly over 100. More and more keep coming forward. It's all being done by one guy. And uh, this was brought to my attention very recently. So... I'm going to tell you about this scam. I'm not going to name the perpetrator, and there's a reason for that, even though I'm sure he's doing it, even though it seems very, very clear that this guy is guilty, because I've seen a lot of evidence. Uh, It's still being investigated by PayPal, and if I were to name this guy and certain people were to call PayPal and and talk about this with them, uh, then, or if PayPal even listened to this show or read the, the thread I did, and it, you don't laugh, PayPal actually does things like that. I once had PayPal write to me about something they read on the site. Then it could it could mess up this whole investigation, and I don't want to do that. I want the victims to be made whole. So I'm going to talk about it without giving any names, but I'll give you initials, and I'll give you the whole story. Yeah, PayPal has been, I mean, I know it's overused, but they, they really have been kind of Nazis about a number of things for uh, a long time. They're horrible. I, like I, I used to be really involved in uh, uh, fine cigars. And, I mean, they would just shut people down if they found out yes. that you were using money to buy and sell cigars for Wow. Guys. I mean, yeah, they just shut you down with no uh, no appeal. It's terrible. So, yeah. And then they hold up your money. But here, that, So this is what's going on with, uh, with a scam, though. Uh, I was informed, actually, I thought it was two days ago. I guess it was yesterday. I was informed yesterday morning about a PayPal chargeback scam that's being perpetrated against a number of people who play on America's card room and have agreed to make some trades. Now, if you're just a regular player on America's Card Room and you haven't been doing any trades for PayPal money, then this is not going to affect you. So I, this is not something that's happening on America's Card Room. Uh, you'd have to have made a trade with this particular guy to have this possibly affect you. I'm not going to name him, but his initials are MP. That's MP. And his name... Mary Poppins? Kind of like that, yes. And... Uh, <laughs> His screen name on America's Card Room starts with a DA and ends with 79. So if this does not seem familiar to you, then you're not involved and you're not going to be victimized by it. You're safe. But if MP, whose screen name on America's Card Room starts with DA and ends with 79, if you've made a trade with him, 
especially in the last few months, you're probably going to be seeing a chargeback if you haven't already. Now, let me tell you what happened here. Uh, He was part of a 2,000-member Facebook poker group, which I didn't even know existed, but there's a lot of different little groups on Facebook for poker. I didn't know there was one quite this large, but it has 2,000 people, and it's a pretty friendly group. I, I read it. It's mostly kind of just people talking about their poker results. It's not It's not full of exciting pros on there. You're not going to go on there and see uh, Helmuth and uh, Negranu talking about their hands. It's, it's a bunch of uh, no-name players for the most part. Do you get excited by Helmuth? No, I'm just saying our listeners might. Oh. Helmuth, I think he might get excited by me. He, you know, he, want, he wanted uh, me to like him. He came up to me at the World Series and told me he, it's important to him that I don't hate him. He I does, remember he, you telling yeah, me Yeah, he that. does this out of nowhere. I mean, I can, that's one thing I can brag about to the poker fanboy, that Phil Helmuth approached me out of nowhere and told me that he wants me to like him. <laughs> Did his mole talk to you? Uh, so someone must have. I, I don't know what happened, but somehow he found. I have out. a hard time. Like when, whenever people have a huge mole like that, like it's like the only thing I can stare at when I'm talking <laughs> to them. I don't know why. It's bizarre. Phil Helmuth is very, very tall. By the way, I think he's like six foot yeah. six or six foot five. He's uh, he was he's, he was he's a few inches taller than me. So anyway, uh, going back to MP. <laughs> so Helmuth has got a he's got a few inches on you. He does. All right. No, look. So you're the one going there, not me. So MP was part of a 2,000-member Facebook group, and uh, he frequently did PayPal for America's card room transfers with people there for a one-to-one exchange. And that's good for people, supposedly, who are America's card room players, because if you want to cash out, instead of having to wait through the whole cash out process, you've got MP right there says, hey, I'll buy your chips. So he buys your chips on America's card room. He sends you cash on PayPal. Great. You know, it's like an instant cash out. What what could be better? Uh, I guess there's no problem with it at all unless he scams you. Then that's a bit of a problem. So uh, a few months ago, he was doing this, and people woke oh, up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got it. I think I figured it out, Truff. Melanie Wisner got married, and her last name begins with a P now. And she's <laughs> she's doing these cash outs for people just like she did on Locke. It's not Melanie Wisner, but right. I, 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 right. I could believe it. I could believe it. But no, Melanie Wisner is, uh, is not involved in this one. So okay. uh, anyway, people woke up a few months ago and found that the PayPal transactions they did with this guy, you know, the money they got from him, had been reversed. Now, I'm talking about a few months ago, not today, not yesterday. So you're saying, why, why am I talking about this being a current story? Why is this a breaking story? Well, because this happened before. Uh, what happened was uh, a bunch of chargebacks came back, so the people who had thought they had received money on PayPal, it was taken right back. And they were sure they got scammed, but MP came back and saved the day. He said, sorry, everybody, this is my wife. My wife was looking at our bank accounts and seeing all these different charges that uh, PayPal was taking money out of our account. And she was sure that we were a victim of some kind of scam, so she reported it to the bank, the bank reported it to PayPal, and PayPal reversed all these. I have since called PayPal and smoothed it over with them and told them it was just my wife who got confused, and uh, they're going to reverse the reversals. And that's what happened. People got their money back, and people figured it was just an honest mistake that MP was uh, a fine person to continue trading with. You you may say this sounds like a a story that could happen, but the problem is you always have to be on guard with people in poker. 
And whenever something out of the ordinary like this happens with someone you don't know very well, you always have to assume the worst about them. It, it sucks to have to think that way, but that's the way you should think. You should think, okay, I got charged back. It's much more likely that he did it than his wife did it. And it's much more likely that maybe he ran it up since then and doesn't need the money as much or had second thoughts about scamming. Whatever it was, you probably were scammed and then unscammed. So once that happens, you should be thanking your lucky stars that you got your money back and never deal with this guy again. But they didn't learn their lesson over there. So he continued on. He continued to make uh, various trades. Over the past three months, MP has made... $31,782 worth of trades. So he bought that much worth of America's card room money and sent that much out through PayPal. Now, this was not all to one or two people. He sent this to multiple people, uh, a large number of people. Some bought as little as uh, $10 from him or sold as as little as $10. So there are people on there who their entire body of transfers with him was like $10, $15. So he was doing this with anyone. Nothing was too big or too small. I think $10 may have been the minimum he, you could send on, on ACR. I hadn't heard of any figure lower than 10 but there were a number of people who... Sounds like a waste of time to do anything yeah, more than, less than that, right? Well, you think $10 is a waste of time. But it's, somehow people are doing it to get $10 off there, strangely enough. I, that's, that's really living from hand to mouth where you have to uh, cash out for $10, but that, that's what people were doing. Uh, there were others, Jeez, though. go return some bottles or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there, there, <laughs> are, there are some other people who were doing larger sums of money. No one did, as far as I know, no one did gigantic sums of money. Like There wasn't like a $10,000 victim of this whole thing, but you have probably 50 to 100 people, maybe even more, who did enough transfers with this guy to where over $31,000 was traded. Now, you, first of all, you've got to think... Why is he buying this much in three months? Is he, is he like a huge fish? The answer is probably yes. He probably sucks. He's probably been losing that money. And, of course, that's always a red flag as well because someone who is repeatedly buying money, if someone's buying more than $30,000 of America's Card Room and is not a known winner who just happens to be on a downer at the moment or not a known really rich guy who doesn't care, then there's a good chance a scam is coming your way. And that is what happened. So... Uh, two days ago, MP got into an argument, probably a manufactured argument, probably one that he made sure happened, with someone in the group. The MP had uh, received $50 on America's card room from some guy on there named uh, Danny. So Danny sent him $50, and MP never sent him the PayPal. So Danny started giving him a hard time, saying, where's the $50? This allowed MP to act like that Danny has just insulted him, to act like Danny has just ruined it for everyone. So in order to punish everybody for Danny being so rude to ask about the $50 that he had rightfully been owed, this is what MP wrote. Everyone wants to dog me over Danny being a a bitch-ass fag. Actually, it was a bitch-ass ass-fag. What is a bitch-ass ass-fag? That's what he wrote. Danny being bitch ass ass fag. Yeah, bitch ass is one word, and then ass is a separate word than fag. So, about, everybody wants to dog me over Danny being a bitch ass ass fag. Got guess what I've done? A total of thirty one thousand seven eighty two in transactions in the bank last three months. This guy's a great writer, uh, and he thinks I'm a scam for fifty ho ass dollars. 
OS dollars. Yeah, it's uh, a. <laughs> is that different oh, than man. regular dollars? A OS dollars, but yeah. So he says. That's the monies that the, the hoes make from pitching their ass. Yeah. So he says, "Well, guess what? Everyone, guess what? Now everyone has pushed me to take the next step. I better get. Uh, sorry, it's hard to read because this guy can't write. Well, guess what? Now everyone has pushed me to take the next step. Is better. I get my thirty k back within the next twenty four hours. So let me translate this all to English because this is uh, this is some little uh, paragraph here. He's basically saying, well, I'll, I'll translate sentence by sentence here." Everyone wants to dog me over Danny being a bitch-ass-ass fag. He's trying to say, everybody is giving me a hard time about <laughs> Danny making a big deal over this. Uh, got guess- you, speak, you speak pimp, then. Yes, huh? yes. I, well, I, le- I learned from bad guy. Uh, right. He says, got guess what I've done a total of 31,782 in transactions in the bank last three months. What that means is I've made a total of 31,782... Dollars in transactions through my bank over the last three months, and he thinks I'm a scam for fifty ho ass dollars, and that translates to he thinks I'm going to be so petty as to scam him for only fifty dollars. <laughs> he should have me as a spokesman. Okay, yeah. He writes, uh, "Well, guess what? Now everyone has pushed me to take the next step. Is better. I get my thirty k back within the next twenty four hours." Translation of that is. Well, guess what, everybody? Because Danny has insulted me so much, and, I, and I'm so frustrated over what's occurring here, I'm going to punish all of you by charging everything back and recovering my $30,000 in the next 24 hours. So that's, Andrew, that's, you do a fantastic job translating pimp into cracker. I, congratulations. Yeah, I, I, should, I, I, I should be writing the <laughs> subtitle to this. So that's, that's what he said. And then I'll give MP credit... Uh, he wasn't just being a bitch-ass fag. He actually, he actually went and, and did what he said he would do. He started to just do oh. massive chargebacks, including like the $10 and $15 transfers that had been taking place. Like he's just going, you know, refund, 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 refund. What, what he's doing here, he's not just yeah, – there's some process he's got to do for each one where he's claiming that it's some kind of fraud. Like because this is money that he sent to people, so he has to – do something on PayPal's site indicating this was a transaction I did not approve. So it must have taken some time to do this. But uh, he sat there just undoing transaction after transaction after transaction, and he's still doing it as we speak. So That doesn't sound like no bitch-ass ass fag. Yeah. So, so countless people have shown up to that Facebook group to post the PayPal chargeback messages that they got, because they got emailed when this would happen. Uh, and some were charged back for transfers as low as $10. As I mentioned before, uh, others from the various uh, trades they did with this guy uh, had added up to close to a thousand dollars. So there was a guy posting that he was down like eight hundred forty-five dollars out of this whole thing. Another one down uh, seven hundred twenty-five. So those are the bigger victims. Uh, there were also some that were losing you know, ten, fifteen dollars. But uh, but he was just charging back like a madman. Now this was clearly an intentional scam. This was not because he's mad that uh, that Danny is being a bitch ass ass fag. There's no way. Even if Danny really is a bitch-ass-ass fag, there's, there's no way that this is why he's doing it. There's, there's no way that he just uh, got so mad at Danny for questioning why he wasn't sending the 50 that he decided he's going to punish everybody with, uh, by scamming them for 31000 dollars. This is right out of the scammer playbook, because what scammers do often is that they find a reason, even if it's a flimsy one, 
to be doing what they're doing. So this way the victim can question it and maybe think it was their fault. So they like to, they like to find a reason to punish the victims that they're scamming. And they say, I'm only doing this because you did such and such to me. So in this case, he's saying it was Danny's fault. Danny did this to him, and now because Danny's being such a jerk, now he's going to punish everyone. That, that's his justification here. But, but scammers, they have many other reasons they'll claim they're scamming you. you know, be, they'll, they'll, they'll make up some sort of phony uh, legal situation that they claim that you've, you've harmed them in some way, and therefore you owe them this amount of money. Or They'll, they'll make up something to justify what they're doing. So you start to question, wow, did I really cause this? Wow, is this really my fault? Well, if, if I try to get the money back, is he going to sue me? Like, or, or, or did I? is this really something that I made happen? Was it maybe my actions that made him react this way? Like the, the scammers want you to think that. They don't want you to think that they're just greedy and stealing from you, which is really what they're doing. So uh, that's what he did, and he's been still doing. He's been doing, he did it all yesterday. He did it all today. Uh, I think he did it, did it all the day before, in fact. I, I think it was brought to my attention yesterday, but it started the day before that. So I showed up into that Facebook group at the request of this guy who told me about it, and I gave the following advice to people. Most important is that you need to call PayPal. Because PayPal has been around for a very long time, more than 15 years. They have seen every scam in the book. They are a very frequent tool that is used by scammers. And a lot of the scams are very similar to one another. So there's very little that PayPal sees these days that they have not seen before. So when you're getting ripped off there, you need to call them immediately. Why immediately? Because you want PayPal to freeze the scammer's funds. Because as soon as the scammer gets the funds into his bank account, he's gone. Or if he buys merchandise with the stuff with his PayPal money, he's gone. Like you, you want them to shut him down immediately, and then refund the money to you. So you've got to call them immediately. Now, a lot of people were afraid to do this because PayPal is very, very, very anti-gambling, and not just anti-illegal gambling, anti any kind of gambling. So, for example selling pieces of yourself at the World Series or being staked for the World Series of Poker. 100% legal. You can go right up to the World Series of Poker uh, tournament director and tell him, I sold pieces of myself for cash. Uh, various players own percentages of me. He'll say, okay, that's fine. Like That's totally allowed by the rules, totally allowed by the law. In fact, they used to even help you split the prize money. They don't do it anymore, I think just for... Uh, record-keeping difficulties, but they they were so aware of it and and okay with it, they used to help you split the prize money if you all came to the cage together and you said, yeah, well, he he had 50% of me, so he gets this much. Like, you used to be able to do that. Sure. So I mean, from their point of view, if it means more people that are actually able to enter the tournament, great. Yes. But, but, But if you use PayPal to do this, PayPal can shut you down. Even if... Do you know anybody that that has happened to? Yes, I do. Yes. So... And so PayPal, they block you for, for gambling, usually through the use of an automated bot, where that bot just looks in the description field for anything that, any term that resembles gambling. They will, they will uh, the bot will catch it and uh, often shut down both accounts. Yeah, and like, like I told you, they it's not just a gambling thing, it's a vice thing, right? Because yeah. they also 
um, you know, for cigars, they didn't allow that either. So I remember when, whenever we used to transfer money, you couldn't mention cigars or anything or tobacco right. or anything like that at all. Um, so, you know, we would just have fun putting random crap in there, like, you know, $50 for a blowjob or sexual favors. Of course, or then you got to watch out there. They catch that for, uh, you know, you're paying money for sex. <laughs> oh, my God. I, do they monitor that, too? I mean, who knows what that bot monitors? So, I, I would, I, so my <laughs> suggestion to everybody using PayPal, even for, like, totally uh, innocuous, non-gambling purposes, just don't ever put anything in that description field. It can only hurt you. So, like, a don't ask, don't tell policy? Exactly. So, that's yeah. – so, but they also – in addition to the description field, we'll try to watch the movement of money, and sometimes we'll give someone a hard time if they're transferring large sums of money between each other a lot. They try to look for any patterns also that indicate gambling or other things that may be against their terms. And if they decide that you are breaking their terms, what they do is they freeze your account. You can still log into it usually. It's, it's, it's what's called limiting your account. So you can log into it. You can see things, but you cannot withdraw the money. You cannot send the money anywhere. The only thing you can do for six months is refund people that have paid you. That you're allowed to do for some reason. Everything else you can't do. After six months, they will release your money and then you can withdraw it. So that's what they do and there's no appeals process. If, if they decide you've broken their terms in some way, then you're limited and your money's stuck there for six months. And there's actually, I think, a lawsuit that's going on right now. In fact, I know there was one that was actually settled, a class action suit, but they're still doing it. So <laughs> I would think maybe there'd be another lawsuit. But anyway, PayPal is, uh, they're very hard line about these things. So there's people who are terrified to go to them and admit that they got scammed, especially the ones who were the smaller victims of this. I guess if you got ripped off $800, it's more worth uh, taking the chance. There's a lot of people who are the smaller dollar value victims that they just prefer to say nothing. That's a mistake. Uh, if they investigate this scammer and find out it had to do with poker, they're they're going to nail you anyway. And to be honest, they're more interested in stopping the scammer when a scammer is reported to them than worrying about getting people violating the terms. But at the same time, you don't want to make it too easy for them. So you shouldn't call up and say, hey, uh, I, I'm playing on America's Card Room, which is a poker site, and this guy wanted to buy poker chips from me because it's, you know, it's, it's not a licensed site. And so, so what we did is I sold him my America's Card Room poker chips for, for PayPal money, and now he's charging it back. He's a big scammer. You don't say that because that's, uh, that's admitting you're using their service against their terms, and you'll get limited. Now, you, uh, you're, you're not going to get arrested. You're not going to get in any kind of trouble, but your account's going to be limited for six months. And when I say limited, after six months, you can't use it either. You can just withdraw. So uh, so my suggestion to you, first, my suggestion is not to call me during the, uh, the radio show here. <laughs> Hang on a second. This is actually, I, I'm on the radio show. I'll, I'll call you back later. All right. That was, that was actually my mom. Would you believe? Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I should have turned off this phone here. I'm going to turn it off, right? I always forget to turn off this phone during the show. Okay, we shouldn't have that again. So anyway, she may turn it on now too. My parents will listen sometimes. So I gotta watch what I say. But uh getting back to what's what's going on here with PayPal. You should call up. You should just tell them very simply that you are a victim of a chargeback scam. And by a chargeback scam, tell them that you mean 
someone asked you to give them money through another service, which is true. In this case, the service is America's card room. But you don't have to be that specific. Just tell them, I, someone on the internet asked me to send them money through another service. I did. He said he'll trade it for, you know, that he'll send me PayPal in return. And uh, I don't know why they're calling back here. So then uh, they charged it back after that. Sorry, I'm distracted with all these phone calls coming in. So that's all you got to tell them. And we should especially tell them if you know there are other victims, which in this case there are. You need to especially tell them that there are multiple victims, that this guy is doing it to a mass number of people. Why? Because if it's just you and this guy, they don't know whether it's your word or his word they need to believe. For all they know, you could be the scammer and he's charging you back. But if this guy is charging back 50 different people, they know who the scammer is. Why? Because they've seen this before. This is a common scam where someone asks for some sort of money. He says they'll, you know, they, they say, "Oh, I'm having such trouble paying rent." You know, the, the only way I can get it is if you transfer me money this way, or if you give me this cash, and I'll send it to you on PayPal right now. And then you, you feel sorry for the person. You feel, you know, feel that you're not losing anything by helping them here because they're sending you it on PayPal. So you you do them a favor, and then they thank you by charging back. It's a common scam. It's a chargeback scam. So this is something that's gone on for as long as as PayPal has existed, that people will solicit others to send the money on a different service, will send money to you on PayPal, and then charge you back. Usually what they'll do is they'll send you the PayPal first so you trust them, then you send them the money on the other service, then they charge you back. So PayPal's so used to this. So when they see some guy doing this to 50 different people on the same day, they know who the scammer is, and it's not you. So it is very important for you to call up and report this to PayPal when this occurs and just don't mention poker or gambling or America's card room or anything having to do with poker or gambling. Just mention it's another money transfer service. If they ask you which one, say, I don't remember. But uh, the truth is they're not going to really care that much which one it was. When they look at this guy's account and see he charged back 50 different people, they're going to know right away. So in most cases, after they've determined it's a scam, they will give you your money back. So it's very important to report this and not just eat it. They will also freeze his account while they're investigating this. But here's the weird part. People have called a PayPal because I urged them to on the Facebook group, and a number of them have. And they were told that, yes, they've shut down this guy's account, and yes, they, they're aware of what he's doing. So you think, okay, it's over. Well, it's not, because only a few people have received their money back, or some have received only some of the chargebacks reversed, and other ones are still uh, standing. And this guy is still charging back right now somehow, which I don't understand how he can still be doing it. If if PayPal's already caught him charging back, why, why didn't they just stop him completely? But it sounds to me like they just limited him where he can't withdraw, but he can still charge back. So he's, he's still doing it. Like, he's still going charge back, charge back, charge back. So even though he can't get the money, he's still charging back. So uh, the good news is you'll probably get the money back after they investigate over the next several days. You may get it tomorrow. You may get it in three days. You may get it in five days. You will get it uh, at some point. But, uh, by, by the way, so you know who one of the people calling me was here? Brandon. 
I think Brandon. Oh. I think Brandon is actually pranking the show. <laughs> I hope he uh, decides to get on air. Yeah, that, that's his contribution tonight. I think he's. Uh, he's he, he knows I'm on here, and he's. You know, unless unless he just plain forgot that I was on here tonight. Uh, he called twice, and it was right after I complained about how my mom called me. So he was probably he probably just wanted to make the phone ring too. Like like he always complains about this when they do this to us in, the, in hotels or whatever. Like I mentioned, I'm in a hotel, and then people figure out which hotel it is and call it in the background. They've done it to him before too. So then he do- he goes and does it to me. I'm pretty sure that's what he just did. So I've, I had to turn the ringer off on my cell phone too. Like I I've got to turn off all these ringers, otherwise e- even my co-hosts harass me. So okay. Anyway, that's that's what's going on there. Just make sure to report it, because the more reports they get of this guy MP, what he's doing, or even if it's someone else who's done this to you, that's not the same situation. The more reports they get, the quicker they get the reports, the more chance it is that you're going to get your money back, and that the scammer will never see a dime of it. So definitely, if you were a victim of this, call PayPal, report it. Say that he scammed multiple people, that there should be already multiple reports, that he solicited many on the internet to do this, and he charged back against everybody on one day, or over a few days here. And then if they look, they'll see that, and that you sent him money on a different service, and it's a chargeback scam that he's been running on people, which is all true. This is all true. Everything I just said is true. So you're not calling up PayPal and lying to them. You're just not telling them every little detail that they don't need to know. Everything here is true. He asked you for money through a different money transfer service, which America's card room could be said to be that. You know, each chip there represents money. And you felt you were getting the same amount of money back from him on PayPal and did. And then he took it back through a scam chargeback. That's exactly what he did. It's a chargeback scam. It's a classic chargeback scam. So report it that way. And you'll probably get it back. You know, they're they're not PayPal. They're assholes over there, but they're not clueless. They they know when they see something like this, they don't go, "Oh, well, maybe he just got ripped off by fifty different people on the same day, and he's just uh, he's just rightfully getting his money back." There's one other thing I want to mention that PayPal. There's two different ways to send money. You can send it quote friends and family, which has no fees, and you can send it normally, yeah, you know, for paying for goods or services, which does have fees. So you might ask, why would you ever send it in a way that has fees? Well, the reason you send it with the fees is that they cover you. When you send it through the goods or services way, then if you get ripped off by the person you send the money to, PayPal will actually cover it. Whereas if you send it friends and family, you're pretty much acknowledging, I know this person, I'm sending them money, and I'm acknowledging I pretty much can't charge it back. Now, despite that, they let you charge it back if, they, if you accuse it of being fraud. But they're much less willing to honor a chargeback if it's sent friends and family, which is good for people who are victims of this scam, because I believe all these were done friends and family with no fees. So he's trying to do chargebacks claiming fraud, and they're much less likely to take his side, because he can't even claim, like, oh, I bought a lot of different things from a lot of different merchants who cheated me. These are people he just sent money to. So supposedly he went to his bank and claimed to his bank that he was a victim of fraud, but... It's pretty clear that this isn't true. With 50 different people coming forward saying, yeah, he was trading money with us on the internet. Uh, they know a scam when they see it. So it's uh, 
they've got to investigate, do the due diligence, but they will likely uh, they'll likely uh, give you the money back. Can't say for sure, but that's the right thing to do. If you're a victim of a PayPal chargeback scam of any kind, always call up and report it. If you ever get charged back on PayPal when you should not, always call up and report it. Do not ever let these people get away with anything they do, and do it quickly so they get shut down as fast as possible. I've even had uh, eBay buyers try PayPal scams on me. And uh, every time I've reported it. And in fact, not only have I reported it, but when there's a scam eBayer, I will go look what else they've bought recently and contact those sellers and say, hey, guess what? Your stuff was bought by a scammer. Don't ship it. And I've saved people from sending merchandise to scammers. And I was thanked profusely by some of these people. But yeah, anything I can do to stop it. You know, like I... uh, It was funny, one of these eBay scammers, he had just created a new account like a day and a half ago. And I I was trying to sell some gift cards that I knew scammers love, so I was a little bit nervous. So I put a ridiculously high buy-it-now price that no one would ever pay unless they were a scammer. And so sure enough, like one of the scammers bit and and used the buy-it-now. So I said to him, okay, before I send this to you, I need you to send me a copy of your driver's license showing me that you're really who you say you are, especially because you want me to ship it to a different state than where you supposedly are. And so he writes back to me, send my driver's license. I don't have to do that according to uh, eBay term and condition, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to. I go, wow, you seem to know a whole lot about terms and conditions of a guy who's been here for a day and a half. (laughs) And he kind of didn't know what to say back to that one. So then I went and uh, found everybody he'd been buying from over the last uh, few days and or since he created his account a day and a half ago, uh, had the pe- all those people convince them you know, not to ship to him, and sure enough, they investigated him and determined, yo, lo and behold, it was a scammer. What a shock. So, I, I did a good deed there. But this, this guy was a fool, <laughs> quoting terms of service to me with a day and a half old account. So, here's a, a comment on, as I, I put a thread about this on Poker Fraud Alert, on the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum. This is from Salty Oss, and he's actually from Australia. He said, I got shafted for just over $1,000 by PayPal and eBay about six years ago, and have refused to use PayPal ever since. For my limited experiences with PayPal, he's probably going to get away with this as it's gambling-related. Law enforcement for those in the USA will likely not be interested in looking into this for the same reason. You're perfectly correct, Todd. He's shitting... He's shifting the blame, and I'm inclined to think this is a con right from the beginning. Hope I'm wrong. Well, I've got to disagree with you a little bit, Salty Oss. Uh, now, you're correct that law enforcement is probably not going to be interested in this, except maybe local law enforcement. If you if this happens to you, by the way, the MP's in Illinois. So if you're in Illinois and he did this to you, you should, you should try to go to the local police. But if you're out of state, you probably shouldn't bother because they're not going to want to do it. It's very hard to do an out-of-state investigation, and they're not really prepared to do this in most departments. And once they hear it has to do with gambling, they're especially not going to want to do it. They kind of see they kind of see like it being similar to being ripped off buying drugs. You know, I was trying to make a trade for chips on an unlicensed uh, offshore gambling site, and the guy ripped me off. Like they're going to laugh you out of the station. But but it's worth doing if 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 you're if he's in your state especially somewhat close to you in your state. You probably should, because if they have the right people at the police department who know how to handle situations like this, they may go after him, that he's running a PayPal scam. 
even if it does have to do with gambling. They may go after him. But if it's out of state, they're not going to. Uh, so he's correct. Uh, law enforcement probably is not the right way to go, unless it's in your own state. But I don't think he's going to get away with it on PayPal, because PayPal sees what this is. PayPal has 50 different people complaining he's making bogus chargebacks. So they're not going to just let him say, okay, we got to charge everything back. They're, they're going to fight it. At least that's what I think. It's, it's possible they'll eat it. But I, I think that they're probably not going to honor the chargebacks. I think they're going to say, uh, um, at the very least, they'll notify his bank that it looks like he's scamming and let the bank deal with it. Because the, basically the bank is saying to PayPal, we're not going to pay you. So then PayPal has to then communicate with the bank and say to the bank, no, 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 no. You know, we're being scammed here. This guy's a scammer. So he may get away with it in that way. But I have a feeling they're going to report back to the bank that this is uh, a scam. And not to give back, give this guy back his money. And PayPal may just eat it. PayPal may actually choose to reverse the chargebacks, even if they can't get the money back from this guy. Now, don't cry too hard for PayPal, because they, as Calwatt mentioned and I mentioned, that they they do all kinds of improper things. They're they're always keeping people's money for six months, holding it hostage, uh, not letting you appeal. Uh, very, very draconian rules that you don't always know beforehand. A very shifty company, PayPal. I, I don't like them at all. So don't feel bad for them. And in fact, if they do eat it, that's built into the fees they charge. The reason they charge these fees is because they know a certain percentage of the time they do have to eat money in the case of scams. And in some cases, it's more cost-effective for them to just eat the money than it is to chase it down. For 30000 I don't know. Maybe 30000 they'll chase it down. But I know for small-time scams, they just eat it. So, definitely report it. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. If you want to call me, call the radio number. Don't call my cell phone or my home number. Let's take a look what the chat room is saying. The chat room is something you can go into if you're listening live and talk with the other listeners of the show. Uh, Beer and Poker says, contact America's Card Room with this dude's screen name and have the email forwarded to Phil Nagy with the title, Bitch Better Have My Money. Well, aside from that, I, I will say that he's right. You should contact America's Card Room. I forgot to mention that. We should definitely contact America's Card Room and let them know of this scam if you are a victim of it, because they will take action. Especially if enough people... They, they don't want this going on there either. So they if they get enough people complaining, they will do something. FPS Russia wrote in chat, and this has absolutely nothing having to do with the topic, but he said, I wonder what Druff thinks about Pizzagate. The deafening silence from the media and the forums... Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, Reddit, even the Young Turks, all calling it fake and censoring content. Flynn's son fired for tweeting. Even Alex Jones backed off. What the fuck is going on, guys? Well, when Alex Jones is backing off, that means it's it's not real. Alex Jones is on every conspiracy that he can possibly find, true or untrue. So if, if Alex Jones is backing off the subject, you know you've been had. That's my answer. Uh, FTP Jesus says, uh, mainstream media is trying to bury the truth. Jones and others being threatened, picking a fight with people like the Clintons who've knowingly had people murdered is a dangerous game. So it's 
a lot of conspiracy talk going on here. This Pizzagate thing seems like nonsense to me. It's this whole thing about uh, a pedophilia ring that John Podesta was part of, and it, it's it doesn't seem real to me. It seems like someone invented this and has some conspiracy types convinced that there is a pedophilia ring within the inner circle of the Clintons. But I, I don't believe it. Okay, let's talk about Circle. Circle is... Uh, you know, so we're going to go, I guess, talk from one talk about one payment processor. Or we were talking about one payment processor. Now we're going to talk about another payment processor. Before we do that, let me see here. I think we got some text. Let's see what we got. You can always text me at 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355... Uh, KitKat, who is real, by the way. She can't get into chat. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't validate KitKat. You know, I, I feel so bad about this. I really. Do. I'm going to actually go right now. I'm going to stop this whole show, and I'm actually going to validate KitKat just just so she can get into chat. Because I last time we talked about KitKat, people were saying KitKat is a fake account and it's really me. It's not, and I'm I'm going to convince you. But I'm going to hold up the show while I go on. That's going to make for good radio. It's going to make for great radio. I'm going to go on here. Let's see. Search for users KitKat. I, I just feel so bad. I feel like i got to do it. Yeah, it says users waiting in mod- moderation. I will validate her. Okay, KitKat, you can now go into the chat. You are now validated. Sorry about that. She's the wife of uh, BallhawkNet. She, she gives him massages, or he gives her massages during the show. And she, Anyway. Uh, from the 765 was giving me information on MP. I'm not going to say his name, as this person wrote to me. But he says he's, he has a pretty lengthy criminal history. And it says Google search shows drug-related charges. It doesn't surprise me. This 248 person loves to always ask me if the show is on every day. So he says, will there be a show? I say, yes. He says, okay, will there be a show tomorrow? Can we start by 8 p.m. tomorrow so us 9 to 5ers can listen? I don't know what drugs this guy's on. He knows it's a once-a-week show, but he's always asking me. Uh, someone's asking me to text them when the show started. I guess it uh, gets him a bit late with that one. And let's see. I guess that's it. So, let's go on to talk about Circle. Circle it was a Bitcoin exchange in the U.S. Bitcoin has become very, very popular for use of gambling on mainstream gambling sites, both poker, sports, casino. And I, I'm surprised this took as long as it did, because this seemed like a natural solution for payment processing. Because getting money on and off poker sites and other gambling sites was so hard. You had to have to use credit cards, to have to get checks or payment processors. It was it was so risky for the processors who kept getting busted. It was so expensive for the sites to do because the processors were charging so much money to do it, given the risk they were taking. So many credit cards weren't working. Bitcoin seemed like the natural solution. Yet for so long, so many sites were just not accepting Bitcoin. But now, finally, in 2016, Bitcoin is becoming more and more accepted, both as a deposit method and withdrawal method. The only problem comes 
from converting the Bitcoin to and from cash. So how do you get a lot of Bitcoin in the first place if you don't have any? And what do you do if you already have a lot of Bitcoin and want to convert it to cash? How do you do it? Well, the answer is an exchange. An exchange is a service that will take your Bitcoin and give you cash or take your cash and give you Bitcoin. There are two license exchanges, shall I say, there two were license exchanges in the U.S. One was called Circle, and one was called Coinbase. Coinbase was the first one. They started in 2012. Circle, I think, started last year. And they had policies against gambling. If you were foolish enough to send money from any kind of gambling site over to or from Coinbase or Circle, they would close you down. They'd give you your money, but they'd close you down. So what people were doing was they would uh, establish a Bitcoin wallet on a site like uh, blockchain.info, and they would use that as like a middleman wallet between these exchanges so the exchanges wouldn't know that their Bitcoins were being used for or received from gambling sites. And they still had ways to look into the blockchain and figure out where they came from. So some people were, in fact, employing two middleman accounts uh, in order to do this. I'm not going to go through the whole procedure of doing that. I'm just saying that's what people were doing. So the government has been pressuring these companies. That's why they have been trying to stop Bitcoin from being used for illegal purposes. That is, Bitcoin that are either bought or sold on their exchange. They they didn't want it. So they, they don't want to exchange Bitcoin if you are getting it to buy drugs or got it because you sold drugs. They don't want it if you are getting it to gamble with or to sell it because you wanted gambling. So they're doing this because they don't want trouble from the government. Now, Circle has decided today, or at least today was when it was announced and implemented, that they are leaving the... Bitcoin exchange market effective immediately. This leaves only Coinbase. In fact, they claim now they have a partnership with Coinbase to where they are recommending that everybody who wants to exchange Bitcoin go to Coinbase instead. Whereas before, Coinbase was their competition. It's never good when the you only have one option for something when there's a monopoly. So once again, Coinbase has a monopoly as far as being an exchange, but there's even a further problem if you want to use Coinbase in order to buy or sell Bitcoin. And that is that the IRS is watching you. So this is not paranoia. This isn't an Alex Jones conspiracy theory. You're really being watched by the IRS if you are using Coinbase. So basically... Sorry about that. So that's not what I meant to play. This is what I meant to play. So yes, the IRS is watching you, and I know this for sure. Because the IRS recently served a summons on Coinbase saying that they want all of the customer data, including all transactions by U.S. customers in the years 2013, 2014, and 2015. They want it all. They want to know everything that you did on Coinbase. Coinbase didn't want to give it to them. 
And they fought it. But very quickly. This happened on uh, November 18th is when they were requesting the data. Twelve days later, a judge ruled that yes, the IRS can serve the summons on Coinbase, and Coinbase has to give up the information. So you have no privacy. Now, it's not a dream. They're really watching you on Coinbase. So you may wonder, here we are almost at the end of 2016. Why do they only want 2013, 14, and 15? Why don't they want 16? Why don't they want the second half of 2012? Because Coinbase existed since June of that year. Well, I can only speculate that the IRS only wants the years that are most actionable for them. The statute of limitations for tax returns that are incorrect is three years. Three years from when you filed them. So that means uh, your 2013 tax return, which you filed in April of 2014, they have until April of 2017, three years, to take action on anything incorrect in the return. Other than that, after that time has passed, even if you put incorrect things on your tax return that benefited you, the IRS cannot come back and ask for that money. Now, if they determined it was fraud, then they actually have six years to uh, to go back. But it becomes a slippery slope as far as defining what is fraud versus what is an honest mistake. So, like, as far as Bitcoin is concerned, uh, let's say you won uh, $10,000 in Bitcoin gambling and you converted it on Coinbase and you didn't report it to the IRS. Is that tax fraud or is it just you uh, forgetting to report something or just not realizing that Bitcoin is taxable? I think they'd have a hard time for that amount of money proving criminal intent. They could probably only go after you for uh, uh, for, for the, just the fact that you didn't file and ask for back taxes and penalties. So I think that's why they're not focusing on 2012, because that statute of limitations is already up. And as far as 2016, the year's not even over yet. So... Whatever profit you may have made through Bitcoin, through selling Bitcoin on Coinbase, uh, the year's not complete. So let me give you an example. Uh, Let's say you're up $20,000 gambling with Bitcoin and you've cashed that out through Coinbase. So you've cashed out 20K on there and you've, you've never bought any through Coinbase, but you only cashed out 20K. But then you go into a tailspin and lose, 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 lose. And in the final two weeks or three weeks we have here of uh, 2016, you keep rebuying, rebuying, rebuying over and over Bitcoin, and you buy 20k worth of Bitcoin to redeposit on these sites. So by Coinbase's records, you sold 20k this year, but then at the end of the year bought back 20k, so the, the net is zero. You basically made zero. So the IRS isn't going to care about that because you're, you didn't show a profit. So the IRS, they probably want to wait until 2016 is over to get that data so they have a full picture. Furthermore, they may even want to wait till after everyone files their return. So maybe they're going to wait till after April, or maybe even after August when people get the extensions. I don't know this, but uh, I know that's probably why they're not going after 2016 right now, because 2016 is not even over yet, and you are not asked yet to even pay the taxes for anything you made in 2016. That will be done in April of 2017. I mean, yes, there's the estimated taxes thing, but we're not going to even get into that. So that's why I believe the IRS wants to know about 2013, 14, and 15. But they've served that summons. 
It was served a week ago on November 30th, and very soon the IRS will know, if they don't know already, every transaction you made on Coinbase. And while they will only know about 2013 through 15, they will know about 16 at some point. I'm just about sure. So, if you do not want the IRS to see this for whatever reason, I'm not uh, condoning tax evasion or explaining how to evade taxes, but I'm just saying that you should know that anything you do on Coinbase will be seen by the IRS, and it's very possible they're going to come after you for back taxes. I think it's very possible that they might have, they're not going to come after you criminally, but they may have an automated program that will see if you declared this money that you made through Coinbase in these three years. And if not, they will send you a letter and say you owe these back taxes plus penalties. And then, of course, you'll be obligated to pay. Now, if that's what happens, that's what happens, and you can't go back in time and change that. But I'm just telling you for the future on Coinbase, you should know that the IRS is going to see everything. So if you think, ah, Bitcoin, ha, ah, the government doesn't see anything, ah, yeah. No, they, they're, they're, with Coinbase, they're going to see everything. And this is, this is worse than when NetTeller had to give up all their records to the Department of Justice because the Department of Justice does not necessarily scratch the back of the IRS. They're two different government agencies. You would think they cooperate, but they really don't very often unless they both gain from it. So it's very possible the IRS never got to see those records, or if they did, they only saw a few records of the biggest fish. Who who knows? But when the IRS specifically wants the data and serves a summons for those three years that happen to coincide with the three years that they can take action on right now, that's not a good thing. So Coinbase... If you're going to use it, number one, uh, make sure to use a middleman wallet, otherwise they're going to shut you down. And number two, be aware the IRS is going to see everything. Now, is the IRS, are are you going to go to jail? If the IRS, uh, let's say you are paying taxes on it, but the IRS sees you're making money online gambling, does this mean uh, you're going to get in trouble? No. Uh, It's not illegal to play online poker. It's illegal to run online poker, but it's not illegal to play online poker. So uh, the IRS is not going to be sending anyone after you. They just want their money. So you may get a bill. And anything that you cash out through Coinbase, I would suggest that you declare as income. Otherwise, you may have trouble later. Because it's not, it's not a matter of maybe they're going to look at your info. They're going to look at your info. They're going to see it. Maybe they're only going to go after the big perpetrators on there. Maybe they're only going to go after the ones that cashed out hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, leave everyone else alone. But it's very possible they're going to go after anyone who they see made taxable money. So Circle got out of the business completely. Circle today announced that they're done. And by the way, they're not, they were not served with the same summons. So it's possible anything you did on Circle will never be seen. But Circle is out of the Bitcoin business. They released a very long statement today, a very confusing thing that they're using a new uh, the protocol that transfers. Uh, it's called Spark. I, I didn't even completely understand it. Did you read this, uh, Calwatt? I didn't read it, but it sounds like a circle jerk to me. It, it is. It, it's a circle jerk. That's pretty much what it is. Like they're, they're saying, well, we're not serving Bitcoin. I'm going to read the statement because it's really weird. It's, it's a weird statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of boring, but I'm going to read the beginning of it. Uh, let's see here. Let me see here. Where is it? Here we are. Hmm. 
So this is from Circle's own website. Today we're announcing the launch of full messaging features in Circle's apps and higher deposit limits for customers. Forthcoming support for sending and receiving money between Circle and the Philippines and Korea. Who cares? Why, why are you announcing about Circle and the Philippines and Korea? Well, that's not the big announcement today. Why even bury the Bitcoin thing further down? So stupid. Anyway, say, uh, and the introduction of Spark a new blockchain-based protocol to facilitate trusted, compliant money transfers between participating individuals and institutions over the Bitcoin network. So it's it's really weird. It's like a, a new protocol. They're, they're using the Bitcoin network, but it's not actually Bitcoin. It's really odd. I, I don't even fully understand what they're doing. They said, as part of this launch, we're also eliminating the ability for customers to buy and sell Bitcoin directly on Circle and introducing a new preferred Bitcoin exchange partnership with Coinbase. So what, what this paragraph is basically saying is we're, we're introducing some garbage service in its place named Spark that's a lot more difficult for people to illicitly trade Bitcoin through our service, and we're not going to allow anyone to trade Bitcoin through our service anymore. That, that's, and if you want to, then we're sending you to Coinbase. That, that's basically what they're saying. So that's... Earlier, I translated pimp to English. This is translating corporate speak to English. So I'm not going to go on. That's that's the most relevant paragraph. So uh, it's too bad. I like Circle. What's interesting is I, I had an incident with Circle that ended positively. Uh, Circle had a really odd policy with sending Bitcoin into their service that if you send like more than $3,000 worth of Bitcoin... They charge you commission, meaning fees. But if you send less than that, they don't charge you commission. How does that make any sense? Because you could send like a few different transfers and not get charged. So like you, you could send uh, 2000 2000 to make 4000 and then you won't get charged any commission. But if you send just 3000 by itself, you get charged commission. That makes no sense. Like you, you would think that the opposite would be true, that smaller transactions might be subject to commissions, but larger ones wouldn't be. So... That made no sense, and it was buried in their FAQ. So I got burned by it, and in two different transactions I did that were large, I ended up being charged about $230 total commission. And I said, what the hell is this? So I got some pushback at first. At least they had a phone number you could call in to speak to them, unlike uh, Coinbase, which is not. But I... I I tried to reason with them. I go, "This, this is not intuitive. This is not something that you made clear burying it in the FAQ is not really the right way to do it. I, in fact, if there's a way around it, which there is to just spend, you know, send it in smaller increments, I totally would have done that had I known. So the first person I spoke to gave me a lot of pushback and was a jerk, but then I asked for a manager and I got connected to a high level manager there who was like a director of the software development there. He was a nice guy, very smart guy. And he, he said he fully agreed with me. He said that I was right and that, uh, indeed, it's, it's buried in the FAQ. It's probably not clear. It's probably not transparent. That's not the way they want to do things. And then he asked me something that I've never had a company ask me before. He said, if you were designing the site, where would you put the notice about the commission? And I thought, wow, he's actually asking for me to suggest what they change, which I've never had that before. So I said, okay, well, I would put it here. And I explained to him where, where to put it. And he said, yeah, that actually sounds like a very good suggestion. Okay, we're probably going to implement that. And he said, you know, th- you know, thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for the cooperation, and we're going to – we'll make it right for you. So he sent me $200, which wasn't quite the 230 I lost, but you know, I was close enough. And I, I came away with a very uh, positive view of Circle because they could have just given me the middle finger and said, hey, look, it's in the FAQ. You should have read it. So – 
I I was much happier with their customer service than Coinbase, but I guess there's no more Circle. Have you ever used either of these two? I've used Coinbase, but not Circle. I hadn't used Circle before, but then I used Circle when people were telling me they weren't charging fees, ironically, and they weren't for a while. Hmm. But they were. They seem to be a better company. I'd like any company you can reach and get someone in the U.S. who, and then actually get a manager there who can speak to you intelligently about whatever the issue is. I like a company like that. I, I hate companies that just hide behind email, and especially ones that hide behind foreign reps in email. And that's exactly what Coinbase does. Coinbase that's typical xenophobic Trump supporter growth. <laughs> so, so Coinbase, like if you, uh, if you email them, then Coinbase, you'll get emails back in broken English from like a guy named Vladimir. I'm not even kidding. Like I, that's what I got back. And like at three in the morning when you know they're not in our time zones. I got to tell you, I, I honestly don't give a shit where the person is. I just care that they're competent. You know, I mean, if I, I reach someone in the U.S. and they're a complete idiot, I'm just as pissed off as if I reach, you know, some guy in India that doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I agree, but there's a correlation because they don't empower or train these foreign reps very much because they're cheap. The whole reason they have these foreign reps is because they're cheap. And... They they give them a very very strict set of rules and they're not allowed yeah, to deviate. They probably give them a piece of paper. Yeah. And here here's what you say. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. Right. With a little flow chart. When the customer says this, you say that. You know. Yeah, that's the problem. And they'll never admit to you that they're powerless too. I'm sorry, sir. I I I can definitely help you. I'm going to help solve your problem. And then they yeah, they're basically just a human bot. That's exactly what they are. So that's the problem. And like the so you really need to reach someone who honestly works for the company, not an outsourced rep. Hey, look, I've dealt with outsourced reps in the U.S. and they're terrible too. I've I've sometimes called like the cable company after hours and not realizing that their twenty four hour service means that after six o'clock they're forwarding you over to some kind of crappy third party uh, uh, customer service outfit. And the people you're speaking to are not employees there. And it's a noticeable degradation in the experience you have when you call after hours and get one of those companies, even if they're based in the U.S. I once had a guy who worked for you know, one of these third-party companies that was answering phones for the cable company late at night. And I was complaining about errors on my bill. And I wasn't trying to angle for free things. I was trying to have them fix a mistake on the bill. And the guy was just not listening to me, not listening to me, not listening to me. And he says, oh, I, I see you already got a credit uh, two months ago. I said, yeah, but there's a mistake two months ago, too. He says, you know what it looks like to me? It seems to me that you can't afford your cable service. So I, I want to have some discussions with you about a way we can downgrade your service so you can better afford it. That's what the asshole said to me. Hmm. He's, he's telling me I can't afford my cable service because I'm trying to call up and correct things on the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny so when i called up the next day and i got little does he know you're just cheap <laughs> when i got when i got the actual company he said oh yeah that's that's after hours this third-party company they're terrible we get complaints about them constantly i wish they'd fire them so i learned you've got you've got to deal with the actual company actual employees of that company and usually the foreign reps are not so coinbase has lousy customer service in what i've they used to have good customer service. At the very beginning, you were you were able to call them. You were able to chat with them and actually chat with someone in the U.S. who actually worked for the company, and they were very responsive. And back then, I was impressed. But they grew, and they are no longer reachable. So, 
what are some other options you might have if you want to exchange your Bitcoin? And by the way, this is not a segment for Bitcoin fanatics. This is a, I'm not talking about the price of Bitcoin and the, the, the trends. This is, if you're gambling online, you're probably going to be using Bitcoin these days. And if you're not, you're going to be doing it very soon. So you should learn it if you don't know it. It's, it's not that hard to learn. But what are some other ways if you don't want to use uh, Coinbase? Well, you can find friends or acquaintances that you want to trade the Bitcoin with. Make sure you trust them because it's irreversible. Uh, If you are selling your Bitcoin to someone who isn't a friend and has the chance to screw you, make sure they give you cash. Either meet them and have them give you cash or have them deposit cash into your bank account. Not a check, not a money order, not a cashier's check. That can be forged. Not uh, electronic money transfer. Don't accept wires. Those can be reversed. Don't accept... uh, Electronic fund transfers. Don't accept uh, money on other poker sites unless you know the person well. Because Bitcoin, you you cannot reverse those transactions. So make sure that if you're selling your Bitcoin to someone you don't know that well or that you know but you're not sure if they won't screw you, make sure you get cash. Otherwise, you may get screwed. But uh, that's one way you can do it. There's some other sites out there that allow you to connect with people. Of course, these are people you're not going to be able to trust. You'll have to do the cash thing with them. But uh, There's one called Local Bitcoin that does that. Just beware that you know, if you do it a little bit, it's no big deal. If, you, if you're exchanging a lot of Bitcoin for cash, then the government could technically call you a money transfer service and come after you. So be careful. So Weisner, a money transfer service? Yeah, she was. She was you, you're talking a lot about Weisner tonight. but yeah, she, I wonder if she ever got a call. What do you think? For, for lock poker, probably not. Not enough money? No. But, uh, but yeah, it's a dumb law. I mean, it, it's so stupid. If, you're, if you think about it, you're holding Bitcoin, okay? You, you have Bitcoin. Forget about the gambling aspect. Let's just say you have Bitcoin because you, uh, you have a business and you accept Bitcoin as a payment method, which many businesses do. So now you want to cash it out. Why should you not have the right to sell that Bitcoin like you'd sell anything else you have? Why, why, why can you sell your computer, your car, your house, your furniture? Why is it okay to sell these things to strangers, but you can't sell Bitcoin without some kind of license? It's ridiculous. So I, I don't know of anyone who's been arrested for this, except for one guy that made the news because he was selling a lot of Bitcoin to strangers and where he made the big mistake was that uh, I guess the federal authorities were, uh, they, they set him up and they went there to meet him in person to uh, give him cash or Bitcoin. And then the Fed said to him, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be using this uh, these Bitcoin to buy stolen credit cards online from Russians. He's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so see. So so, yeah, that's what I'm going to do with those Bitcoin you're selling me. Yeah, okay, sure, sure. How, where's, where's the money? So, like, the guy who sold it to him didn't give a crap that he was he was supposedly buying the Bitcoin to buy stolen credit cards. And then once the transaction was complete, they arrested him. Which was kind of crappy, you know, because this, this was not a real transaction like that. But basically their argument was that uh, you're not just selling Bitcoin without a license, but you're also selling Bitcoin to someone who is telling you that he's going to use them for illegal purposes. For very illegal purposes. 
even though it was a story that the FBI, you know, even though they're not really going to be doing it, it was a story by the FBI. They they were saying that if you're willing to do this, you sold this to one of our agents who said, hey, I, I want these Bitcoin to buy stolen credit cards, and you sold it to him anyway. I believe the guy eventually got off for the charges, but it, it was a cautionary tale for people who would want to sell a lot of Bitcoins. So that's why it was better to stick to the exchanges. But then with the, the exchanges, you're, you're navigating a minefield to where uh, even if you're cool with the IRS seeing everything, then you've got the minefield of having to cover up from Coinbase itself that you're using it for gambling. Because if you're using it for gambling and then they catch you, then they're going to shut you down. They'll give you your money. You're not going to be arrested. Like It's not illegal for you to use Coinbase for gambling. Uh, or if it technically is, that you're never going to get in trouble for that. So if Coinbase catches you using it for gambling, what they will do is say, here's your money, now your account's closed. That's what they're going to do. You're not going to be arrested. You know, they're not going to take your money, but you're never going to be able to use them again. So it's tough. It's tough. It really should be changed to where you can sell your Bitcoin the same way you sell anything else. So it's crappy. And it's really starting to put a kink in the Bitcoin revolution that is taking place for online gambling. Because the Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals, it, it's really so much easier than it used to be. It's it's almost as good as back in the, back in the day with NetTeller. So that's the positive side. The negative side is how tough it is to convert them. Now, if you've got a buddy who needs Bitcoin, like let's let's say you've got a buddy who plays uh, online poker, and he's on a downswing, and you're on an upswing, and you've just cashed out in Bitcoin. If your buddy wants to buy the Bitcoin from you, then by all means sell it to him because obviously the no one's going to see that except you and your buddy. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, yo. Uh, who is this bad guy? Yeah, what's up? I'm listening to you guys talking about this Bitcoin thing. Well, we're talking about something that I think you would be interested in. As a, yeah, I'm very interested. And the one thing I'm going to say is the way people get caught, even though you have a middleman, if you've got a dumb bookie like Intertops that uses like one wallet, to send all these transfers out to get paid, like I say, when they pay somebody out, they'll use one wallet. That's how you get caught in this, even if you uh. use a middle guy, because then these companies go back and they look. You understand what I'm saying? They look at what this, they're sending all these transfers to all these different people. That Listen, I got blocked from Circle before, and it wasn't for anything fraudulent. They they nailed me down. The good thing about Circle is you could send 3000 you can get $3,000 worth of Bitcoin like this. I mean, if your limits got raised, well, you, well, you could. Coinbase, not, not it take, Coinbase, it takes a long time to get your limits raised. Yeah, it, it's true. And, and, but uh, if you want it instant, now if you want it through a checking account or whatever, then you can get it quicker. But and another thing, I got to tell all you out here that are listening: if you want to make it as easy as NetTeller, you got to go. You got to go to BitPay and get their debit card. I'm telling you. Now, how does that you work? Can trans- how, does the BitPay, how does the BitPay uh, debit card work? Oh, bro, it's great. All you do, okay, you get the money in your, say you had a blockchain wallet or whatever it is, you send your money right to the, to the debit card, and it's in there within an Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it takes an hour. So, so, you, right so you're saying you can take out almost $7,500 a day. Cash from ATMs. From ATMs? What, what about the ATMs? Yeah, but if you do it, but you got to watch because if you fucking start going crazy, then they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to ask you well, questions. Wouldn't you also have to, like, if you got $7,500, wouldn't you have to go to, like, 15 different ATMs to get Yeah, you're going to have to go to different ATMs. Yeah, but depending on the bank, yeah, you're definitely going to have to go to different ATMs. But I'm just saying, if you wanted your money quick, 
without asking anything, then boom. And another good a thing that's not around Pittsburgh, though, that I heard, it's called Liberty X to buy Bitcoin. It's, it, I don't, there's probably a ton of them where you guys yeah, are. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of Liberty X. Yeah, that, that's a legal way. It's legal to buy Bitcoin through that. But you, right. have to, you have to do it in person, though. You have to like show up to a store and give them cash, and then they... Uh, they give you Bitcoin. And you always got to watch on local Bitcoins, too, because there's a lot of scammers oh, out there, tons man. Of scammers. I had a freaking, talking about PayPal before, I got a couple PayPal, like my, the, the, those prepay cards the guys would give them to you. And then PayPal pulled that shit with me before any of the other shit that happened. They pulled, they like locked my account because I guess these guys were charging back those cards somehow. I mean, they're prepay cards. I, I mean, I got my stuff for it, but on local Bitcoins, you got to watch, man. If you're like buying Amazon cards or whatever, well, yeah, that's what I've said. With local Bitcoin, yeah, you're right about. There's a lot of scammers, and the only the only acceptable way, if you're going to use local Bitcoin to to trade Bitcoin there, is to, and I'm talking about if you're selling Bitcoin on there, the only acceptable way that you're not going to get ripped off is to have people put cash in your bank account. Otherwise, they're they're, they're going to have right. so many different ways to rip you off. And even they try that. They, I mean, I've seen that they try it that way if you read their form and stuff. But yeah, I agree with that. Or Western Union. Because you don't have to release it until you get the money, and once you get the money through that, then you know, yeah. fuck them. I yeah, mean, they it, can't get they can't charge it back or whatever. Right. But it, it's right. got to be some way where the cash is in hand, where there's no way for them to and anything electronic. Uh, that they can always be reversed because anything electronic. Right. Never do PayPal, man. I had a couple guys I could do PayPal with, and they never did anything crooked to me. I mean, if they have high reps, but you still, like you said, you never know them, man. They could have high reps. They could be running a scam, and next thing you know, boom, they're charging back like this guy. This 31K guy, he's not going to get away with that with PayPal. They're going to know. No, they're going to Of course they're going to know. They're, but no, the question is, though. But the only thing is, though, all the people that are associated with him, if, if he runs back and says, hey, this is a, they were doing this for poker, they're going to shut all their their accounts Well, down. they might. Sometimes they're so distracted by the, by the scam aspect of it, they don't really worry too much about where the money came from but the they, they might and but what i'll say though with this guy with this mp guy he uh, he did this through his bank he basically went back to his bank and said these were fraudulent charges and the bank is going to paypal and saying so so these guys took money from his like they they accepted the money through his checking account like, um, they, like when he sent them the money, it was through his bank account. It wasn't through a debit. Oh, it could I, be through a debit card. That could be I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, may have been, I'm not sure how he sent it, but uh, but but I know that he was do, I, he was doing it from the bank level. So PayPal may end up getting screwed. Like they, the bank may actually give him the money yeah. back. But I'm guessing PayPal is going to say to the bank who investigates. And I know this because I just went through a is MP web is MP website. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not. It's no one anyone here knows. But did he check? No, I'm kidding around. But but uh, on, you no, can't I, take a fucking joke. No, I know. I, I'm just I'm just trying to be clear to the listeners here. So I, I'm saying I'm saying back as far as this guy is concerned, I, I, he probably never will get the money back from his bank because the bank does a little bit of an investigation. When I had uh, my check stolen from a mailbox, I actually dropped it in a blue mail a blue secured mailbox, and. Uh, Someone at the post office or the postman, someone stole. Yeah, I read this before. Yeah, this was on the site, right? Right. Someone stole both checks and then and then bought like a Target debit card with my with my bank account. So I got the money back by complaining to the bank about what happened. But they did a small investigation to make sure I was telling the truth, and this is only for a few hundred bucks. So for thirty one thousand, they're not going to just take the guy's oh, word yeah. it was fraud. So. So, 100%. so I, I think the guy's not getting it back. So hopefully these people will get their money back and not get their accounts closed. It is possible they'll get it back, but their accounts will be closed. But I'll, I'll find out probably by the, ne- by the time we have our next show, I'll probably have the full story because uh, they said they're going to take like three to five days to investigate. And a few people have gotten a little bit of money back already, which is a good sign. So, 
Uh, listen, no, everybody out there, because there's a lot of gamblers that listen to this. Dude, if you're going through a wet website, look at their shit before you send the money to their address. Good websites will give you different addresses every time. Inner tops is fucking suicide. You better go through two middlemen. Or your shit will get yeah, fucked up. And that's what, I'm and that's, telling you guys. Yeah, what Bad Guy's saying here is that uh, on this, the end of the gambling site, and he's talking about getting caught by Coinbase uh, being a, a, right. being a, using it for gambling and where they're going to just shut you down. Uh, if, if the gambling site is only using one wallet to send the, these Bitcoins, send and receive these Bitcoin, then what, what uh, these sites like Coinbase can do is they can go look into the blockchain that of, of the transactions for the bitcoins and see if uh, if if all these people are using are coming from the same wallet first the middleman they look beyond the middleman see that same wallet over and over and over again they say oh okay well we know what this must be and then they figure it out so that so if the, if they're smarter and use uh, different wallets each time different addresses each time then uh, right. th- then it's much more difficult, even if the site goes and looks further down the blockchain of where the money came from, or the Bitcoin came from, it's harder for them to tell what's going on. So that's what bad guy's saying. Hey, and drop once again, turn pimp into English. I mean, give it up for him, guys. <laughs> Play some freaking sound effects, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I, no, I, I heard you guys talking about this. I got knocked out by Ricky with Ace Queen. I think you're a Kit Kat. I mean, you're playing in your own damn tournament. What's going on here? No, maybe Kit Kat will call in. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, keep up the good work. Kilowatt, good job last week, man. I was a little bit more drunk last week, but you got Get that damn card I told you to get. Bit pay. Back, you got to give yourself a couple of drinks and call back. I will. Don't. No, come on. <laughs> I'm just drinking beer tonight, man. I was on whiskey last week. All right. But get the bit pay card. I'm telling you guys. But you got to get your social security number for it. So if you're taking a ton of money out, you're probably going to have to do the taxes or whatever. But, you know, me, I lose all the time, so I don't have any money. <laughs> Only if I'm betting drop do I win. Yeah, uh, in the, uh, the residential <laughs> neighborhood. That's right, brother. All right, guys, take care, man. Okay, thank you. Bad, bad guy. All right, brother. That's a bad guy. You know, he... Oh, I just did something bad. I just, I just dropped uh, Calwatt. That was stupid. That was stupid. Put him back on here. I was trying to drop bad guy, and I dropped Calwatt. There we are. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry about that. That was my fault. Sorry. That was stupid. Okay, so... I've been hung up by better people than you. Oh, come on. So, <laughs> so uh, bad guy, you know, he, he sometimes calls in and, and drops some knowledge here, and here he definitely did that. But bad guy is very experienced with these things because he, he's used so many different sports betting websites, and he's really gotten to know the ins and outs of them. So, believe it or not, even though bad guy can come off sometimes like a clown... Uh, with these type of things, he's very knowledgeable, and you should listen to him. So what he said is 100% true. And he's saying that if, if uh, it always seems like you're sending to and receiving from the same Bitcoin address from a site you're using, then that's trouble because the wallet you're using, to the exchange you're using, like Coinbase, is going to catch on. If it's a different address each time, then you're probably okay. So with that said, uh, let me... Uh, Jay Stat, by the way, saying, uh, Bitcoin talk in a show is killer... People are leaving the chat in droves. <laughs> <laughs> look, I usually stay away from the Bitcoin talk here, but I thought this is important because this has become a cornerstone for funding and cashing out uh, on, on all these online gambling sites these days in the U.S. I mean, that's, that's how you're doing it for the most part. It's, it's hard to play on these online sites. 
these days and and not to have to use Bitcoin. So you can say, oh, boring, boring. and then But then when it comes to you getting your money off of one of these sites you're playing on, you go, oh, Bitcoin, yeah, that's the only way to get it and not wait three months and not be subject to some crappy limit. You go, okay, I'll use Bitcoin. You go, wait a minute, what was Dreff saying there? So that's that's why you should know this. Now, if you don't if you don't play at all, then okay, but uh, this is a poker show. At least we think it is. All right, let's go to uh, the next topic. Mike Sexton, who is very well known for his uh, World Poker Tour commentary. He actually won a World Poker Tour uh, title fairly recently for the first time. He's also a longtime member of the poker community. He is uh, well-respected, pretty well-liked. I was going to say, he's always seemed like a decent guy. I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever met him, but just from what I've seen and heard from him, he, he's always seemed like a pretty upstanding guy. Yeah, and I saw – so he's, he was involved with the beginnings of party poker. Now, for those of you that don't have the history down, because some of you may have joined poker later – than uh, when Party Poker started. In fact, most of you probably did, because the poker boom began in 03. Party Poker began in 2001. I started playing on Poker Room. Do you remember that site? Yes, yes. It was some, like, shitty in-browser type thing. Yeah, yeah and later they had their own software. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, so Party started in 01, and they were really the first large poker site. Because before that, there were some kind of medium-sized ones. Uh, yeah, there was uh, the very first poker site was Planet Poker for real money. That is, but uh, Paradise Poker was one of the bigger ones at the time in the late '90s, early 2000s. In 2001, the middle of 2001, Party Poker became king, and Party Poker they kind of appeared out of nowhere. But where they really dominated was that they were the best at marketing. And they yeah, really, it was the blow-up doll. They, yeah, they really marketed it very hard. And this is before the poker boom, but they were full of games on there, and the software wasn't very good, to be honest. It had, it had issues, it had bugs, it was, the graphics weren't very good, but they marketed it really well, and it was full of fish, even before the poker boom began, even before, like, 03, when, uh, when it really got infused with fish. Even before that, the games were pretty good. So this is in 2001 they started, and I I joined sometime that year, I think in late 01. But uh, Mike Sexton was one of the original investors in it. He was one of the original people involved. He was kind of the face of party poker at the time. And I remember when I had taken a break from party poker, I think I was playing more on True Poker or some other sites. I was taking a break. I had been running bad on party, decided to take a little break there been about two months i hadn't played on there and i get this call on my cell phone and i was at work i still had a job back then and i answered my phone and i couldn't believe who was on the other end oh yeah can i speak to todd please i said yeah this is todd oh, yeah todd this is mock sexton I go huh and this is before the world poker tour or anything but i was I, I i knew who he was i read card player magazine all the time i couldn't believe mike sexton is calling me and i i was a total nobody in poker then in 2001 so i said okay like i wasn't sure this is a prank but it was it was really him said, yeah i've just been looking at your your part of poker account and i noticed that uh you were a very active player on our site and now you don't play here too much anymore and i was just wondering uh if there's something we can do to have you come on back here i couldn't believe it 
uh, it, Mike Sexton was calling me personally to ask me why I wasn't playing much on party poker anymore. And they, so I guess they were doing this to former active players that had stopped playing. They wanted to see if they had done anything wrong they were, or if there was something they could do to get them back. And the, So I forgot what I even told them. But that, that was my only interaction directly with Mike Sexton was that weird, one weird phone call. And uh, But Mike Sexton... I knew he probably had some ownership in it. I always saw him in all these ads in, in Card Player Magazine for Party Poker. I think there were even ads on TV at the time. But uh, Hey, Druff, i got to do it. i got to do it. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Who doesn't remember that? Yeah. So, so Party Poker. Yeah. So, Party Poker. Uh, Mike Sexton... Uh, he was on the Chicago Joey show and he was talking about how he's got to find this here. Where is it here? Here we are. Mike Sexton talked about how he lost out on a lot of money. A lot of money. $500 million is what he lost out on by selling his stock four years sooner than he should have. Now, of course, you could say that's just hindsight, that he couldn't have known when it was at his peak, but uh, that's a pretty big mistake. It's not like he's saying, uh, I could have made 10% more. He he could have made $500 million. uh, So let's hear what he had to say to Joey Ingram, Ingram, Chicago Joey, about this. And then we launched Party Poker on August 1st of 2001. And so I was there from the beginning, and I was there when we launched, and we launched the site with just one table satellites to qualify people for the semifinals of the Party Poker Million, which was a tournament that I created where we were going to qualify 100 players from the site, take them on a cruise ship, give them 500 in cash, a luxurious cruise for two, and allow them to play where the winner got $1 million. Yeah, I remember I was on this cruise in, uh, five years later in 2006. That was a legendary cruise, but uh, that was actually won by... Uh, Mike Schneider, known as Schneids. It was a limit hold'em tournament, by the way, all the way up until that year. But uh, I, I didn't realize August 1st was the date they started. And that's interesting to me because I first heard of Party Poker. Uh, of all things, I first heard of Party Poker through a girl in Vegas that I went to go meet, basically to have sex with. I've told the story. Well, no, I I met her through True Poker. The only time I've ever met a girl through a poker site. I met her through True Poker. She lived in Vegas. I didn't live in Vegas at the time. And I I went out there a few weeks later, both for just like a Vegas trip and to meet her. And and we actually did have sex. But she told me about Party Poker. And I said, I've never heard of this. She said, oh, yeah, it's a new site. And she was, I just thought I was kind of out of it and hadn't heard of it. But this was like, I remember it was in August of 01. So she must have really found out quickly. uh, Is it any good? Uh, party poker or the sex? No, 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 the sex, of course. Yeah, actually it was. <laughs> but, uh, she was actually a dealer, too, at the Mirage for at the time. But then she she vanished from poker after. I think I drove her out of poker. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're a dude, how how bad can it get, really, right? Yeah. No, I, it was so weird, though, because I thought like afterwards it would be awkward to see her around, like knowing that she was a poker dealer. She's a poker player, too, which is like one of those dealers she also played. And I, I thought it was going to be awkward. Uh, seeing her around in poker, but then I never saw her after that. She just like we didn't have a falling out. We just kind of like fell out of contact quickly, and I never saw her again. She I, I 
like this is now 15 years ago, and I, I don't know what happened to her. I, I haven't seen her at all around Vegas. She's never dealt to me. I've never seen. I, I think she's just. Gone. <laughs> well, I think that answers the the question about whether the sex was good for her. Yeah. She's like leaving town. I think I seen this guy I, again. I think I drove her out of poker. She was very mm-hmm. into it too, but uh, I, like she just vanished. I don't know what happened. But anyway, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I just you traumatized her, Druff. I, I might have. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it was so weird. She just totally vanished from poker. Never came back. What are you hung so, like an elephant? Did you injure the poor girl? <laughs> Let's go out here. Now that's how we launched Party Poker. It went well, and the next thing you know, uh, we were the first ones to advertise on television, and uh, we multiplied our business by ten by doing that, and. You know, the rest is history, as they say. It's, it's a business story that is just mind-boggling. These people had no outside investors, nothing. In less than four years' time, after launching Party Poker, from just a little poker site, they went public for $9 billion with a B. So it was massive money. And unfortunately for me, you know, uh, about a year and a half before they went public, you know, I was the last shareholder in the U.S. They relinquished their citizenship. Ruth and her husband did and, and moved to Gibraltar, of course. And, you know, it was still a gray area. Was it legal? Was it not legal? Blah, blah, blah. And then they offered to buy me out. And we negotiated the price, and they said they'd give me 10, you know. You know, they said, what do you want for your stock? I said, what are you giving for it? And I, I didn't have access to the books or anything. You know, I just figured out what we made every day and just put a pencil to it real quick. And uh, they said, no, you tell us what you want for it. I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll both write down a number on a piece of paper and see how far apart we are. And that's what we did. And on my piece of paper, I wrote down $15 million, And on their piece of paper, they wrote down $10 million. They said, oh, no, $15 million is way too much. And Now, remember, I still didn't have any money. I was still broke. I was getting a salary, but, I mean, I basically didn't have any serious money. And uh, But I said no, and I held my ground. I was going to hold out for the $15 million. And then finally they went out and had a meeting and came back in and said, okay, we're going to give you the $15 million. But we're going to give you five million in cash, and give you two million a year over each of the next five years. Uh, but to get that money, you have to still, you know, be an employee of this party poker, and you can't go off on any other site and blah blah. So really, it was very smart on their part because they hooked me up for another five years. In fact, I'm still a consultant with Party Poker, even though those those owners are long gone with their money. And uh, so by selling my stock early, it cost me about five hundred million probably, but. Uh, you know what's five hundred million here and there? Yeah. Well, so that's what happened to him. He was. Uh, uh, I was going to say that that would put me on mega life tilt, but I mean, he still made fifteen mil. Yeah, he made, uh, and it was hard to tell at the time. Like you know, he didn't have access to the books, and it sounds like so much money, and it's just hard to imagine that. Uh, and who, who knows at the time that if that was that bad of a deal he got? It, it's just because later could have gone it, the other way. Yeah, just because yeah. later on it blew up so huge and and went for what it did. I'm actually, I'm actually. Semi surprised to hear that he got fifteen million. Yeah, I am too, and and uh, yeah, and he's telling everybody that too that he got paid fifteen million. A lot of people don't talk about things like that. A lot of people won't say, "Yeah, I got paid fifteen million. Yep, it was like that's people hear that sometimes they get pissed off or get jealous and they hear something like that. But I, I don't. But I, I could see like where he might be reluctant to talk about that. Just say he he got a figure that was worth much 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 less than the five hundred million he could have made, but. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think it's how it it happens. I mean, if you if he's not bragging about it, 
Yeah, no, um, I'm not. I'm I not. definitely respect his candor. Yeah, no, I, I, I think he's truthful here, and so yeah, that's they locked him up. It's, it's like a promoting it for uh, that would be tilting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're locked in as an employee, and you just look at how much money that you would have made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here's here's the last uh, minute of the relevant stuff he was talking about. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? So, but I did good. I never regretted it. You know, I, you know, wow. I, I was never, you know, wow. it never really bothered me. To me, it was like playing a hand of poker. You know, if you know, you might have the seven five of diamonds, for example, and the pot's been raised and re-raised in front of you, so you throw your hand away, and now the flop comes out eight six four, and both those players flop the set. Well, now you're going to triple up, you know, if you knew what was coming. Well, back then, you know, you didn't know what was coming, you know. You didn't know UIGEA could have come into play a year and a half before it did. And then I'd have shot myself because I didn't take the $15 million when I could have had it, and I ended up with nothing, you know, so. Yeah, and that's a good point. Uh, we were saying that before. It could have gone the other way. So Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's one of these things where you can't be – Fully kicking yourself because this was very risky, and it's it's very hard yeah, to say. But still, I mean, Drup, you know that you know some light, some nights, every now and again, late at night, he'll be sitting down, he's got a drink in his hand, he'll, and he'll just shake his head. You know, like, oh man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because five hundred million and fifteen, it's such a big difference. It, it really is a huge difference when you have five hundred yeah, million. Uh, you can really afford like everything. The money really becomes no object at that point. You're just super rich. Just you can just throw it around and not care. We're, we're 15. You you can easily blow through that if you're not careful. Yeah, 15 million. I mean, it's not nothing. It's a windfall. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're set for life. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, it, I mean, it's, 500 million. You'd have to work pretty hard to fuck that up. Well, I mean, you, you should be set for life with 15. But but if you if, if you're not careful, you can so? easily lose it. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think about all the lottery winners and stuff that just fall into. No, that no. I, I mean, you should be. I'm saying most people. Okay. Most people who have fifteen, if they get fifteen million, they should be able to not only never work again, but but live very well. Not not live necessarily like a major baller, but they should be able to live very well, like a relatively rich person, and never work. And even if they don't invest the money, if they just hold on to it. Whereas uh, five hundred million, there you can just. Uh, not care about money anymore at that point you're just so rich you just uh provided you don't oh, okay make- so i just did some uh you know napkin calculations if you invest that 15 mil and you you get the uh the historical return from the stock market of seven percent that's only one hundred and five thousand a year you know well, you're saying and granted, you're never attacking the principal. Well, that's that's the big difference. Yeah, granted, you're never attacking the principal, and that's always there for you to draw from. But well, that's a big difference there. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah, I'm not talking, even talking about investing. I would say if you just want to sit on 15 million cash and spend it, you should you should be able to very easily uh, not just live, but live very well for the rest of your well, life. Okay, I mean, let's let's be honest. The taxes. Fifty percent off the top, so you're sitting with well, so uh, seven and a half, seven point five mil. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it would last a while, but I think you can go through that relatively quickly, depending on what you do. You know, if you don't change anything about the way you live, then sure, you're good to go. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, $500 million, You don't get those gold-embossed letters in your pool, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> 
So five hundred million dollars that you have that, yeah, it's it's a it's a huge difference. It really is. So, but still, if you think about it, Sexton got more than what the World Series main event winner has ever gotten from that. So that's. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't poker players that haven't made plenty of money, but the people that have really made money in the poker industry are not the players. Yes, that's that's for sure. It's just the way it is. Yep. So let's see what else we got here. Oh, we have a call. It's a good time for a call, like between topics. Let's throw them on here. This time I'll try not to hang up on you. Call her on the air. Yeah, Jeff, uh, just to let you know, he actually got $30 million. They gave him an extra $15 million when the company went public. They felt they felt bad that they kind of shorted him on the shares. Really? So why didn't they say that? Why, why didn't they admit that they gave he says him? It, he, says it, he says it in his book. He, oh. his book. He, he talks about it. Okay. Who is this, by the way? Uh, just a listener. Just a listener. Okay. Um, yeah, but now it was it was interesting that they they felt uh, they felt like you know he could have had five hundred million, so they said, hey, why don't we just match the fifteen we already gave him? So he got thirty. Really? So you know he that, was that. Ni- that was nice. Uh, if they really felt bad, they'd give him the five hundred mil. Yeah, they didn't feel that bad. You know, you exactly. know the, the, the 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 company. <laughs> that still shows it still shows goodwill on the part of the company. No, they didn't have to do that. The former owners, they were involved in, in the phone sex industry before that, uh, Ruth That's Parasol. Right. So I, I guess in lieu of the fifteen million, the second $15 million they gave, they also Ruth Parasol could have just had phone sex with Mike Sexton instead. That would have been a, another alternate form of payment. <laughs> so, well, anyway, uh, just want to let you know, I recommend his book. It's, it's a good read. What's the name of that book? Uh, I don't know. It's, it just came out. It's his uh autobiography that he's been promoting it's it's pretty good though all right you're sure you're not working for mike sexton to sell his book on the show <laughs> no, no, if so I, if so i want a piece of that 30 million here we we have no budget on the show <laughs> there you go all right guys good show all right thank you thank you so that's a caller who will not be named i i have no idea who that is by the way it's not, it's not even someone who's just i'm like pretending not to know i really don't know him i i saw the phone number but I, I don't know him or even recognize the phone number all right, but thank you for the call. Then that information. Yeah, I don't mind the anonymous. Yeah, I don't mind the anonymous call that gives us useful information. Like if he's going to call up and troll me, that's a different story. But uh, to give useful info, then if you don't want to say who you are, that's fine. Phil Ivy has filed a weird response to a recent ruling that went against him in a lawsuit from the Borgata against him. Now. Uh, Phil Ivey has had some pretty bad luck in court recently involving these edge sorting cases. Uh, he played Baccarat, also known as Punto Banco, in some casinos abroad. And uh, he had an edge by having an accomplice, a Chinese woman who could notice tiny defects in a certain brand of playing cards that would let them know which those cards were, even when they were face down. And oh, God. Drew, it, it reminds me. My wife sent me this uh, this link about uh, a New Zealand man of Asian descent uh, had his passport photo rejected when the facial recognition software told him that his eyes were shut. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's a news story. <laughs> they're they're very particular about this. I actually had this happen to me, and I'm not even Asian. They told me that my eyes weren't open enough, and I had to retake a pa- passport picture. It's just so brutal. Yeah, I, I, I guess to Asian guys, it could happen much more easily. Hmm. 
And it's like uh, some of those, uh, they have cameras that have automatic detection of that now. Um, and when they originally came out, they had the same problem. They, they you take a, a picture with a camera and say, did somebody have their eyes closed? It's just so brutal. It's rough. Okay, so Phil Ivey, uh, he, he was playing uh, this Baccarat. We've been over this story so many times, but... He, there are two lawsuits. One is from Crockford's in the UK, and they would not pay him. They, they figured out what he was doing before he cashed out, so he sued them, and he lost. The Borgata did not cash it right away, so he did cash out from there, $9.6 million, and then they sued him to get the money back. But uh, since they have... Uh, since they won, and now, now they're demanding damages... Uh, I don't know if they fully won if the case is over yet, but there's definitely rulings in their favor. So they're they're looking for damages now, not just the $9.6 million back, but they also want an additional $6 million or so for what they call expectation loss. And that is what, what I think is, is really crappy. I don't think this should be honored, but it, it might be. They're, they're claiming that if Phil Ivey had played without cheating, as they say. They claim what he was doing was cheating. That not only would he not have won this money, but that he would have lost at a certain rate if he was just an average player, or just a player without this advantage. So not only do they want the money back he won, but they want back the average money that he would have lost had he not had this edge. Which is, I, I think, is really crappy. Their their argument is that otherwise he was free rolling, where he, either he keeps the money or he just gives it back, but he doesn't lose. They're saying that he should lose the average amount he would he would have lost if he wasn't playing with his advantage play. But I I, I think this is BS, and this is especially flawed because he wasn't playing with a sure thing. He could have lost, and if he lost, he couldn't have gone back and said, "Hey, I was being an advantage player." Uh, so the whole game shouldn't count. I should have the money back. Even if he lost like way more than expectation, he couldn't have gotten it back. So he was still gambling, even if the odds were in his favor. And he won, as, as the odds would, would say. But they, they can't say that now, on top of getting the money back, that they uh, that they should get an expectation loss of what he would have lost if he was playing. First of all, he wouldn't have played that way. He wouldn't have played at all if, uh, if he didn't have the, this edge. And, and number two... Uh, it wasn't a free roll because he could have lost there. Yeah. I mean, not only would he not have played, which is, you know, a very good point, which makes it incredibly stupid. Um, but the sample size, as you noted, I mean, it's just not nearly big enough. Yes, they are going to have that edge over a large sample size of play. But, you know, he's only playing there for a couple hours. Yeah. It doesn't and, work like that. And they could, yeah, and, and again, this was a free roll. It could be looked at the other way. This is a free roll for them. Where when he won, they get the money back once they win their case, and and if he loses, then there's nothing he could have done. Even if he was playing advantage, he can't say he can't say, "Oh, the game's invalid now because I was doing advantage play you wouldn't have approved of." Like they'll say, "Well, we're keeping it anyway. Too bad." So, I mean, I guess you can't blame him for trying. Yeah, so that's so that's what they're doing, <laughs> and uh, so Ivy, of course, he and his attorneys responded to this, and so this this let me uh, so so here's what. Uh, was filed is a 15-page brief by uh, Ivy's attorney, whose name is uh, Louis Barbone. And this is what he wrote. 
while Borgata relies upon the restitution formula from the Golden Nugget case, I'm not sure what they're referring to, but uh, I think it had, oh, it has to do with uh, another case where there was a um, a pre-shuffled shoe where where uh, it turned out that uh, the cards weren't actually shuffled and were sequential and they didn't catch it for a long time. We've talked about that before here. But uh, I guess they figured this out too, what the Golden Nugget would have won. Uh, never pled in its amended complaint that the formula defies the, actu- the factual record here and presumes that all the play of Ivy and Son, Son was his partner, was in fact pursuant to an authorized game. Oh, I thought that was like Sanford and Son. <laughs> there is nothing in this record that substantiates as a damage formula. Instead, each and every game played by Ivy and Son was in fact authorized, and the issue was presented whether plaintiff can establish probable re- result of the breach by showing reasonably certain losses. Each and every game played by the defendants was a valid game of chance. Defendant's breach was said to have adjusted the odds in defendant's favor when when that very proportion is vigorously disputed. While the court has already found the defendant's technique of edge-sorting adjusted odds in defendant's favor, the factual evidence in the record on the probable result of the breach confirms that the plaintiff cannot prove by by even the preponderance of evidence that the, the defendant's breach of the breach approximately caused its losses. Now, here's the real test. I want to see if you're able to translate lawyer into pimp. See, I, you go I, the other oh, way. into P. Okay, I thought you were going to say into English. Well, no, no, I, I, I go got go it. Go all the way. I, 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 I got English. Go to pimp. I got. I can't. I, I can't just do English first and then and then go to pimp from there. No, I want to go go right to the bitch ass ass fat. Okay, let me try this. This is going to be tough. <laughs> I, I need bad guy here for this one. Okay, okay. Well, while, while Borgata relies upon the restitution formula from the Golden Nugget case, never pled in its amended complaint that formula defies the factual record here and presumes that all the play by Ivy and Son was in fact pursuant to an authorized game. Uh, in Pimp, this would be... So I've got to translate to English then to Pimp. It's, a, I got to, it's like a two-step process. But in Pimp, that would be... Uh, Yo, what up, Borgata? What the fuck you doing here? What this all about? <laughs> now, oh now God. that golden nugget, the case that be saying that that all that play by Ivy and, and that and his bitch son, <laughs> it, 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 that that was what is known as an authorized game. Me, me, uh, we, we could play it whenever the hell we want. Okay, so that's the. <laughs> Okay, then, you got to throw a bitch-ass-ass ass fag in there. That, but we're, there's still time. The, the plaintiff's lawyer is being a bitch-ass-ass fag. Ass we're, we're, not, we're not done yet. That was the first part. I'm sorry. There is, there is nothing in this record that substantiates such a damaged formula. Instead, each and every game played by Ivy and Son uh, was, in fact, authorized, and the issue presented whether plaintiff can establish probable result of breach by showing reasonably certain losses. Yo, this lawyer is being uh, this Borgata is, is all of a bitch is all up in this bitch is his ass fagginess. <laughs> there ain't nothing here that's showing that this this here formula that this here formula ain't whack. Uh, in, in fact, what I got to say is that there ain't no way that they could show that they would have lost here if 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 they would have played. Maybe they would have got lucky and won. Okay, so that's hold on. We have, do we have a call here? Showing hey, Druff. Yeah. Congratulations, you uh, set back race relations another fifty years with us. <laughs> You're the one who baited me into this. Okay, let me go on here. Uh, each each and every game played by the defendants 
was a valid game of chance. Defendant's breach was said to have adjusted odds in defendant's favor when that very proposition is very is vigorously disputed. Uh, aw, shit. Each, every time I go out and play, that don't mean I'm going to win. Uh, so what? If I, if I got the odds in my favor, that don't mean I'm a winner. Okay. This is this is gold. Drew. Okay. While while the while the court has already found that the defendant's technique of edge sorting adjusted odds in the defendant's favor, the factual evidence in the record on the probable result of the breach confirms that plaintiff cannot prove that even by the preponderance of the evidence the defendant's breach approximately caused its losses. Yo, you know what you are doing here is you are just jumping to conclusions. You are saying that. Just because I playing where I got the better chance to beat you, that that mean I'm gonna win. And you you ain't shown that. You ain't shown that then. You ain't show that now. You ain't gonna never show that to me. Oh, there we go. Jeff, you might as well be in blackface. Right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> who knows? It could, it could be a white guy who's just white trash. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's so. a, like a wigger. <laughs> that it could be. And Lou Father says, show enough. <laughs> okay, well that's uh, See, I, I have to do these things on the fly These are not like prepared bits this is, this is what's tough about live radio See, if this is like If this is the 2 plus 2 show Can you imagine this on the 2 plus 2 poker cast? Like, no. uh, like, like <laughs> I can't Can you imagine Adam Schwartz doing this? Or maybe, no What about Terrence Chan? Can you imagine Terrence Chan just coming out here And uh, translating this to, uh, to Jive? No, I'm pretty sure Terrence would be the last person in the world to do that <laughs> But <laughs> Hey, for everyone who said they were bored with the Ivy topic, at least it was a nice, entertaining translation there. Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I, I probably alienated the two black listeners we have on the show, but uh, they're probably, they might actually be laughing. The <laughs> they probably are. <laughs> you never no, know. I, no, this is not nothing offensive meant to anybody. This is obviously just a gag here, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess you guys can. Well, I guess like, now I got to do the last thing we haven't done yet is English. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. But basically, what they're saying here. Yeah, you got to translate that. Pimp yeah, now I got to translate it back. But but basically, what they're saying here is that just because Ivy was playing with an edge, that doesn't necessarily mean he would have won. And, and there's no standard that proves this. But I, I don't. The, the problem with this response here, while I kind of agree with it, the problem is the court has already ruled that uh, that uh, that. Ivy basically shifted the odds into his favor, and that's the whole reason the game wasn't valid. He was saying an authorized game, an authorized game. They already passed. They already passed this. They already ruled that this wasn't an authorized game. The way Ivy was playing it, and and the way they tricked the casino into turning the cards. And again, I've always been on Ivy's side here, so I'm not criticizing Ivy or what he did or calling him a cheater or calling him a bitch ass ass fag. Yeah, or a bitch ass ass fag, right. But uh the truth is here that yeah, I should have had you do this instead of me by the way. Should have, <laughs> this this is what's good to assign to the co-host so this way so I take the fall. Yeah, this way they don't go oh, this draft that racist. That's <laughs> Great. that's what I should have done here. Going to hard to live this one down. <laughs> but uh anyway, uh it says as uh Where is it here? Yeah, so 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 the New Jersey uh, Casino Control Commission 
uh, they, they basically their regulation says that Mini Baccarat has a well-known house edge, and that Ivy and Son changed that to something that was no longer uh, giving them the house, house edge. And even though they disagree with it, this has already kind of been shown by the court. The court has already given their opinion on this. So here they're giving an argument that's already contradicting a, an opinion the court already gave, which the court doesn't like to see. The court, when you do these things, you always have to make sure you're proceeding from wherever the case currently stands. So if the court has ruled in some way, you don't challenge it at that point. It's a similar way where when someone is getting sentenced and they've already been judged guilty and the lawyer is trying to convince uh, the judge to give them a lenient sentence. The lawyer never starts with, well, actually, you never know. He could actually be innocent. They could have gotten this wrong. Or, you know, they, they don't do it that way because at this point, it's already been ruled that he's guilty. Whether he was actually guilty or not doesn't matter. At this point, he's been ruled guilty. So what the lawyer has to do at that point is try to present reasons, aside from maybe he wasn't guilty, why the, he shouldn't get a harsh sentence. So at that point, they're operating from the presumption of, yes, he's guilty, but this is why his sentence shouldn't be as bad. Even if he wasn't guilty. Uh, I'll tell you what, this whole thing has just gone on so long. I just want him to either, you know, I want him to either get off completely and get the money or go to fucking jail or whatever, you know, some kind of resolution. It seems like it's been going on for forever. I realize it hasn't been that long, but man, you know? Yeah, it, it has been going on forever. And if, if he does owe $15 million, I wonder, you know, is he going to be able to come up with can that right away? It? Yeah, can he pay it? Does he have that much money, cash? I don't know. I mean, the range of people's opinions on him are either, you know, he's so rich, nothing else matters, or, you know, he's a DJ and gambler and he could be broke any day. So I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I hope no social justice warriors hear this show. They're going to be giving me a hard time for a long time. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get like the few black listeners to come out and like speak in my favor that they're okay with this. You going to be able to get Kate Hall on the show? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much ruined forever now. That ship has sailed. No, here, here, wait, hold on. We already got uh, a thumbs up from a black guy. This is from uh, the five hundred five, a black guy who lives in Vegas. He wrote, uh, "I thought the pimp talk was funny as shit." There we go, from an actual black guy in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's all in good fun. All right, so let's uh, let's go to the next topic here. Uh, a victory for two men whose money was improperly seized in a civil forfeiture traffic stop. These are poker players, by the way, not just two men. Uh, civil forfeiture was a very bad thing, and it continues to be a bad thing. It's, it's not as bad as it used to be because it's it's been neutered to some degree. But this civil forfeiture was originally developed as a means to seize obvious assets that were obtained criminally without having to prove a crime. So let's say uh, let's say there's a known drug dealer. You know he's a drug dealer. Let's say you, you know, you're working in law enforcement. You know a guy's a drug dealer. You know all his incomes come from drug dealing. And he shows up somewhere with uh, $3 million in, in, in $100 bills in a suitcase. Well, without being able to catch him actually exchanging that $3 million for drugs, there's nothing you can do as a cop. You can't just go, hey, I know this is 
money you're going to exchange for drugs. I know this is money you obtained illegally in the first place by selling drugs, so we're taking it. You couldn't do that before civil forfeiture because that uh, there, there's no crime in just carrying around a lot of money. So civil forfeiture allowed them to go after assets of criminal organizations and just Fish take ass them. Fish assets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ass uh, uh, money. <laughs> By the way, the guy who wrote this stuff is MP. He's not even black. He's, uh, I believe he's Hispanic. But uh, anyway, I just gave another clue into, as to his identity. Uh, by the way, this MP is not a known player, so it's not going to be. Oh, you should have translated it into Chico Loco, then. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I don't know why you're so worried about doing the the, the pimp talk. Oh, that's right. I do the Chico Loco stuff. Yeah, I mean, right. you right. know, I forgot about that. <laughs> What's yeah. the big deal? How much different is it really? Okay, so so. Uh, Civil forfeiture, what they would do is they would just, uh, they'd go after criminal, major criminals or criminal organizations and no, and basically it would allow them to take their assets and say, prove you got these legally. And if they can't prove they got these legally, they can just keep them and then use these assets for law enforcement purposes or, or put them in government coffers. So at that time, it was, this is in the 80s, I believe this started. This was seen as a good thing, especially for the war on, on drugs. But like many other uh, attempts by the government to do something that is non-standard but is seemingly well-intentioned and noble, it gets abused. And civil forfeiture very much changed. And it no longer became primarily about seizing assets from actual criminals, but to actually just target people and steal from them and say, prove this money we're taking or these assets we're taking were obtained legally. And often it would be so difficult to prove and so time-consuming to prove, especially if it was a, uh, a state where you don't live where this occurred, that people would just give up. And sometimes they'd even be scared into signing away the money where they would, they would be browbeaten into signing a paper saying, we're letting you keep this money in exchange for promising not to charge us for having it. Which is really screwed up. You think, you know, think you rightfully have money, and you're driving around on the interstate, and you get pulled over by a cop. He finds some sort of really flimsy reason to search your car. He has a dog with him and claims the, dr- the dog smelled drugs, even if they really didn't. Uh, claims some other reason that he can search your car. Searches, finds 30K you have in the car that you're driving to go play a poker tournament with. Takes it. Tells you it's being, you know, that's being taken under civil forfeiture. And then... You have to prove that this 30K you have was legally acquired. And it's not as easy as you think. It requires mm-hmm. uh, lawyers and a lot of other stuff that, you know, the average person can't just go say, oh, yeah, this is, this is legit. Here, here's some bank statements giving it back. It's not that simple. But in many cases, they'll say, look, we, we believe this 30K is drug money, and we're going to investigate you, and there's a good chance we're, we're going to be uh, putting you in prison for years. But... If you're willing to just surrender this to the county, well, since we don't have any kind of a, a definite case against you, we'll just call it even and uh, you know give you a paper that we're we're not going to press charges. And people would do it. People would be so afraid that they're going to go to prison, they would give up the money. Just such bullshit. It was terrible, and this was this was done all over the country, in some states more than others, including Nevada. And they would actually be. Roots 
where they would place police, and this was under the direction of the city. I'm not talking about corrupt cops who were stealing the money. This would, this would go into the city coffers. This was not cops taking it for themselves. These are not crooked policemen. I mean, they, they kind of were because they were, they were crooked policemen doing it on behalf of their superiors who were crooked. Was this originally done like, um, I, I know there's a law where they can confiscate stuff from drug dealers, right? Yeah, that's what this is. And, and that's where it originally came from, right? So yeah. the, the intent was good, but it's just being yeah, abused. Well, yeah, right. Well, it was like what I was saying before. It was, it was to confiscate obvious criminally obtained money. I Without, thought it was specifically for drug dealers. But that's where it started. It yeah, that was how it general. That was how it started. But it was it was to. But it was okay. it was just in general that they can take money or assets that were obviously acquired in some sort of illegal means, where they know if they if forced to prove it, the person could not show how they legitimately acquired it. Gotcha. And and then, uh, but yet there's not enough evidence to charge them criminally. Like they didn't see how they got it, but they just know they couldn't have this. It's kind of like someone who, uh, you know, someone who works a. Uh, a, a job making uh, 30k a year, and and somehow they have uh, three million dollars worth of assets, and and you, they they can't prove where they got it, but at the same time you never saw them acquiring this illegally. So th- it's I this middle that, ground. That's tough for poker players, right? Because how would you prove? That, that? Then that's the problem. Yeah. Often, often when you have that amount of cash, you've you've acquired it in some way where even if it's legal, it's often hard to prove. So, and so, maybe they fucked up by. Not reporting it on their taxes, right? Yeah, there, that could be that too. Yeah. So they, yeah. so there was a federal element to this. See, this was done mainly by corrupt jurisdictions in, in small towns, small counties that would uh, were strapped for cash and would actually instruct the officers to sit there, look for cars with out of state plates that they thought would be ones traveling with cash, pull them over, bring a dog out and pretend the dog sniffed drugs or make some some kind of excuse to search the car, and then basically steal their cash and put it in the government coffers and, and also pressure these people to sign the, the cash away in exchange for not being criminally charged. It, it was a, a government-sponsored scam. Uh, the worst thing the worst thing here was that the federal government was involved because uh, what was happening was that certain states were getting wise to this and saying, look, we don't, we don't like this. We're, we don't approve of this going on even though we have some corrupt counties in our state doing it we don't like it so we're we are now passing laws in this state that makes it much tougher to seize this money so what do these counties do or cities do they leapfrogged over the state and went to the federal level because federal trump state so they would turn it into a federal investigation so they would have federal officials there that would get involved in this and claim it's a federal case, and then they could again seize the money and supersede the state laws. So this was uh, what was known as... Uh, Bullshit? Uh, equitable sharing is what it was called. Why was it called equitable sharing? Because the federal government would get half mm. of these seizures. Well, the only good thing, in my opinion, that Eric Holder did as Attorney General was he put a stop to the federal government's cooperation in these schemes. So there was no more equitable sharing, and that was the end of using these uh, federal cases to seize the money and, and leapfrog whatever state law was there to prevent this in the first place. What's funny about this whole thing, or I should say disturbing, not funny, is that civil forfeiture is something that most politicians in both parties agree upon. And that is, they don't like it. Republicans don't like it. 
Democrats don't like it. Most politicians, most people, most citizens do not like it. But it was a matter of actually doing something about it. And there's still, uh, the process is still ongoing. The, the first step was to end the, well, the first step was certain states passing uh, laws making it tougher. But the second step was uh, was the federal government no longer getting involved. To where, if a state law was making it tough for this or impossible, then it couldn't be done because the state is uh, state law. The local laws can't overrule state laws. The only state to completely abolish it so far has been New Mexico. They they completely made civil forfeiture illegal in New Mexico. There's uh, some other states where it's tougher. Um, Florida and Montana require criminal charges before seizure. Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Nebraska, they have to have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, which is a pretty high standard to seize anything. They can't just say, oh, you know, this money, we, we, you know, we think it probably came from drugs we're taking. You can't do that. It's not beyond the reasonable doubt. It's not even close. Uh, California has kind of a standard in between clear and convincing and beyond a reasonable doubt, so that's still pretty good. Uh, clear and convincing evidence is Colorado, Connecticut, Minnesota, Nevada, Ohio, Utah, and Vermont. So notice Nevada is one of them. that They were using that federal civil forfeiture to get around that one. But they, they, for them it has to be clear and convincing evidence a crime was, was, uh, was, had, had uh, been committed. Beyond that, there's several states with... Uh, Preponderance of the evidence, including which is a step below uh, clear and convincing evidence, which is Kentucky, New York, West Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Mississippi, Michigan, Maryland, Maine, Louisiana, Kansas, Iowa, which we'll talk about in a second, Indiana, Idaho, Hawaii, Arizona, and Arkansas. And then come the states that are not so good about this. Uh, I mean, the ones I just read already can be abused to some degree, but uh, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Washington, it's kind of in between uh, probable cause and preponderance of the evidence, so that's already not very good. And then Alabama, Alaska, Delaware, Illinois, Massachusetts, Missouri, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Wyoming, uh, they, it's pretty much uh, just probable cause which is just if they suspect something. They have some kind of weak reason to suspect it, like, uh, um, you know, we don't know where this money came from. So, so those states, it can still happen, definitely. Now, Iowa is the one we're going to talk about today. Iowa is where an incident occurred that affected some poker players. And uh, this occurred a few years ago. There were two guys, I've never heard of them before, but uh, William Bart Davis and John Numerzicki, they were driving in April 2013, and this is back before this had been, uh, the federal version of it had been outlawed. So they had uh, California plates, they were were from California, they had $100,000 on them. And they had, uh, I think they just completed a poker tournament in Illinois. Or no, they're, go- they're going to a poker t- tournament in Illinois. I don't know why they needed 100 k 
but maybe they're going to play cash games, whatever. They were pulled over by what was known as the Drug Interdiction Team, which was infamous in Iowa to make to pull people over exactly for this reason, to just steal from them. And uh, the reason that the police claimed that they were going to search the car was that John Numerzicki was, quote, acting nervous. So they, they said that was enough, that he was acting nervous. They decided they were going to search. They searched. They found the $100,000. They confiscated. Uh, they were pulled over initially because they supposedly had not properly signaled when they were making a lane change. Uh-huh. Uh, they even fa- had later on proof that they did properly signal. They just made it up. <laughs> so they, they couldn't even get them on a real traffic violation. So they, they pulled them over this phony traffic violation, claimed that uh, this John uh, Nimerzicki was acting nervous, searched the car. They found a lot of marijuana in the car. They found 0.001 grams of marijuana. Horrible. What is that like? <laughs> Crumbs? Is that like the, <laughs> it pretty the much. shake at the bottom? Yeah. I mean, so. so they found 0.001 grams, uh, a hundredth of a gram, or sorry, a thousandth of a gram of marijuana. That, that really is like oh. a crumb. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, th- despite that, these guys produce med- medical marijuana cards. That's like the the size of something that gets stuck between your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> they, mean, they 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 showed mar- medical marijuana cards, and then the police said, "Hey, well, these aren't good here. It's only for California." So, so they 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 told them they especially had the right to seize this money. They they claimed it was probably drug money, and they also pressured this guy Numerzicki into pleading guilty to misdemeanor possession of drug paraphernalia. Otherwise, uh, I guess they found some paraphernalia there, too. Otherwise, he was, uh, he was going to uh, go to prison there for a long time. So he pled guilty to that. But they were not going to return the money. And they tried to use the excuse that since he pled guilty to a crime, that he should not be eligible to get the money back. And this was struck down. In court, they won that. Uh, they won a ruling in 2015. They've been fighting ever since. But they, in 2015, they won a ruling that their case can go forward even if uh, he did plead guilty to a crime. Supposedly, uh, the Des Moines Register found that over the years, I don't know what years they're talking about, but the, over the years, state and local law enforcement had taken $55 million in cash from people in these types of stops, many of whom were not charged criminally. So, they got back 90000 of the 100000 It was actually $100,020. <laughs> what did they, like, pull did they pull like a $20 bill out of one of their wallets here to add to it? it 100000 right. and then just $20. So they seized that whole thing. And uh, after a long fight, they got back 90000 of it. And the last 10000 was supposed to uh, stay in Iowa. They were, they were only given back nine-tenths of it. They continued to fight. They weren't willing to stop there. And according to a report from a newspaper called the Iowa City Press Citizen, it says this. It's about to try to play a video. Did you too. know that? And he was going to play a video. Iowa announced Monday that it has disbanded its state forfeiture team and, in a separate move, also agreed to pay $60,000 to settle a lawsuit 
brought by two California gamblers. The so-called interdiction unit's key focus was to stop vehicles traveling along I-80, suspected of being involved in drugs or other crimes. It was part of the Iowa Department of Public Safety and had become a target in recent years from critics who alleged the team used unconstitutional practices to seize private property for law enforcement profits. That's exactly what was going on. So anyway, they got 60,000 more above the 90 that they had gotten. So they had 100K uh, taken from them. And uh, 10K, actually $10,020, was divided among local and state law enforcement agencies. So uh, now they got back 60000 more on top of that. So they came out 50 ahead, minus whatever they had to pay their lawyers. So who knows what they ended up ahead total. But uh, uh, it's still a very traumatic thing. It's been a very tough, uh, you know, more than three and a half years for these guys. This is what uh, what uh, John Mirz- uh, New New Merzichi said. It's a very long name here. N e w m e r z h y c k y. He said they took everything I owned at that point in my life. My game was just starting to get on point, and we decided to take that road trip. Those Iowa cops pretty much put an end to my poker playing too, and ruined my life. I had people willing to back me at the time, but after this happened, that was all off the table. Basically, I had to move out of my house and be homeless for a while because I couldn't pay my mortgage. I had to rent out my home. So, I I don't know if I believe all that. Some people like to exaggerate their uh, damages they suffered, but these guys definitely deserve something for what happened here. I mean, this this was just outright theft for them. These guys really were bringing money to a poker tournament, that was theirs, and Iowa just took it from them with a, with a team that was meant to stop out-of-state cars and steal their money. So I'm glad to see that these guys were victorious and that Iowa decided to just settle it. And it's funny that they settled this on the exact same day that they ended the program. I, I'm sure that's not a coincidence. So... This is Iowa supposedly was one of the worst states with doing this. Even though they didn't have, even though the state laws were not uh, as bad as some other states as far as this uh, civil forfeiture, they were really abusing the federal civil forfeiture. They were just they they just had a lot of sting teams out there that were doing this. That were just out there, cops who were only out there to find out of state cars and nail them. And the reason they nailed out of state cars is number one, they're more likely to be carrying cash on them, and number two they are going to have a higher, a harder time fighting it. It's a lot harder to fight anything that has happened out of state, especially once you've left that state. So, uh, similarly, I mean, not it's not a similar situation, but a lot of times that's the way things are treated if you're not from the area and they know you can't fight it. At, at the Rio, you may remember the story where someone just grabbed cash off the table in a cash game where... Uh, Mm-hmm. Someone had gone to the bathroom and someone else just walked up and just grabbed the chips and walked off and said, like mumbled something like my friend said to grab these for him and then just walked off and no one was able to stop him. And and I guess he timed it perfectly to where a break had just started for the for the, for one of the big tournaments. So he just slipped off into the crowd. And I I ended up talking to the girlfriend of the guy who had this happen to him. She happened to be sitting next to me the next day at a uh, Limit Hold'em tournament. And they were both from Germany. And 
she said the Rio basically said, F you, we're not doing anything about this. This just happens. You know, that's the way it is. We, we don't, we don't have response. You have to be responsible for your own chips, which is ridiculous. Because you can't even take your chips when you go to the bathroom unless you want to leave the game. But anyway, I said to her, I said, I bet part of the reason they're so difficult here is because they know being from Germany, you can't stick around to fight this. So if someone's shitty, I think as someone from Nevada, uh, I bet they may have been more, they probably would have had the initial pushback, but they may have been more willing to give a settlement knowing that the person could stay there, hire lawyers and all that, uh, where Germans, they know that they're going to go back to Germany and that's it. So you ever heard of, uh, Hanlon's razor? No. It's basically never attribute to malice, uh, that which is adequately explained by stupidity. <laughs> that's, so, that, that's good for Caesars. Well, I mean, my guess is, I, I don't think these guys from Caesars were doing this maliciously. I just think they're fuck, they're fucking lazy. It was yeah. like, we don't want to have to deal with this shit. Well, yeah, they have that same, and we have a listener to this show, uh, Eric Sonstegard, uh, known as Willing to Die. He, we had him on here after they double-checked in his room, and then the second guy who they checked in to his room yeah, you know, that wasn't supposed to be checked in there. Went in there, found his stuff, and stole it, including cash. And then they tried to like not pay him until he made a big deal out of it and appeared on the show. We actually, the show actually helped him get uh, some of the money back uh, just from appearing on here. They, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, they. You know what I mean, though. I mean, I, I doubt that Caesar's just like, oh, this is great. We can screw over this German guy. No, they don't think it's probably can... just some mid-level guy who's just like, oh, this is too much. This would be too much of a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, they just, well, they just don't want to do it. And they don't want to pay out. You know, they have, the money exactly. has to come. The money has to come from somewhere. They have to justify why they're paying out this money. It's easier to just say no. <laughs> so yep. that, that's what they do. And uh, uh, but but they also know when they're saying no that. Yeah, if the person argues, they can think about, okay, does this person have an ability to make our lives difficult, or are they just going to leave and go back to Germany and we'll never have to see them again? So, how, I, how likely is this going to turn into a hassle? Yeah, so that's uh, so like this guy. So that's exactly the, the one who was on our show was from California and was able to keep hassling them. In fact, he was, I think, he was still there at the, at the time at the World Series when this was going on. So, like, he had the ability to hassle them a lot more, and they, you know, he started appearing on shows like this, and they they finally backed down. Where uh, the Germans, <laughs> they they didn't get anything. So now the Germans, the Germans got uh, nothing, nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> Achtung. Okay, I'm going to offend the Germans now too. Yeah, you're just you're just proving you're an equal opportunity. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm making fun of white people now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. These guys, I'm I'm happy. These these two uh, poker players. I don't know who they are. I've, I've I know their names. I've never heard of them before. This, but I haven't heard of them other than, in any context other than this. But I believe they were completely innocent. I don't think they did anything wrong. I think that they were targeted by cops that were there on the road specifically to go after out of state cars and steal their money. So that's it's pretty bad and. Uh, I'm glad the federal government has stopped the cooperation with this. So states that have laws against this are, are now much safer to drive in, including western states like Nevada and California. You just don't want to be in the state of uh, Washington in the west because they have a very uh, easy laws on this that allow it to happen. So really the states to watch out for Alabama, Alaska, Delaware, Illinois, Massachusetts, Missouri, Rhode Island, South Carolina, 
Wyoming, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, Washington. Those are the ones where you should be a little careful if you're driving, especially with out-of-state plates, with a lot of cash on you. Because with just a probable cause, or somewhere between probable cause and preponderance of the evidence, they can seize your cash, and you're going to have a hard time getting it back. The rest of the states, it's, I think, a high enough standard where it's not that likely for them to take it from you. Though the states that are most vigilant in stopping this practice, like Florida, Montana, New Mexico, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Nebraska, California, those are the best ones to be driving in under those circumstances. But it, it, it was surprising to me when I first heard of this a few years ago, that this was going on. I, I thought, okay, maybe this would happen occasionally if they mistook someone for a drug dealer. I, I didn't know they actually had cops there that were just looking to pull over cars who they knew were not drug dealers. They knew were not ones who were driving around with criminally obtained money that just said, let's just steal people's money and, and say that's what we're doing. And put it in... I, I don't know if, like... These cops were corrupt in in that they were following orders from corrupt people. But I, I like how do they? Yes, they're following orders. But how do they reason to themselves? These cops. How do they reason to themselves that this is okay? Even if they're getting the orders from above, how how do you do this to people? Maybe maybe tell themselves, oh, I bet this must have been shady money anyway. But you you know, some of the time it's not going to be. Oh, rough. I mean, the number of atrocities that have happened in history. And people just say, well, I was just following orders. I mean, it should be no surprise. Yeah. Really, you know? Yeah. I just wonder like, what what they say to themselves, you know, knowing while they're doing this. Like, do they really just, do they know they're stealing? Do, do they just deny it and just, do they make themselves believe they're really just enforcing the law? Cause, they probably just say, oh, well, you know, the guy, he's probably a scumbag, so yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I... I had no idea this sort of thing could happen. This could have happened to me. I, I didn't drive in those states, but the, the, there's been other states I've driven around with a lot of cash before, and I, I would have never guessed if, I, if they've seized my money and talked about how they think of drug money. I would have said this is. I would have said this cop is crazy. I'll get this back in a second once I go back to the department during the day. God the help the police officer that pulls you over and tries <laughs> to take your money from you. <laughs> You'll be clutching. He's not going to be able to pry it from your hands. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. I got a, a message, a text from the nine one six. Were the cops taking cash only or firearms too? They were mainly targeting cash. They they may have taken firearms too. They would take anything they felt felt was of value that they could use, whether they could sell it or use it. Anything that they thought was of value that they could use for either the police department or the city or the county, they would take. And again, these cops were not keeping it on their own. They weren't skimming the money. They were. It wasn't like that. This was not for personal gain. This was this was all done at the city and county level. That's that's the outrageous thing. This was a, a government sponsored stealing. So, anyway, I'm glad these guys had their victory and got 150 back from the hundred that was taken. And obviously, there's probably some hefty lawyers' fees that had to be paid. But I, I have a feeling they came out a little bit ahead. And the fact that they even got it all back is pretty amazing, given the hell that a lot ahead, right? I I think the lawyer probably. Didn't take fifty k, but it's probably close. I don't know what the lawyer took, but uh, I mean, maybe it was fifty k. A third probably is approximately what. Uh, yeah. Okay, they're probably about even. Yeah, you're right. 
And then all the wasted time and hassle. And oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'd I'm, still be. I mean, I'd be very glad. No, I'm not saying these guys. Back. I'm I not saying these guys uh, had a windfall or that they're fortunate this happened. It was awful, obviously, and they've they they dealt with this for almost four years. I mean, that's it's horrible. It'd be a nightmare if this. If this think of this your life role. If it really was that guy's life bankroll, you have a hundred thousand dollars, and then it's just stolen from you by the government, and then you have to fight for four years to get it back. Even if, even if you get it back, you're like, yeah, well, I spent four years doing this, and all the stress. I mean, it'd make you sick. It makes It'd be sick. horrible because if you're a poker player, it's like being an investor. That capital is basically your life's blood. Yes, and, 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 po- and you're just fucked. Yes, and, 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 right. In poker, it takes money to make money. It's it takes it's it's very tough to build a bankroll out of nowhere. Now, yes, you can get backed, but he's claiming people want to back him after this. Who knows? But I don't know why people wouldn't want to. Back yeah, I didn't understand him. that either. It wasn't his fault. I mean, it's, it's it was well documented that this happened. It's not like they thought he was making up that the money was taken. I mean, the the right. Iowa. Iowa admitted we took the money, so it's not like there was any doubt about it. But right. maybe he was thinking that there are people are going to blame him for you know driving around with a tiny bit of marijuana in the car. I don't know. I, I if I was backing that, him, what was what you say it was like oh point oh oh one grams? Give me a fucking. I mean seriously. Yeah, it really must have been like like a the tiny microscopic uh, thing that was stuck to the, one of the you know bongs he had there or something. I mean, how do you even find that? Yeah, you're right because they found paraphernalia, so yeah. probably it was like the. The scrape that's in the bottom of the bowl, or whatever. yeah, it was probably something like that. It, it, the whole thing was awful. It's it, and it's amazing when I see things things like this, and both parties are against it, and both parties think this is outrageous. Like, wh- why does this even still exist? Why has this not been completely outlawed? Like, who who's defending this other than the few corrupt uh, small cities and counties that are benefiting from it? I think mostly people just don't know about it. Like you said, you would have had no idea that that could happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Oliver even did like a segment on it on, on his show, and uh, it got some press in 2013, 2014. Not just this, but the whole civil forfeiture thing really started to heat up uh, because yeah, well, of the, that's what's got to happen. Yeah, but I'm surprised. Like, it still hasn't been completely made illegal. I, I'm surprised this hasn't just been illegal completely in all 50 states, or at least require. Uh, that that there's a criminal charge and conviction before they can keep it. I, I would uh, before that. That's what I always thought was the case. I had always thought that if anything is seized as part of a search and seizure for a criminal case, that if the criminal is convicted, then the law enforcement body gets to keep the items they seized, and if the the person is not convicted, then they get the stuff back. That's what I always thought. It was, but this... I would think so, too. This is, uh, this is something different, and that was the rule, but the, the, there is some, something different with this, where, where it's more of a case against the stuff rather than the person. In fact, John Oliver was making fun of that, saying, uh, you know, the people versus uh, a, a stack of $20 bills and, uh, and you know, in, inside a suitcase that looks like a shark, or something, people laugh at it, but like, these are real cases. Like, they actually, it was like a people versus, and it was like a stuff instead of a person. And, and it was it was like a formality because that's the way they'd have to do it. This way, the stuff would have to defend itself, and as the owner of the stuff, you would have to defend it and say why it was not illegal. And if you couldn't prove that, it would keep it. So, Jesus yeah, it was horrible. And, and it, again, this is not. It's not like one party supports this and one doesn't. They they both were against it. So, good job. Uh, this, this guy Blubbernuffle is like posting in the th- official radio thread like six posts i'm going to read what he's writing oh god see i t- I, t- I tell you guys that uh I'm, i'll read criticism I, I haven't even fully read it but he says um 
Druff is still a degen teen boy who wants to s- share his creep with the internets. Donate now. Druff says, I never forget. L-O-L-O-L-O-L. I don't know what that's referring to. Druff, grow up and be a man. So tired of your stories. Long story short is, smart people keep doing science. See, I don't know what, what he's the talking. fuck? Is this guy on drugs tonight? Uh, all of you continue I'll tell you to... what, he's got more than .001% in his system. <laughs> all of you continue to suck at the internet and derp. And then he writes, Druff, you are now fake news. Nobody cares. What, what's my fake news? I don't understand. What am I... What am I saying here? The fake news he's referring to, it's been a phenomenon recently where uh, this is happening on both sides of the political spectrum where, where phony news stories are put out by the extremists on either side of, of uh, the political spectrum to try to make people, usually people kind of in the middle, not necessarily their followers, but make people believe some horrible story about those on the other side so the, so there's, there's left-wing fake news there's right-wing fake news and these were these have been popping up on on facebook feeds and other things like that where people read this stuff they believe they're reading real news stories and then they're just reading things that are just totally made up so he's saying i'm now fake news but i i haven't said anything like that i, I don't know what this guy's problem is tonight okay so uh i'm gonna talk about live poker vloggers who were told to stop filming at the table. I had no idea these guys existed. I knew it was possible, and I knew it probably happened occasionally. I didn't know there were people who were actually routinely broadcasting their live poker play. And I have to admit, I, this would kind of bother me. I, When I go play live poker, I'm not putting on a show. You know, like When I do this radio show, it's not a video show, but it's an audio show, and I know anything I say on here, will be scrutinized. I know anything I say on here is is being broadcast to a mass audience and that people who... Yeah, like that blubber guy. Right? Yeah, like the blubber guy. So, yeah, I know that here it actually is putting on a show. I, I When I'm going to play live poker, I expect that only the eight other people at the table and the dealer are the ones who interact with me. So and it's not going to be recorded anywhere. It's a, if I, if I'm picking my notes at the table, it's not going to be on the internet forever. Uh, if uh, if I'm making a funny expression on my face, if I make a bad play, I, I know that these things are going to be lost to everyone except for the memories, which probably won't last very long, of those at the table. The, the forget, bottom line: forget poker, like anywhere. Yeah, you go anywhere and do anything in public. You don't want some asshole filming you. Right, right. So this is so that's <laughs> yeah. that's why it surprised me about this thing with the, with the vloggers. Now people say, well, what about Twitch? There's all these people going on Twitch that are film uh, that are recording their online poker. That's different because online poker, the only thing you're judged for, first of all, is your poker play. You're, they're not seeing you. They're not seeing your face. They're not seeing your expressions. They're not seeing your actions. They're they're only seeing your poker play. And number two, it's, it's very possible that no one knows who you are. That uh, you're just a screen name on there. Your screen name can't be embarrassed unless you associate with you. And even if it is, the worst your screen name could be embarrassed is from bad poker play. Yeah, so, you could be sitting in your undies eating Cheetos, you know? Right, right. So so that's not the same thing as Twitch. So I didn't even know that these live vloggers existed. I would be kind of pissed if I knew there was someone. In fact, I probably would say I'd prefer you don't record this because I, I don't I don't want that. It's unnerving at the table to think that every move is being recorded. I mean, who wants that? I, I, would, I would call the floor over. Yeah. Be like, so, stop this fucking guy. So there's this guy who is known as the Trooper 97. 
and his uh, he has actually fourteen thousand seven hundred and eighty two subscribers on YouTube. He's a piece of work. He gets uh, you know he gets a fair number of views for his uh, videos on YouTube, and uh, it, his YouTube channel is called the Trooper ninety seven Vlog. And uh, he's been doing this for a while. Here's a video from uh, October 26, 2012. And uh, he also started off like a journey to the poker room. So you get to kind of ride along with him. Oh, that sounds like fucking thrilling. Not showing all the assy. What? That, that, that sounds like the pimp guy. Yeah, wait a minute. It's the same guy here. <laughs> something about uh, someone's... Uh, something about assy. I don't know. says, to the Trooper 97, one hour of hands. What up, Internet? What up? It's the Trooper here. And it's uh, uh, it's like 9.30 at night, and I'm getting ready to head to the poker room right now. I just got my Starbucks. And um, mm. so here's what I'm going to try to do tonight. I'm going to try to use uh, the camera on my phone. I'm going to record every hand that I'm dealt. Sounds fun. So this is him driving right now. He's kind of a somewhat heavy set white guy. So he's driving right now. I'm going to fast forward. It's a lot of drugs. Okay, so here we are. He's at the poker room. Let's uh, put it right here. So now he's he's looking down. He has jack four offsuit. That's an exciting hand. So I see what he's doing. He's not showing the whole hand play out. Like after he folds, it's it's, it's he folds, then it just shows new cards in his hand. All of a sudden, now he's got five seven suited. So I bet he's gonna play. Oh no, seven five offsuit. So he's, oh he's just checking the, in the in the big blind. So then they're dealing at the flop of. Uh, it's even hard to see. King seven nine. I think he's checking. <laughs> he's playing this music in the background like it's an epic. Dun, 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 dun. I got seven five offsuit at one two no limit. Dun, 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 dun. It checked on the. It checked around. Dun, 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 dun. I see the flop for free. I flop bottom pair. Dun, 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 dun. He's shuffling chips. Oh, he made two pair on the turn. He's throwing out twenty dollars. Let's see what's gonna happen. I'm on the edge of my seat. Fold. Fold. And oh a call. Is he gonna get rivered? Is he gonna get rivered? A six, but now there's a one card tr- not a no one card trade. Not really much out there that can beat him. No flush possible. Probably no straight. He's betting 30. He's called. He turns over his two pair. And looks like he won. He won! Yay! Okay, so that's a... You can watch more exciting hands like these. That I mean, see, that's the thing, Druff, like, like I said before, I honestly find this so incredibly boring. I can't even imagine wanting to watch it. And the fact that we're talking about this incredibly fucking boring thing is just sad. Okay, so know? so here's what I'm, why I'm talking about it. Uh, this is a post on December 5th on 2 Plus 2 from a – it's a 2 Plus 2 user named Berg. Never heard of him before. 23 posts. He just registered in October. He said, the Trooper 97 was recently asked to stop filming hands by a third casino, MGM. The other two are Planet Hollywood and Caesars. So Caesars did something right for once. Um, 
Is it is this the beginning of the end for a recently po- popular phenomena? The spike in view viewership among the more popular vloggers has been impressive in the last few weeks. The number of vloggers jumping in the game have also been dramatic in the same time frame. Couple of questions. One, are the casinos cutting off their collective noses? Clearly, these vloggers must be driving some action to the card rooms of not only Vegas but around the country. It's BS. No, no one's showing up to the game because they want to be recorded by, by these guys, and I don't think these guys are necessarily showing up more because they can vlog. And if they are, no, and a, and a lot of the guys, and you probably know this from the the higher limit games you play, but a decent number of the guys that play in those games, they don't want anyone to know that they're there. They, yeah, they would. They don't want their wife to know that they're there blowing the money. They don't want their professional colleagues knowing that they're playing. You know, they don't want this shit at all. Yeah, or or they owe money to people. They don't want people or, or whatever yeah. it may be. But there there are a ton, especially a lot of the you know the fish at the game. They don't want anyone knowing they're playing, yeah. especially the, the higher limit games. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he says, number two, are there real issues which makes filming the V-Lockers whole cars with no other players, dealers, etc., a serious enough problem for the casino to ask them to stop? Well, yeah, because you, you, it's very hard to say just film this and not this other thing at the table. It's a they're not going to be watching the camera the whole time. So you can say, oh, I'm just going to film my whole cards. Well, how do they know you're gonna, not going to film other things? Is either there's filming allowed or not filming allowed at the, at the table? Yeah, you some can't. some guys, you know, flirting with a waitress in the background, and his wife sees it on YouTube. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm sure that. Kind no, of I know happens. nobody wants this. And number three, what is your kind, favorite kind of poker video? Um, that's a, that's a stupid question. Anyway, uh, that's what the D Berg wrote. So yeah, it looks like three different casinos now in in Vegas. Two being Caesar's properties, the Planet Hollywood and Caesar's itself, and then MGM now have asked the Trooper 97 to stop. I, I, there must be complaints about him or just complaints about... I, I don't know if there really has been a recent explosion in vlogging. Because this, this one video I just played you with the epic music was from 2012. But maybe there's been an explosion that recently people are doing it more and more and the casinos well, have there, there is a thread on 2 Plus 2 where they combined... Like all of the vloggers together. Okay, so it's a pro- big thread. I mean, there are like, there's like 650 pages on there. Well, that's probably what it is. It's probably become enough of an issue now. There's enough people doing it that it's become so pervasive in these rooms. They're like, you know, uh, we don't want this. We don't want this to become the new norm. So that's probably why they put a stop to it. And I agree. I agree that they should not have it, and I, I think anyone who says that it should be there is just selfish, and anyone trying to make up stories that this is helping the card rooms is a joke. Very few people are going to show up to a game because they're being recorded, whereas, unless it's a one where there's, uh, like like Life of the Bike's a different story, where that's right. it's like almost like being on TV, right. but, but to just having some guy recording it when you're just thinking you're showing up there normally... Oh yeah, that, exactly. That's the difference. Live at the bike and the Stones Gambling Hall and all these places that do live shows. People that are going there are showing up for that. They're showing up for the show. The guys who were just coming to the table and have some random asshole filming them—that's they didn't sign up for that. Yeah, so yeah. I can understand. And you're the thing is, you're a captive audience. Or you're either going to be if there is someone filming, you're either stuck letting them film you. Or you have to leave, and you've come all the way down to the casino. You're like, crap, I, I don't want to leave, and at the same time, I don't want to be filmed, so what do I do? So that's... It's stupid. I, I see why they are not allowing it. I feel the casinos have made a correct decision, and in fact, if I saw this going on, I would want to put a stop to it, as you said you did as well. So, Yeah, I mean, and the ironic thing is the whole uh, 24-7, you know, 1984-style monitoring 
Yeah. Um, is actually not coming from the government. It's coming from <laughs> just the every, everyday idiot who's got a camera now. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I mean, it's who, hard. It's really hard to do anything without getting filmed. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Doyle Brunson, uh, he made a surprising tweet. He's been a big supporter of Donald Trump. So it's very surprising that he tweeted. This is on December 3rd at 6.26 a.m. Holy smoke! Donald Trump blocked me on Twitter I was his biggest supporter in Nevada. What happened? So, I, I don't know what happened. And as far as I can tell, uh, nobody knows. I, I haven't seen anyone point out anything that Doyle has written to Trump. That uh, Well, let me see. I'm going to just go to his Twitter and look shortly before December 3rd. Uh, maybe he criticized the cabinet choice or something. Let's see. Or maybe he, he could just be making it up. You never know with Doyle. Yeah, see, he didn't write any. I'm, I'm looking at all his tweets. He didn't write anything about uh, Donald Trump except things that were positive. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. You know what's even weirder? I'm going to look at this with a search. I'm starting to think he might be making this up. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I don't think I believe this. I'm going to scroll down a little bit more. I have not seen Doyle Brunson tweeting to Trump at all. Like, I haven't seen, like, at real Donald Trump such and such. The reason that is significant is that Donald... There's no way Donald Trump, as addicted to Twitter as he is, there's no way he's sitting here thinking, okay, whose profile am I just going to go look up on Twitter randomly? Oh, Doyle Brunson. Let me go look up Doyle Brunson. Oh, I don't like what he's writing. I'm going to block him. And besides, there's nothing that Doyle Brunson would have written there that would have offended him. He didn't criticize Trump, and he didn't tweet at Trump. So how does Trump even know? Why would Trump even think to go block him? Being a supporter of his, and being someone who's never tweeted negatively about him once, from what I can see, and is not tweeting at him, so it's not like it's not even like Trump could have accidentally done it because he tweeted at him and he hit the wrong button. Yeah, it's bizarre. So I, I think he might be making this up. I think maybe he's just not happy with Trump's decisions recently in his. Uh, um, like he, but still, he's written good good things about Trump. He wrote on November seventeenth, "If Trump makes Mitt Romney Secretary of State, I'll have much respect for him after the verbal war they had. I think it would be terrific." Well, that's very positive. Why, what does he get out of making it up, though? Huh? Eh, it's attention. Does know. Brunson not get enough attention already? <laughs> he and Todd Brunson love to post provocative things like that to get people uh, talking. Yeah, okay. they just for some reason. Now Todd Brunson says it more often, but Doyle, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a troll job. He, Doyle's like like an eighty year old troll, so <laughs> you never know. I don't think I believe this because he hasn't tweeted directly to. At real Donald Trump. And if you don't tweet at real Donald Trump, how would Trump ever block him? Trump would actually have to go to twitter.com slash text Dolly to go block him. Could you picture Trump doing that? Yeah, sounds plausible. <laughs> he's, got, he's got nothing else to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, Trump, yes, he uses his own Twitter. And, and yes, he has thin skin and will retweet things of just ordinary people sometimes. But he's not going to just go decide to look up Doyle Brunson out of nowhere and block him. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, I don't believe it. I'd, I'd love to see a screenshot of this blocking. 
Well, did you check? Did uh, Trump block you? No, no, I, I follow him, so I would know that. So you would know you get a notice if he blocks you? No, but I wouldn't see his stuff anymore. I, I think I, I saw my feed today. I, something, I saw something from him on my feed today, which means he didn't block me. Well, you're ahead of uh, Doyle Brunson then. Yeah. He hasn't blocked you yet. Yeah. So uh, I talk about last thing here for the poker and gambling topics. Short topic here. Caesars, uh, they they're about to start their. New Year, which coincides with the actual New Year on January 1st. That's when you start earning tier credits again towards your status. Your old status, whatever your status you have earned uh, as of uh, two years ago, as, as of 2015 or 2016, whichever the, whatever the highest point you were between uh, what you earned in... Uh, not what you were, but let me, let me start this again. Whatever you've earned... In calendar 2015 or 2016, the higher of the two is what you will remain as through at least January 31st, 2017. After January 31st, 2017, which means February 1st, you will revert to whatever status you had uh, earned in 2016. So if you earned seven stars in 2015, but you only earned uh, platinum in 2016... Right now, you'd still be seven stars because you still have the one from last year. But then, and you'll have that through January 31st, but then on February 1st, you'd fall back to platinum because that's what you earned in 2016. Now, that's always the way it's worked. The, the, the dates were different. Before, it used to happen on April 1st instead of February 1st, but it's, uh, it's been February 1st for uh, like a, over a year now. So, there is a new thing that they claim they're doing. Caesars is always funny. They don't ever tell you information about their changes in their program until that year begins. So, like, you think in December you would know about changes they have for January? No. They they don't tell you until after January. <laughs> they don't tell you about the, 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 the what you're earning towards until you're already in the process of earning it, which is stupid. Yeah. All, all of these rewards programs, it's not just casinos, but especially casinos, it really just seems like an elaborate shell game where you're really quickly trying to take advantage of them before they fuck you. Yeah, that's, that's a good example. That's a good <laughs> explanation. So so anyway, there, there's uh, one weird thing that they've been promoting, but again, they won't give details. They tell you to check back on January 1st, but I want to tell you guys about it in case you're planning trips. They claim they're going to give rewards for visiting multiple properties in the first quarter of 2017, meaning between January 1st and March 31st, 2017. I believe they mean multiple markets, so I don't think you're going to get rewards for going to Vegas and jumping between Planet Hollywood and. Oh. Uh, so it's and, not like Pokemon Go where you got to catch them all. No, that would be. They should incorporate Pokemon Go to it. That that would be. Do you know that they, Starbucks is doing that? I really, I didn't even know that. Every, I think it's, I think it's starting tomorrow. Every Starbucks nationwide is going to become uh, you know the pokey stop thing, oh really right? and they're going to be selling like uh some kind of pokemon starbucks drink you know it's, it's funny I, I i haven't heard that much about pokemon go i think it's dying out very fast like ben, even benjamin was really into it in in the summer yep like when we were in lake tahoe in the summer he was really into it and then like now i never hear about it anymore i don't think so man i think it's still really widely played um i know that in recent months um it's been the the top grossing app in the iTunes App Store, huh. uh, you know, it fluctuates up and down. Even though it is free, you can buy, you know, some kind of the in-game stuff. Um, and they're doing events. And one interesting thing they're doing is that companies can buy 
these Pokestops, right? And with the idea being that you're going to attract people to go there because, yeah. <laughs> because they're there. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy. I, but yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Casinos should uh, they should do that too. They should integrate it. <laughs> yeah. So, so they uh, so there. So you can't jump from like Paris to Bally's to Planet Hollywood to Caesars. To, to my knowledge, you know, you're not going to get points for that. But if for, if you're going to be visiting different markets, supposedly they're going to give you some kind of rewards for it. They they will not say right now what they're going to be. But uh, for example, Laughlin and Vegas are two different markets. They're they're only 95 miles away from one another, but they are two different markets. Uh, so I, I believe anything that's in a different market is considered, you know, like you're going to a different property. So if you take the United States tour and go to like every total rewards property at some point. I don't even know how much you have to play there. You may just have to swipe your card and not even play necessarily. I, I don't know. So it is like Pokemon. Go. It kind of is, yeah. So, but but they're saying that the more properties you go to, the more rewards you'll earn. Now it could be something stupid where it's, it's tied to your play, where you know maybe you'll earn extra rewards credits if uh, you go to this many properties. But you know it's, it's a it's a multiplier of how many you actually earn total. It may be something like that. It may not be where you just get rewards for going, but maybe it is a reward for going because they know that when you go there, you typically spend money, especially if it's out of your area. It's, it's one thing if you live in the city and you just stop by there and go, okay, give me, give me a reward. But you're not going to travel all the way to. Uh, a property in a different state, and then not spend any money. So, if you are considering planning a vacation, I'm not saying you should drop everything and plan one around this, but you may want to make some time where if you're going somewhere anyway that has a total rewards property, depending on what rewards they're giving you, which they'll be announcing January 1st, it may be worth it to stop in to whatever Caesars property is in that market. For example, if you're going to Atlantic City, and you weren't going to bother setting foot in the Caesar property. Uh, maybe you should, if if it's going to get you some kind of credit. If you're going to, is that really worth the risk? I'm not saying you should plan around it. I'm just saying. Oh, you're saying to, you're saying to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. In Atlantic City. Yeah. Well, if you're going there anyway. A little bit of a gamble. If you're going there anyway. So yeah. So that that's just something I wanted to give a heads up. There may be some kind of advantage play element to it. May or may not be. We'll have to see when they announce it. I, I see what they're trying to get at, but it could be something fail and really stupid, or it could be something that uh, that actually gets you something. So this could be a quick way to... I mean, maybe it'll be a quick way to diamond or something if you go to enough properties. You'll we'll have to see. They may figure that if you can go to enough properties, but they're spaced out enough in the country, that you you must have money to gamble if you can travel all these places. So... We'll see. We'll see what the announcement is, and I will tell you when it is announced. So I want to talk about the uh, Electoral College, but before that, uh, let me look at see if we got any text messages. I, I should I shouldn't say that until I see we got them, because otherwise it's embarrassing if we didn't get any. Uh, okay. In the 847, I think this is Larry Laffer. When I got arrested, they took 4500 I had in my pocket, and I had to forfeit it. It would have cost me 450 just to have them wait for my case to go through the court so I could be found not guilty before going back to get that money. It was people of Illinois versus my 4500 huh? I'm not understanding. If it was only 450 it wouldn't be worth taking the shot to get it back? Even if it's 5-1 uh, like to one against you getting it back, it's definitely worth doing. So I don't understand why he did that. Uh he said, uh, this is for the 505, the black guy who liked my uh, my 
pimp impression. The Trooper V-Log is pretty funny. People that don't live in Vegas enjoy it. For what it's worth, none of the vloggers I've seen have recorded people as far as uh, and as far as traffic. They do bring a lot of tourists to these rooms. One guy does reviews on them. I don't think it's worth banning them. The casino reaction is more of a get-off-my-lawn reaction. Now, I, I think he's trying to say that uh, they're not really showing the people. They're just kind of showing their hands, like their like their physical hand, not their poker hands, but their actual hands holding the cards. And I, I will say from the Trooper video I played you guys, I didn't see any faces on there. But still, it's just kind of unnerving to have that going on. I just, I just wouldn't want it. Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons the Trooper might be doing this is... Um well, let's just say he might need to be supplementing his uh, poker income with something else. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> well, what I mean is, I, you know, I, I'm not really convinced, at least from what I've seen, that he's he's a winning player by yeah. any reasonable measure. <laughs> okay, so this is from the 916. The co-host just mentioned Stone's Gambling Hall. We have one here in Northern California. Are they a chain, or is, is he referencing the property in Sacramento County? I, I what were you referencing when you said the Stones Gambling Hall? Oh, Stones Gambling Hall. They've got a show just like Live at the Bike. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Oh, hey. <clears throat> Forum Wars just posted. Uh, somebody says, uh, looks like Brian Hastings is hurting for T-seed money. Because he, he posted something on Twitter. It says, uh, Andrew Brown and I have a dispute in which he owes me $18,000. Johnny Backs Poker agreed to arbitrate. He hasn't answered me in three weeks. Help. Huh. So, Foreign Wars is basically saying, you know, <laughs> he probably probably needs his money to buy a bunch of tea. <laughs> if, Andrew Brown, I I, uh, I know Andrew Brown a Brown little dog bit, or whatever, something like that. Yeah, he um, he knew Micon originally. Like he, he was friends with like that, that thing with like Woodrow and Brett Ritchie and that group. I, I met him a few times. I do remember when I met him, it was kind of awkward because it was like the day after he hit and ran me on uh, on cake poker. Like he, he was a no-limit player on cake poker. He he hit and ran me. He didn't realize it was me. He just went and sat and, you know, I, people could change names he on there. He ran you limit? Yeah, he hit and ran me in limit. And then he said, then he saw me the next day and like I knew it was him or something like that. And I think I said something like, he's... Either that or, or I told Mike on the hit and ram me, whatever it was, but he, he said something. He like, said, you're buying dinner. He said, he <laughs> says, oh, man, I'm sorry about that. You know, like the truth is I kind of suck at limit hold'em. I was just happy I beat you, and I just didn't want to – I knew I'd give it back, so I just wanted to run off. Sorry about that. Like, But like when, when he did it on cake, he was like really obnoxious about it. He was like mo- mocking me that he uh, that he beat me. Huh. And but there's, then, a, like, there's a follow-up tweet here that says, uh, Andrew Brown owes half of New York City. He yeah, owes me six thousand three hundred dollars. It doesn't surprise me. He seemed like a degenerate type, and uh, uh, I, if if like if someone said, "Would you be surprised if Andrew Brown owes a ton of people money that broke?" I say no. He, he just it wasn't his, his play. I'm talking about. Just he seems like he's the type who doesn't hold on to money well. So there you. Apparently, I was correct. In fact, I think it's I even like heard. If, if it ended up being that Hastings' girlfriend was once a stripper, you would, yeah, you wouldn't be shocked, <laughs> right? I don't even fault Hastings for this because if you know Andrew Brown owes him money, you know, it's, it, it doesn't mean you're broke just because you want to be paid back. And if, if Andrew Brown's not responding to him, I don't blame Hastings for calling him out. Yeah, but, I don't blame him either. But he's not—he's not, he's not going to get it if 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 if, uh, if Andrew Brown owns ha- owes half of New York City, then uh, Hastings is getting nothing. Yeah, good fucking luck. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, though. I mean, say what you will. 18,000 buys a lot of tea leaves. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he, he would have a lot of tea. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's what can be irritating with that. Like, you think, oh, it's $18,000. You know, it's, a, it's real money, but I've, you know, I play high stakes. Is it that big of a deal? Maybe I can just forget it. And you go, damn it, think of how much tea that would buy for my store. Oh, $18,000 of the tea. Oh, that would be like, like, I can see how that might, uh, Irritate him of like where that eighteen how that eighteen thousand could be used to uh, buy inventory for the tea store, right? And how irritating it is that he doesn't have it. I wonder if well, that especially is especially because of you know some of the uh, the monies that he's lost that he's mentioned about it. You know, eighteen k may not be. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's broke, but it's not nothing. Yeah, you never right. know with these guys. That's what I've said this so many times. You never know with these high stakes players if they are flush with cash. Or if they're broke, or if they're close to broke, or if they're you know, close to broke and being backed, that's, their, that's how they're still in the big game. They remind me of a lot of the women that I saw in Thailand. You just never know if they got a dick or not. <laughs> you cannot, I mean, I swear to God. Well, what do you, what do, you do? Do you, have, do, you, do, you have to, do you have to ask them, are you a ladyboy? No, you got to do a package check. You, you actually have to physically check the pack, for the package? You can't just ask? Well, I mean, it will, depends will, on the situation. Will they tell you but the I truth? I had a buddy of mine who was in the Marine Corps. And when they would get off the boat and go into Thailand, yeah, that was like a standard thing they would do. They would do a package check with the, the chicks in the bar. <laughs> so you can't just say, are you a lady boy? They, they'll lie to you? Well, I think that the girls that he was talking about were not, um, they were available for hire. Let's put it that way. Well, it's even a better reason to ask. Say, I, I'll, buy, I'll buy here, but uh, I got to know. Well, they it, might tuck the tail in, man. I got, got to know in advance. Is it is a lady boy or not a lady boy? Well, and some of them may have had the surgery, too, so I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem. And that test is not going to work? Well, yeah, the package check will not work in that case. You're right. Yeah, and uh, but then, then there will be some guys who prefer the lady boys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess you're no, right. Listen, I, listen this is, I heard this. I don't know if it's true, but I, I heard that uh, in Vegas especially, that the tranny prostitutes actually sometimes do better than the females. That there's a big demand for them. Now I'm talking about. I, I'm presuming that they're these are the ones that are more passable. I think the ones that just the, you know, like, like a guy who puts on a dress. Like I think if I, I put on a dress and said I'm, I'm a tranny, and you know, I don't think anyone's gonna gonna pay much money for me. But uh, well, maybe that's a case where you really are paying for their silence. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you know? so, but I, I heard that they, that that's a big business there in Vegas, and that in some cases they can do better. So it's not even necessarily like just. You know, a few like fringe freaks that go for that, but but for the most part, it's uh, guys wanting real women. I think I think there's a lot of both there. We need Brandon on here to tell us about the seedy side of Vegas. Yeah, well, I, I don't think Brandon has uh, personal experience with the trannies. I'm not saying he, that he's visiting the trannies, but I'm sure you know. I'm sure he's he's aware of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I. I I've heard this, but as I, there's no way for me to verify this being the truth. I like it's not like I've been able you, to. You heard uh, it from a friend, right? Yeah, well, yeah. There actually was. I I played. There was a tranny who was in a hundred two hundred limit game, and just not only wasn't a good player, but just ran awful. And I will say something. This tranny had the best attitude. was was very polite and uh, soft spoken the entire way. I think this person shot off like twelve k. And and it was as I said a combination of just horrible luck and also just not being very good, but but they never acted frustrated, never uh, acted 
annoyed. It was just like you couldn't tell if they were winning or losing. I couldn't lose 20K, and, and I couldn't lose 12K and act that way. Well, like, Ralph, after you've had your dick cut off, you can handle anything. Well, I don't know if the person has to, and, and And this, this tranny was really tall, too, like probably about you know over six foot for sure. And, and people commented afterwards that uh, he, she, whatever, had, had the hugest hands, where even for a guy, the hands were huge. <laughs> so that's that. I, I would think at that point, you know, I, I would think if you just can't pass, that even if you feel like a woman inside, maybe you shouldn't bother. If you're if you're, if you're not going to be able to pass, and your hands are gigantic, like if your hands are gigantic for a dude, then I, I think at that point you just have to. Even if you feel like you're a woman, I think you might just have to forget about the whole thing because it's no one's going to buy it. It's it, even if you're not trying to trick people, you're uh, it's just going to look funny. If your hands are gigantic, you're giving me flashbacks to my vasectomy. <laughs> the, the, I ended. I no shit. I ended up getting this Doctor Matumbo guy who was like seven foot six. Could have been in the NBA. And it's like you know when you go to a fancy restaurant where they've got those huge plates and tiny little meal, tiny little food on, in the center of it. That's what my nuts looked like in his hands. Really? It was so, fucking embarrassing. I, I didn't know you actually had a, a vasectomy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got the snip a few years ago. Hmm. Okay. So, wait, you just didn't want to have any more kids? Yeah, we were, you know, we were happy with the two and kind of figured that we didn't want them to outnumber us, and so we're done. Okay. See, I I, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, I, I ended up canceling my first appointment, and then I ended up thinking about it some more, and I said, you know what? I'm good, you know? Even if... Uh, even if everything goes to shit, I'm okay with uh, with not reproducing anymore. And it, you know, it is technically undoable, um, but it's a pretty invasive procedure to do it. Yeah. Now, when you get the older you get, then you can start to feel better. Of okay, I'm shutting myself out from not reproducing anymore. You could say, well, at some point, I'm too old. I'm not going to want to anyway. And uh, I, I'm I got two kids. I love them to death. I don't want any more. Well, yeah, it, it is starting starting over. You know, it's a, it's with starting with an infant. No, I, I, yeah. And I've thought about that. Like, you know, if if I ended up and, you know, the worst case happens and I end up with uh, another younger girl or something, I still don't want any more kids. <laughs> I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. You know? It's funny, like if you're with someone your age, you don't really need to do that because the chance of them getting pregnant and it going all the way through is pretty small. Well, my wife is nine years younger. Oh, okay. Okay. Then she's still uh, still got time. Uh, A little time. Yeah. A little I mean, time. You know, is it? People can do it later and later, but I tell you what, I got a buddy of mine who's got an even worse story. He was in there getting his vasectomy, and the doctor said, "Hey, you know, we actually have a bunch of students visiting. Would you mind if they came in and, <laughs> and observed?" And he, to his credit, he said yes, but it was nothing but a bunch of like giggling girls that were watching his, you know, shriveled up junk getting lasered. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you. If anyone tells you it doesn't hurt, fuck that, Druff. It hurts. No, oh, it hurts a lot. No, you see, I've, I've. That's the other thing. People like to say things don't hurt, and then you find out later they really do. Well, I mean, the first thing that you see, like I'm not a huge fan of needles, and the first thing you see, you, you get in this chair, you know, you're in one of those hospital gown things, and you're you're sitting there with your legs spread open and your junk hanging out in this cold room, and the first thing you see is the nurse with this huge-ass needle that's going towards your <laughs> testicles. Yeah, that that would... And that, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking even now, like, I'd want to run out of there. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. And, they, you know, 
the, the doctor's like trying to tell me jokes while he's doing it, and I'm not laughing. He's like, you don't like my jokes? I'm like, they're just fucking, just leave me alone. Just I'll talk to you when my balls are out of your hand. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I, I can't see myself ever doing that. I just, I, I don't think I can bring myself to do it. Well, my wife and I talked about it, and it's a less invasive and less dangerous uh, operation than getting your tubes tied. So yeah, I know if someone has to do it, I'll do it. I know, I know between the two of you, it's it's easier for you. Right. But uh, well, you want to keep that door open, or are you just afraid of doing it? Which one? Well, I, I believe it or not, even though I'm, I'm getting close to forty-five, uh, I if I had another kid now, I'd actually be fine with it. I, I'd actually like that. It's just uh, probably not going to happen, but. Uh, if uh, if it did, that would that so would be fine. So if you're 50, are you then gonna you know think about it, or are you still gonna? No, when not- I'm 50, the chance of uh, my girlfriend getting pregnant zero. Eh. She's she's close to my age, so it's it's already pretty low yeah. right now. So okay. when in five in five years, it's gonna be zero. So it's that- practicing the the pull out method, or I don't want to go into all this. I'm just no, actually I'm. I, I, Look, I, I I told you I told you I'm fine with another another child. I only have one child. Oh, okay. So, so I'm fine with another child. Riding bareback. So yeah, but it probably it probably won't happen. Gotcha. It probably won't happen. But uh, um, you know, if if it does by by some chance, and that it happens, otherwise, most likely it's not going to. And then uh, and then within a short time, it's it's for sure 100 percent done. That you know, it's, right. So as long as me and her are together, then that's. <laughs> Uh, there's no reason for a vasectomy, even if I didn't want any more kids. Fair enough. So, uh, anyway, uh, I, mean, I maybe I'd consider if I were with someone much younger and uh, and I was done having kids, then you know, rather than it, it also has to do with the, the age of of the girl. If, if you think soon she's not going to be fertile anyway, you'd say, okay, well, I'll just uh, tough out these few years. They don't have to worry anyway. If she's, she's much younger than you, then. Maybe you think, okay, I, rather than having to worry about this for uh, another fifteen years, we should do something about it. Right, right. So, and you know, we both just decided we didn't we're we're good, and uh, I wanted to still be having sex, so <laughs> you know, didn't want to have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I got the, I got a message here uh, related to the first story we did and about this MP guy with the scamming with the America's Card Room PayPal. And this person asked, uh, when I said, if you're a victim of this, report the situation in America's card room. He says, can you tell me why? My thinking is ACR has nothing to do with this. Why should, the, why should they? All off-site problems. No, it's not. If somebody is using their site to acquire money on there through scamming, they do want to know about it. They, they, they will probably shut that person down if they get enough reports. So, yes, they'd like to know. Yes, it's not... It, it doesn't hurt them any that it's happening, but uh, they, on the other hand, they don't like this. They, they're not going to like that their customers are getting cheated like this. Yeah, and it's gonna, it's going to hurt them reputation wise. Yeah, they, they got a retail outlet, and there's some mugger that hangs out there. You you are going to be motivated to get rid of them. Yeah, you're not like they don't want people thinking that uh, they win money on there and then some scammer steals it from them before they can cash it out. They, they're not going to like that. So that's why you you should report it to ACR. They probably will knock the guy's account out. Anything you do to screw the guy who's scamming you, you should do anything. <laughs> I agree. So uh, that's that's uh, one message I got. Anyway, uh, moving on to the regular topics here. Uh, the Electoral College, there's been 
a lot of people upset about the fact that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and that she lost the election. So let me get the exact uh, numbers here. Election results, popular vote. I should have had this up, but I don't. Okay. Um, okay, so Donald Trump got... Where is it? Uh, I don't get this. It's not... Uh, okay, so he got uh, 62.8 million votes. And Hillary got something like... Uh, 65 million, like low 60. So she, she, he lost by 2.6 million votes, according to this, which is significant. Uh, Al Gore only won by 543,000 in the popular vote, despite losing the election. There's only been five elections where this occurred, where the winner of the popular vote did not win the election. There was the George W. Bush in 2000. There's the Donald Trump in 2016. The other three were all elections that none of us remember. In fact, they were all elections that nobody on earth can remember because the last one prior to that was 1888. That was uh, when Benjamin Harrison beat uh, Grover Cleveland despite losing by 94,000 votes. Rutherford B. Hayes won in uh, 1876 despite losing by 252,000 votes. And by the way, that was pretty significant then because there were only uh, 4 million votes that uh, Rutherford B. Hayes got. And uh, John Quincy Adams in 1824. There, he, uh, he only won by... He only got 113,000 votes, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. But he actually lost by 38,000 votes to Andrew Jackson in the popular vote. So... Uh, that, those are the five elections where the popular vote ended up uh, not determining the winner. Uh, but people are very upset that this has happened, especially to this margin. And, uh, and they, they think this is unfair and that it means that, uh, that, that Trump is not, shouldn't even really be the president. He's not the real president. He didn't, he didn't actually win the election. He just won the election on technicality, but he wasn't the choice of the people, they say. Well, I disagree with this. Uh, first of all, you have to understand that the United States, if, if you think about what that means, it's United States. There's 50 different states in the U.S. If you think of the U.S. as, as not one government, but, but a group of 50 different governments that are united together, then it'll make a bit more sense to you. Because each state is its own separate government with its own separate laws. And yes, there are federal laws that, that uh, supersede those, but uh, uh, state laws are very different from one another. This is why lawyers have to be licensed to practice in each state. They, they, they can't, you can't just become a lawyer and, and represent anyone in any state. You have to be licensed to practice in each state. You have to pass the bar in each state because the laws are so different in each state. You have to prove that, uh, that you are familiar enough with the laws in that state in order to practice there by passing the state bar. So it's 50 different states. And the, so what this, the presidential elections really are, it's, it's really 
50 different elections for the voting for the same people and then combining them all together with uh basically points that that uh you know basically each state reports who who won in in their their little election for president and then each state is weighted by population and that's how it is determined who the winner is. It's not by popular vote because it's it's a uh, it's the only way to show that each state is being represented. Now there's the complaint that the proportion being given to each state is not fair. That California, for example, with 55 electoral votes, has 38 million people, and at the same time, uh, Wyoming, which gets uh, uh, what do they get? Th- two, or three electoral votes. What do they even have? Doesn't it mirror the uh, the House and Senate? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, in in a proportion. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, they uh, the population of Wyoming is uh, they actually have the least population right now. They have uh, five hundred. Uh, they even have less than Alaska, which is surprising to me. They have five hundred eighty six thousand people. Yet uh, they let's see. Uh, I think they get two votes, right? Should be three. Three, sorry, three. That's right. So they get three electoral votes, and uh, and then California gets fifty-five. So California has. You know, I'm just making rough numbers here. Seventy something times the the around seventy times the population. And they're getting nowhere near 70 times the electoral votes. And that, that's a complaint. That makes it like, why do people in Wyoming get so many more electoral votes than, uh, you know, why do they have so much more power per vote than those in California? It's, it's a complaint that people are lodging here that what are the least populous states. Uh oh, what's going on here? Sorry. Hey, hey, hey. You don't have to turn me on twice. I'm, I'm right here. So so anyway, that, that's the question that's asked. But the, but the answer is that it's not about that. It's about 50 different state governments, all of whom need representation. And that uh, without these votes, all the, all the candidates would have to do to win would be to concentrate campaigning only in the large population centers. That, that's what would happen if it was just a popular vote. And... Uh, small states, they would be virtually ignored. Do you, do you think anyone would care about uh, small states if, uh, if if they have a small population and it's, it's not going to swing the vote very much? They might as well. That's not a good use of resources. The the good use of resources, if it is about the popular vote, is to try to focus on population centers and forget about everywhere else where it's sparsely populated. And since we have a nation of fifty different states. That would not be fair, and that would really go against the principles that the country was founded upon. And that is the reason, for the most part, that we have the Electoral College. Now, now it's not completely that, because it was also established in case the people elect someone who is completely unfit or completely crazy, and it gives the electors the right to go against what the people did. That's why it's individual. That's why these electors, you're basically voting for the electors in your state. Yeah, and can't they, here's the thing that blew my mind. 
isn't it the case that these electors, I mean, in theory, they're supposed to carry out your wishes, but they can vote for whoever right. the fuck so they th- want. So that's the reason they have the situation. This was a long time ago when they didn't trust the people, and it was seen like, you know, these people have to ultimately protect the country from itself in case the country does something really, really stupid. But this is a very long time ago, and the, the nation has changed very, very much since this was established. This is hundreds of years ago. Uh, I would be for changing it to where the elector, the electors are required to vote according to the will of the people in their state, so that they cannot change their vote. If people are voting for the Republican elector, that he has to vote for the Republican candidate. He cannot change. He can't vote for someone else. He can't you know, vote for, put out some wacky vote for someone who's barely even running or isn't running. And, and this can happen. And, in fact, there's already been one Republican elector who said he's not going to vote for Donald Trump. So Donald Trump right now has 306 electoral votes, but he's not going to get them. He's probably going to get 305 or maybe even fewer than that, unless there's some faithless elector on the other end who doesn't want to vote for Hillary. Uh, it's not going to be enough to where Hillary's going to win. How crazy would it be if that did happen? Yeah, that, that, I think there would be... I mean, seriously. There there would be a, hey, a hey, lot Ruff, of issues. Uh, we got the, the Hanson kids trying to call you up. He's oh, I, yeah, I saw that. I, to have him call back. I saw a number in, in 323 coming in, and I, I just missed getting it. Have him try back. He's a real civics buff, so you might okay. want to have him on. Okay, yeah, so we can have him on here. But anyway, that, I, I don't see any problem with that. And if... Uh, and, and also, you can't take the results of this election and say that this is the way it would have been if we were doing a popular vote, because the, the big population centers, the, the two most populous states, New York and California, were a done deal a long time ago. Hanson Kid, hello. Hi, hello. What's going on? Yeah, hi. So, so anyway, Trump, didn't, he didn't try very hard in California and New York because he knew he was screwed, and he was right. He, he didn't even come close. He, was, he got clobbered in both places and knew he would. So when uh, so it changes the whole way you campaign. What you end up doing, the strategic way to campaign, unless you're an idiot, is to campaign in the places where you have a chance, where where it's kind of fairly close. If if you're blowing your opponent away, you don't need to campaign that much. If you're getting killed, you don't need to campaign that much. If you if it's going to be close, that's where you campaign. In fact, Hillary made this mistake by neglecting Wisconsin and neglecting Michigan and assuming that she probably had those. And then you saw what happens. That, that was a big blunder, because those are never a sure thing. It's, uh, it's, they've been going Democrat recently, but it hasn't been overwhelming to where you just uh, neglected. But uh, since the election played out in a manner where, you know, it's, it's kind of like an NBA game. At the end of an NBA game, if your team's up by 30, and you put in all the scrub players, and then your scrub players are, are not as good as the other team's scrub players, and, uh, and so you end up winning by 12 instead of 30. Well, the other team can't say, oh, man, if we just uh, scored 12 more points in the first half, this, we, we would have at least uh, gone into overtime. No, because uh, 18 of these points came in with the scrub players that you would not have had in if it was a semi-close game. So it's the same thing here. You, you can't really figure out, you can't conclude that this election... Yeah, their strategy might have changed. Yeah, it would have been totally different if, if it was just about the popular vote. But, Drew, can you imagine, like, I mean, forget about the outcry that has happened now, where... Uh, Hillary won the popular popular vote, and Trump ended up winning the Electoral College. Can you imagine a scenario where Hillary wins the popular vote and the Electoral College, but she has a revolt in her electorates, and Trump gets elected? Like, <laughs> I mean, people would just lose their minds. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they, they, they would. Well, people and know, that scenario could happen under our current structure. Yeah, it could. And and the and it's insane. But even the way it currently well, is no, now, I mean, it's not. The, the, that that point is moot. I mean, there's one reason why I wanted to call in, which I think the people who are against the electoral college don't understand, but. If electors, if unfaithful electors were actually to have a real influence, then the states would just call for a constitutional convention, and then they would just change the Constitution, without a doubt. I mean, that would happen instantly. That's never going to happen. That's not what the issue is, because, of course, there's two ways to... Can you imagine when all that plays out? Yeah, but that's it's just never going to happen. I mean, a lot of states, like... It's a criminal act to be an unfaithful elector. But I don't think there's that many. That's I think not- I, I think I think fewer have laws against it than than have laws. Uh, that, like I don't think there's that many yet that have absolute laws requiring the electors to vote uh, the, the way they're, that they're supposed to. Right. I mean, that's just like a. Tra- I mean, that's almost like a. You know, it's just a traditional thing. The actual act of casting in the electoral college is a tradition. The process, though, is is what the the big controversy is. And, the, and I think that some of the things that people don't understand is is that the electoral each state gets the amount of votes in the electoral college that are equal to the amount of senators they have and the amount of people that are in the House of Representatives. Yeah, so the small states. Right, so the small states have three, two senators plus one person in the House. People that say, well, I don't understand why Wyoming has a disproportionate amount of, uh, you know, electoral college votes as opposed to California, it's the same thing in the Senate, too. So if they're going to be going against the electoral college, they're kind of going against the entire yeah, uh, that's a good way point. that our government is built out. Yeah, that is, the that, Senate is not by population. That, that is a good point. That is a good yeah, point. That, the same that was thing. actually what I was going to mention before, is the same people that are complaining about this, they would not be complaining about that kind of representation in the House and Senate. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that people don't realize is that we, the way that this country, I mean, we could change it. Other countries, you know, they elect their people that are in parliament or their legislative bodies by proportional representation, which is not like a winner-take-all in each type of state or province. Um, And they have a prime minister where the people that are in power elect basically the leader of the country. You know, when you're talking about the coalition government type thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot different, but we only, we don't have any federally elected positions in this country no matter how many people think that the president is a federally elected you know uh position if you take a step back everything is elected at the state level we besides the president you don't vote on any person that has national power correct yeah i mean that's it and the way that it's been set up since the beginning is is that you're voting in your state and then the state is electing the president now, obviously, they could change that. You could change it so you do a popular vote nationwide, but how can you have a Senate, which is the second legislative body that both of the you know the bills have to pass the House and the Senate, how can you sit there and elect the president by population and then have a Senate that each state has two votes? Yeah, it wouldn't, make, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. And there's even a few states that have uh, changed a little bit, like, like Maine and, and Nebraska, that actually they can't split. Uh, depending on what which right, district it is, so right. so, so there, a few states have done. Each state, it's actually up to them the way they want to do it. And most, almost all, forty-eight of the states do it uh, a winner-take-all, and uh, and the two that don't are not very large states. But 
but yeah, it, it 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 does all go together with with the Senate, and it is dispro- disproportionate representation in the in the Senate. But I, I don't have a problem with all this because I really see the U.S. as a government of fifty different states that that are together, uh, and, and rather than it being one federal government where just uh, states are, are kind of seen as locality. I don't see like states like localities. They're not. They're uh, they're really separate governments that are just uh, united under an umbrella. Uh, and that's that's what the United States is, and and that's the only way you can really do this and, and maintain that model. Yeah, I mean the other thing too is if you look at the equity of it, the things that, the thing that really kind of like bounces stuff away is with the small states because everyone has two senators because every state has two senators, they get kind of a disproportionate representation in the electoral college. But if you look at the House, once you have a second member of the house the house is directly equal to an exact number of the population meaning that yeah once all the states with a with at least two members in the house they all have the same they 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 get the same amount of house members it's all by population so it's only a few states where it's kind of disproportionately out of whack because they're getting two senators and we're not even talking about those states people are more complaining about like the ohio's and the things like that but 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 if you look at it, the people in Ohio, for every House member they have, it's equal to the the representation that California is. Yeah, getting. yeah, oh, yeah. Ohio is not a big like deal very because slightly skewed. Yeah, because, because right. Senator. Yeah, that that doesn't matter if the Senate or right because they have enough uh, electoral votes to cancel most of that out, and it, it is fairly close to the uh, number, the what what each person's vote uh, counts in, right. in in the presidential election. It's only the small states. Like like Wyoming and you know, other small ones that uh, don't have much of a population, but uh, you know. That's... And I'll just make. I'll, I'll, let me make one other point here, Jeff. Too, and it's like a situation where, like you know, like you said, each state, like they rep- you know, we elect senators and we elect people in the house. So let's say, for example, in California, it was so democratic that they, you know, they were ninety five percent of the people in California voted Democratic. So they, they, you know, they got both of their senators in, and most of the almost every single house. You know, every, every single House member was Democratic. And then all of the other states were basically 50-50, but the Republicans won all of the other states by one vote. That would mean that the entire government would be Republican, right? The Senate and the House, every single state would rep, would elect a you know, Republican senator and Republican House members, except for California, which would be all Democrat. Yet the population-wise... If you look at the entire country, it would be way skewed more towards Democratic, right? It all has to do with winner-take-all systems in the states, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. It really it really comes down to if, if you've – and I, I keep saying this. It really comes down to how you view the government. And if you view the government as uh, – as just one big country and the states don't really matter that much, then, then people get angry. If, if you see this as, as 50 different governments altogether that, uh, that are mostly operating uh, – Autonomously and separately, and uh, and that they're united under under one umbrella. Beyond that, then then it's more, it makes more sense because once once if you were to just make it all popular vote, and if you were to also interfere with the, the Senate model to where they don't uh, get as many, they all don't get two senators. Then uh, then at that point, it, it does start to look. Anything. Then it starts. Then, mean anything. Then then yeah, the states don't mean anything. Then they they go away. Then right. you might as well just have a giant country where there's no. Uh, no states, where the states mean very little. So that's uh, that, that's something that has to be considered. And I can tell you that no matter what the results would be, like like if uh, if the pre- the candidate I wanted won the popular vote, 
and lost the Electoral College, I wouldn't be complaining about it. I, I understand the, the way it is. And even at first, one can think, oh, this is stupid. Why is it this way? The popular vote should win. Uh, it's it's That's not the way this country is. That's not the way it's ever been. And it's uh, we might as well not have states if we were to change it. So the only thing I would advocate changing is is to not allow the faithless electors to where electors have to vote the way that uh, the, the will of the people of their state. And some states have laws already in place for that. Uh, many do not. I, I think it's, it, it is stupid that we have to wait till the electors actually cast their vote before we know for sure that, especially in one like a funny election like this where there's a uh, a lot of people uh, don't like Trump. Uh, we have to wait to see how many faithless electors are there going to be, and it, you know, right now he technically has he's won three hundred six electoral votes, but he's it's looking like he's going to get three hundred five, but maybe less than three hundred five if if there's more than this one faithless elector. So we shouldn't have to wait and see this, and especially in a closer election, if that were to decide the election, it would be pretty bad. So I, I would like to see that changed, even if you just leave the electoral college and actually leave the electors, but just force them. So you can have the symbolism of them placing the vote, but at the same time, you you don't leave the power in their hands, and that that I'd be fine with. What what I think is funny is I have some people on my Facebook, some people who just real Trump haters on Facebook, who are really advocating that the people find any way possible to steal the election from Trump, just uh, convince the electors to vote against him. Like uh, they, they they just want to take the entire democratic process and throw it out the window. And they they feel it's just we have to do it to, you know for the good of the country which uh, th- that's ridiculous the 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 Trump won the election and that's it you, you, if if you start to advocate the stealing election from candidates you don't like that you just uh, artificially label as as dangerous or irresponsible because that's your opinion of them, then you've you've just destroyed democracy. You you can't have that. And some of these same people were were mocking Trump when he was saying he's going to wait and see before he accepts the election results, and that was when it was assumed he was going to lose. And a lot of these same well, people. Well, I mean, you know what you know what this election I think, I've talked to Colin about this. What this election has shown is that the extremists on the far left and on the far right, the political spectrum. You know, this is not new. It's not a line. It's a circle. Because the people that are on the far left, they're spewing some shit that's just as bad, if not worse, than the people on the far right. You think that someone like Kate Hall doesn't think that she knows better than everyone else? And that's, and that's why they lost. That's why the left lost, because they, it's like the kind of elitist class that, you know, feels like they know better and they can kind of rule better. And that's like totalitarian rule, just like the same thing as fascism. Yeah, well, that's that's why extreme right. Yeah, you're right. You're right that the extremes on both sides they meet, and they're very much two sides of one coin. Yeah, and and there's it's funny because I've watched some uh, some Democrats like that I know, especially like ones on Facebook. I see their posts. Some of them are very frustrated with with the way a lot of their own party are acting and and have been uh, and even. The way they acted during the election—that this is why we lost. I mean, why aren't you guys learning from this? Why aren't? Why are you still having the same attitude that's driving people away? Right. You know, you're, you're not understanding what, what's what's turning people off to the Democratic Party, and you're and you're just making yourselves worse. Like, why why don't you understand what happened here? And some people they get they're and these are people who are are very much on the left, and they're so frustrated watching people in their own party act this way. 
and and they just don't get it. <clears throat> yeah, and what what Bart just said actually reminded me of one of my uh, favorite pieces of trivia, which is that they have done psychological studies and shown that people that the more bumper stickers that they have on their car, the more aggressive they are as a person and and as a driver. Huh. Um, and it must be, you know, psychologically they have whatever their point of view is and they feel it's in their um, it's their right to kind of force it on everyone. But the fun thing about it is it doesn't matter if their car is plastered with Greenpeace, Hug a Whale, or, you know, gun-toting, whatever. Guns. They, yeah, yeah, they both are that aggressive uh, extremist mentality, which I, I think it was kind of kind of entertaining little fact. By the way, Jeff, I don't know. I mean, I just literally just popped you guys on and you told me to call because I love civics, but I don't know if you've covered this. Do you see this Dentali Kate Hall Twitter war that's going on? No, I didn't. I, I, I'm sorry I oh missed that. Oh, like, yeah. That's that's going on right now, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. When did this start? It's having a slap fight. I mean, it's good. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to go there because it's funny because I, I follow Kate Hall just for the entertainment aspect really into but I, I i just was thinking today it must have been later since i was watching because i was just thinking today boy she's just like i think why do i even follow her it's like it's just mostly just crap i'm reading and that's a for some reason she's always popping up in my twitter feed and i was just like i kind of want to unfollow her it's just kind of annoying and then and then like i haven't seen anything good in a long time but now now i'm looking it up here and yeah i see mike dentali at kate hall you're a slut and tramp and a crackhead and then, oh. and, and then she and then she and then she writes back I'm not a crackhead. <laughs> this is funny. Let me let me go here. I, this is this is that was two minutes ago that was written. This is this is happening like live yeah, right I now. I think that they. Cha- I think Kate Hall challenged like Dentali to like a heads up freeze out for some amount of money, and I don't know so, something. You know, it, it, it's really gotten to a juvenile level, and then Dentali like sent her a picture, showed a picture of a skeleton, and said. You know that she was a crackhead, and that he was at nine eleven, and that he's a hero. I mean, just it's really going on stuff. For hours, from, though, isn't it? Yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah it's, hours. it's like it's just endless. Yeah, she. This, this like Daniel Lebrano started popping. It's like a wow. Hour, uh, hours upon hours of just dumb shit back and forth. This must have started like right when we started the show. So it says. This is written at eleven seventeen. You know, so he had written to her, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Did you take your meds?" And she says, "I'll respond to this tweet and every other you directed me from now on with, you 'You're a scumbag, a coward, and a train wreck of a poker player.'" Hmm. This is getting pretty. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. Uh... This is drop. This is why you followed her for this. Yeah, day. I know, and then, and then I miss it. Like I, I just so much just stupid crap that was just boring and. Just totally uninterested. I was just gonna. I was getting close to not following her, and then this happens. I'm glad I didn't. Let's see here. Um, see you know, she was on Tuckman's show last week, and she seemed kind of calm. I mean, Dave didn't go into uh, political stuff, but uh, I've never really met her before. But she. Uh, she is definitely extreme in the other way. Yeah, well, she the thing is, she she can act normally if she wants to not bring up all this SJW stuff. In fact, I listened to that, that some kind of 
failed podcast they she and the, some other guy did for I, I listened to it and it was like a 26 minute podcast and somehow they had like a lot of sponsors and they were paying a lot uh, that of was money. the dude who made all the money doing the podcast yeah they were, they were paying some guy six hundred dollars to put it together and i got all jealous but uh <laughs> but she she acted normal on there like she didn't talk about any of the political stuff and she actually just came she came off normal she came off younger than she is she she's kind of sounded like she's a 23 year old when she's actually like in her early 30s but uh but she came off other than that she came off normal but on on Twitter, like she just goes off sometimes. But I'm trying to find more of this here. Okay, so he said he asked, uh, "What do you want?" She, he says, "What are the stakes?" She says, "Literally anything you want." That's hmm. does she really think she's good enough at every game to uh, to do that at this point? She hasn't been around that long. Uh, she, she says, "So he says, what do you want? You challenged me. And she says, whatever I say, you're going to say, I don't play that as an excuse. 2550, 5100, name your price. Uh, I, I, it's just sad, though. <laughs> I mean, really. But, but how can she just take anything? Like, what if what if he says, okay, let's play 1000, 2000? Like, she, she can't afford that. She could probably find people to back her. Maybe. But, but what's the game she's not good at? Like, I. I it's hard to believe. No she, limit, Raz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're talking. I know. I think. I think they're talking about. No, I mean, they're talking about no limit holding. Oh, okay. Okay. Exactly how did this start? Sure. How did How did this double? Yeah, shit that's what I was going to say. Like, stuff? I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it started, but uh, I, I would imagine, and I'm trying to be neutral, that probably Kate Hall said something, and then. It was at Dentali. I think the whole point was is that Kate Hall was kind of pulling this thing where she was she was almost pulling like a Kessler, what Kessler does sometimes, where she responded to Mike and then she was adding other people in the response. Do you remember? You know how Kessler would do that? Like like he would tag other people. Like remember, yeah, um, trying to bring him into Andrew, the fight. Like, yeah. got mad at us, and then he would tag the WSOP, and he'd be like, "Bart, <laughs> you're, why are you ragging the WSOP?" And then he would at WSOP. Right. I think that that's got something to do with that. And then Mike got all butt hurt from that. So, <laughs> Kate Hall on Twitter. I'm polysex positive. All right. What? What? She just said that right now. I don't know what the fact that, that means. Well, I no, don't she, know. No, she always uh, talks about I that. Googled she googled it to try and find her. No, no, she, she always she always talks about that. She's like one of these people who uh, so she, the sex positive thing. I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. The sex positive thing is like certain girls believe that like it, it's good to just have a whole lot of sex with a whole lot of different dudes, and uh, the, you know, they, they want to be as proud as for screwing a whole bunch of guys as a guy would be as screwing a bunch of girls. So, so she's just saying, "I'm sex positive." Uh, yes, I, I have sex with you know, a whole lot of a whole lot of guys, and I'm proud of it. Basically, that's what she's saying. Uh, or, or if or even if she doesn't, she's if I did, I'd be very proud of it. Is what she's saying. Even if even if I'm not, not doing it at the moment. If I were to, I'd be very proud of it and wouldn't be hiding it, and I, and I would think it's a good thing. And then the poly thing is that she's saying that she wouldn't want to, uh, she's polyamorous, she wouldn't want to be in a relationship with just one guy, she'd uh, want to... Uh, I don't care. She can do whatever the hell she wants with her vagina. <laughs> so that sounds like she she does, but... Uh, <laughs> then then he, he says, uh, where did this come from? Yeah, I'm trying to go a little further back a few hours. Here. I am too. I'm, I'm looking for it. Yeah, I, I see something about to figure s- out how, how this all started. Something about spelling, and then, uh, then s- he said some. He says, uh, "Kate Hall, you keep calling me a bitch. I don't think we should go there. I don't call you a crackhead with long bony fingers." 
And then she says, uh, and, and then he says something like, grammar police don't make money. And then she said, that's exactly why I'm challenging you to a poker game, not a spelling bee, bitch. So this is, this is getting pretty, uh, pretty heated here. Oh, I think I found the beginning. All right, so I found the beginning of this. I, I guess it's from Mike Dentelli. I don't know if it started. I heard it at Kate Hall has been playing well. Funny when the cards don't go your way, you have to rely on skill. And then Kate Hall says, bro, you do a lot of talking. If you want to play heads up tonight or any time, I'm game. Um, and then Mike is, you're a whore. Easy game when you make top pair and back into straights. It's called running good. Went out to test your coolestness, and I'll just go to the end, and then Mike says again, one, people follow you because you have a vagina. Two, they love to hear you whine about politics. Three, when the run good goes, it's over, baby, and then it just goes on from there. So mm. you can start. Does she really have long, bony fingers? I, I can't tell. She has kind of an odd – she has a very, very pretty face, like very, very pretty. She does not. If she, however, she's however old she is. I guess she might be thirty-two. I thought. Yeah, I think she. she I think she is thirty-seven. Like, yeah. She's very, very pretty, but her. Yeah, she's got a kind of a weird body, okay. but not like. An so you're saying she might be a tranny? Kind of bony. <laughs> no. So kind of tranny. <laughs> no, she she just has bony fingers apparently. She's a, she's just kind of bony. That's that's what I think Bentali's getting at. Okay. Does she have big hands? <laughs> I just I just don't understand these people on the far left they don't get they're just as bad as the people on the far right when they well you know whatever the view is whenever someone has an extremist view whatever it is I mean yeah they're they're in the same category you know I, I think Dantali does have a point though she has she has 8000 followers I, she she joined Twitter in March of 2015 I think they really are following her cuz she has a vagina of course I, I oh but I, I mean, I mean I, that's nothing new I, I'm right? guilty of this that's too the same reason that that guy pretended to be a girl to get a steak I mean Yeah well I, I guess I'm guilty too I'm following her myself so I'm one of the 8000 so Well but you're following her Oh okay so comment. check this out so JSTAT, I'm on, I'm on the Poker Fraud Alert chat. I'm in the chat forum. JSTAT says, Kate Hall tanked 10 minutes on an ace-10 hand. Oh, that's what I was lost. hearing about that. That pissed off Dentelli, who called her an amateur, and that's how it started. Ah. So wait, she, 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 she when tanked. When did that happen? Wait, she, I heard something about So wait, she tanked on ace-10 hand. And I heard something like she got four bet with ace-10, and then what happened? Did she call it or fold it? I have no. Is this from the Five Diamond? Yeah, that's what Jay said. Yeah, says. yeah. See, I, I, she was tweeting something about like, like, uh, thanks to your hot takes about Ace Ten not being a good hand when you get four bet or something like that. I, so, uh, those two, <clears throat> the, uh, Poker Night in America has got to get those two at the same table. <laughs> that would just be fucking entertainment right there. Well, you know, Mike Dantali yeah. often uses like his uh, physical stature and his like uh, aggressive. Demeanor to to kind of intimidate guys at the table, but how do you really do this with a woman here? Like I know she, you know, you can't really do this. The woman's not going to think that, that uh, you're going to beat her up. Well, it, he's going to come off as a complete prick if he, if he does the same thing he does with a guy. That's what I'm saying. So it's uh, like this is kind of new territory for him that he can't uh, he can't do the aggressive well, uh, you and, know, fuck with me, I'm going to kick your ass. The thing. other side of the the kind of double standard is you you cannot treat a woman the same way that you would treat a guy because you're going to be 
you're going to be absolutely slammed. Yeah, that's why he can't. Like every every time he gets in Twitter fights with people, he says things like, "Yeah, I would see you want to throw you in the Bellagio fountain and drown you." Like he can't say that to her here, and he knows that. So like he's a he, he's yeah, not sure what to say. It's, it's interesting because this is the epitome of like you've got the guy who thinks he or try you know is portraying the strong masculine like yeah. overbear just the most strong male type and then you have the most strong female type so again it's almost like far right far left <laughs> oh my you know, god like, that's why i want them both <laughs> at the same table i would love I to see these guys both at the same table and just be sitting there going at it i mean it would be hilarious yeah, I, I do think the last couple she said, of, he says, you're a slut, a tramp, and a crackhead. And she says, I'm not a crackhead. So she's, yeah, she's and, then, and then Lou Father tweets out, she didn't do- deny being a slut, I love sluts. And then Dentali retweets it. Yeah, so Lou Father just, <laughs> he's just jumping right in this year. Well, I, oh, I, I love how the I love how the poker fraudler people just jump in and uh, and get involved oh, in the whole thing. Like, I mean, a lot of the the PFA guys, they're going to stoke this fire. This fucker is going to burn for days. Yeah, like remember the like, the World Series. Remember that uh, Saw Twenty Four guy. He was Shane, whatever. Like Shane Hahn. He he was getting uh, he got the World Series account all angry. Or, or, or Seth Polanski. He got someone really, like Seth Polanski. He got really angry and like went back and forth with him. It started like a whole thing between America's Card Room and the. World yep. Series, uh, like uh, the PFA guys, they like to uh, like. Hey, like it says on the fireworks packages, light fuse and get away. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, it, if this wasn't so late, I'm sure we'd have more participation from them here, getting this uh, even further go. I, I wonder if this is going to die down soon, or if this is going to go on for days. Oh, I mean, I but bet I mean, you. The other thing too, the other thing too is, is that there's a couple other people of interest that are into this, which always adds spice. Like, Daniel Legrand has been trying to poke in, like, this thing's going to be going on. And then Stealth Monk is in there, too. And it's like, where does Stealth Monk yeah, yeah, where does Stealth Monk fit here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I honestly, I have no idea where he would fall in the Well, spectrum. he writes... I, he, I know he wouldn't be, uh, he probably wouldn't be aligned with, uh, you know, the, the macho... Dentale type, but he doesn't really seem like a feminist either. Well, you know what? He's actually, he's actually saying, uh, um... He he was a little critical of her, but then he also defended her. He said, I feel like Kate Hall had a strong read and Tank was more gathering courage to flick chips in knowing how bad it would look than thought. But then he said, people always fuck up and play hands terribly. I do it every day. The 10-minute Tank is just inexcusable. Call the clock. But then then he also said, uh, what's the difference between a slut and a tramp? I don't hear tramp much anymore. <laughs> so He's kind of <laughs> defending her. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm saying that uh, he was defending her with this. That she, he he thought she actually had a strong read with the ace ten, and it wasn't so nice. much about uh, about deciding on an absolute basis that the like that she, that she wanted to throw it in, thinking that she was ahead, but that she was afraid if she was behind, it would look terrible. That's what he's trying to say. I mean, my honestly, and this kind of gets back to what Bart was saying. My outside impression, not knowing either of these two people, is that they're both just terrible people. <laughs> Just in their own Uh-oh. unique way. Just in their own unique way, though. You know, I think Mike is uh, Mike might be a little bit lost because he just used the F word. So I was looking about forty minutes ago. He's tweeting at Chance Cornus in response to Chance Cornus saying, "I watched you dump your chips to Lily." You know, of course, you know, speaking about Lily Coletto, oh, no. thought you were going to get arrested, and then Mike said, "Yeah, I dump half." of a blind, unlike you, I'm not a, Mike's words, faggot who talks behind people's back. That's kind of a nail in the coffin these days, to use that word. It's not going to end up good for him. Well, I, I, I see uh, 
Yeah, they're going back. Well, Stealth Monkey seems to be more on her side. He said, like most conservative men, the thought of a woman being superior to them in almost any activity triggers such strong emotional reactions. So he seems to be more uh, Team Kate Hall on this Stealth Monk. So is uh, is the the F word the new N word? Is that now, the now I, I will I will say one thing though. Even with Stealth Monk in her corner, uh, the number of teeth on her side remains the same. <laughs> Okay, so the F word is a bad, yeah. The F word is a bad word these days. I thought you meant the other F word. Rainbow is the new black, huh? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think that that's going to be. But I mean, Mike probably doesn't even know, though. You know what no. I mean? No, I'm not. I'm sure not saying it's an yeah. excuse, but it's just like. I'm sure he. It's had... like when your grandfather. It's like when your grandfather said the says you know res, you know like um when your grandfather refers to Asian people as Oriental. Right. Like, or, when did Oriental become some, you know, a derogatory, I guess, it's, I mean, it, it is considered derogatory now, but how would your 95-year-old grandfather know that? Yeah, I know. It's, right, right. It's what it is, you know, it's... I'm not, I'm not seeing the faggot, though. Did he, tra- he tweeted what, that man? at somebody? It was 40, he might, maybe he deleted it. I mean, I have, uh, I have um, tweet deck up. And that was from 40 minutes ago. Is there? Is there? I'm on uh, Dentelli's yeah. tweets and replies, and the last one I see is from an hour ago. Oh, th- this is interesting. Here's an interesting uh, piece to this whole thing. Uh, apparently, there, he's mentioned Kate Hall before because now he's had a well-publicized spat with Joe McKeon. And but he on November 25th he put a picture of Joe McKeon and Kate Hall's profiles like together and put I think these two would make a good couple. That was on November 25th. And they were—they had both blocked him at the time. I guess—I guess she must have unblocked him. But he, they had both blocked him on November twenty-fifth. Uh, That's his pinned tweet. Yeah, from November twenty-fifth, though. Yeah, yeah. And he pinned it. He—he huh. he, he may have pinned it tonight, but. Call uh... on! I just sent you the. Tw- I just screenshotted, sent it to you. But I don't know. I, I have a feeling that that might get blocked. Twitter is weird, though, right? Because we're not following the people that he's replying to. It might not come. Oh up in right, tweet, but that's probably why um, I'm not following these guys. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, he says it. Oh, yeah, he t- he says it. So there's, there's some yeah, troll. Call him a faggot. He calls him a pussy. There's some troll here uh, who actually he may he may uh, listen to this show because he follows me too. His name's Sore Losers, and he he only has 15 tweets and only 36 followers, but he's been tweeting uh, and trolling Kate Hall tonight. I have a feeling it might be one of our listeners. There's some good ones too. Again, will her so-called poker friends stop enabling? Her crazy behavior and get her back into recovery. <laughs> yeah, sore losers. Whoever, you, if that's you, if you're listening to the show right now, uh, text me who you are. I won't. I won't out you. I'm just curious. I have a feeling it's someone. Someone with like barely any action on Twitter who's following me. I've got to think of some dupe account. I, it, it's so funny. Like I see things like this. Like I, I think like, oh, I wonder if I know them. And sure enough, like they're following me. It's like it's it's, it's always someone from our site that's uh, making this worse. Okay. Well, it depends on your perspective. Making it worse or making it better. Well, if you're uh, yeah, in I, it for the entertainment. I, I don't mean bad worse. I just mean like a worse uh, back and forth. Uh, by the way, here's this is from earlier. Five one two texted Druff's pimp talk sounds like a Jewish buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and uh, through the three hundred three, they don't like your mathematical skills, Calwatt. They said, "Check Calwatt's math. Seven percent of fifteen million is one point oh five million, not a hundred k." Really? Yeah, he's right. Okay. 
Okay. I, I actually flipped the decimal point. Yeah. It's funny. I think, wow, that's, that's all you get for 7%. That's kind of crappy. And then I, I kind of just dismissed it. I kind of just assumed it was right. All right. And uh, it's from the 920. Oh, a long thing here. Uh, listening yeah, to this, right. it doesn't make any sense. Listening to this broadcast, PayPal can't stop him from making the chargebacks. He processed the payments through PayPal, but he he funded them with a credit card, possibly several cards, and went into each each of the banks that represented those cards to file the fraudulent charges. He's required to sign an affidavit and have it notarized in order to complete the chargebacks. PayPal can only fight for your behalf against the banks that place the chargebacks. I've won cases like this in the past by providing the transactions were made by the same IP he usually he regularly communicates from using a tracking pixel in a bait email. Once open the tracking pixel pixel in the image the email is downloaded from the server to get a stamp of his IP yeah there is a way to do that I've, I did that back in the 90s uh, then the then PayPal can use your data in the combination with your own web analytics to see it's same IP also send copies of correspondence to support the case so he doesn't want to do that it'll give away the poker thing uh, that he knowingly sent the money give PayPal enough proof to win your case so I, I agree with some of this uh, but PayPal they're the ultimate processor of the transaction and they can choose to just eat it. I know what you're saying, that uh, they're acting as a conduit between the bank and the credit card and the person being paid, but there's a reason. You know, PayPal, they charge these fees, they make all this money, and, and a lot of times they will just eat it uh, and then try to recover the money, either just eat it completely or just eat it and try to recover it back from the banks by telling the banks, hey, you know, we, we covered this, but look, this is, this is fraud and we think this is why. I, I, I don't know for sure that's the way they do it, but I... They, they were the vehicle that was being used for this. They can't just completely, they they can't necessarily just completely pass the buck to the banks because it's uh, them completing the transaction. And I, I think part of the service they provide is to make it right on both sides. Uh, By the way, Jeff, I don't know if you've ever sold anything through a merchant processor that's not PayPal, but one of the things I've learned from Crush Night Poker. And uh, I applaud you for your anti-scamming efforts. And I try to put that, you know, obviously forth the best customer service possible where if somebody contacts CLP and they say, hey, you know, my account's been on for six months and I, you can see I haven't gone on here. Can you refund me? I'll do it. No questions asked. I can tell the last time they've been on. It's not like it's not a big deal. But there are people that will charge us back. They will, they will do a charge back. And they never canceled their account. But the thing is, is that I would have happily refunded them, but I'm charged by my merchant processor for a chargeback fee. Not only do they take the money out, like that we charge them, but then I'm charged $25 for a chargeback fee. It's so loaded towards the customer. It's so in favor of the customer. You can literally, if you're a customer, call your credit card company and say, oh, I didn't want this, and then just charge it back, and the vendor gets screwed. Yeah, I, I've, had, I've had a little experience. Actually, back in the 90s, there was this guy who did these horse racing picks. He actually wasn't wasn't bad at his picks. But uh, anyway, he was uh, he was selling them on a site that we, we were just running this little, like, amateur sports betting, sport, not sports betting, sports picking site. where you, But we were just, you know, just picking games for fun. We weren't positioning ourselves as any experts but the horse racing guy was actually pretty good and so people started having a lot of interest in his picks and we started to sell them and he'd like have one free pick every day and the rest were sold so so we actually did get a, a, a eventually a, a merchant account with with a through one of these third-party services that was billing and the same thing you know like you were saying when there were chargebacks we also got hit with a chargeback fee beyond just the taking the money back and it was annoying so yeah, it's. 
I, I still think you know with PayPal they they're incorporating the cost of doing business of of the chart of the of the scams and the other money they're going to have to eat from the fee they charge. And now he was not paying any fee when he sent you the money because he was using the friends and family method of sending it. But I, PayPal may still eat it because they 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 they, they don't want the reputation that. People send funds through PayPal and then they just wash their hands of it and say, "You know, you deal with the banks." They're they're the middleman for the reason. So I, I I could easily see them eating it and, and refunding the money. In fact, they've already refunded a little a little of the money according to some people some victims here. But I mean, I thank the person in nine two zero for giving that information. I, you know, most of that is correct. So I'm not I'm not necessarily calling them into question. Let's see anything. Let's see if there's anything new from. Dentali or Kate Hall here. Like I, I feel like there's some people. You should be monitoring the uh, poker fraud chat though too. Some people are putting some stuff. In okay. There. Yeah. I, I can't forget he my said, own. Dentali said you Jerry Yang's a big one and think you're good. Also, <laughs> I already put you in check in the Bahamas. Yeah, I see. And Liv Bori chimes in, says something, and he says, uh, uh, at, "At Liv, please, you're another horror show." <laughs> I see. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> What does he even mean by yeah, that? Okay. <laughs> okay, you, Jerry, you Jerry yanged a big one. That's actually kind of funny. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is going to go on for a while. This is the, I, It's funny. I was watching this, sort of watching just the, the updates in the WPT Bellagio. I just kind of got the feeling from it that, that there's going to be something happening there. I, I should have said it beforehand. I would have looked like Nostradamus. If you, if you ever do get Kate Hall on the show... And you do that murder, Mary fuck with her. <laughs> I would put no. I, I would put Stealth Monk in there, and I would put Dentali in there. Yeah, and then Nolan Dalla, <laughs> and then see, see what she picks from that group. I mean, I just think that would be a nice range for her. Yeah, to I, you know, I I, th- I don't know how much she knows about me or anything, but I, I I even if she doesn't know much about me and would initially agree to come on, I have to imagine she talked to like some social justice warrior friend of hers, like say, like 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 uh, Justin Bonham or one of those people. Who go, oh, don't go on his show, you know. Like, yeah, you know, I I can imagine that she'd be talked out of it by someone she's friends with, or or she might see it as a challenge, you know. Yeah, I I I, I, you on, you know? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if she came on, but I, I would be surprised. I, I just I, I think especially because the factor of people will talk her out of it that uh, these these if she does come on, you have to promise me. That you will do that murder, Mary fuck. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, and uh, stealth monk, Dentali, and Nolan Dollar. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember the answers. Could be good. Uh, maybe you can be here Matt too. Matt Lance from five minutes ago. This day will undoubtedly go down as the greatest poker Twitter day of all time. We've achieved a new level, and I'm so proud of us. And then Doug Polk. Anyone feel like arguing back and forth on Twitter, and then deciding to have a heads up match? But we have schedules that won't work. <clears throat> well, you know I. I, I have to say to Mac Lance, who I know listens to the show. I don't know if he's listening right now. He could be, but uh, Mac Lance listens to every episode eventually. He really does. And uh, but I, I have to say, I don't agree with him that this is the greatest uh, poker Twitter day because this is, still does not compare to the Matt Marafiati and Lauren Kling wars back in the day. Oh, the Harry Butthole. The Harry Butthole. Those were those were those were much better tweets. They they were great. That was a. <laughs> This this doesn't quite get there. This is this is up there though. I mean, I I, I am enjoying this. And why is it that people behaving badly is so entertaining? <laughs> like, why is that? 
And I had a feeling one day this was going to happen with Kate Hall, too. I, was like, I had a feeling there's, she's going to be in the center of one of these type of things. But Dentali, he really is like the perfect uh, foil for her here. <laughs> this is really the, the, the perfect two to put together to make this happen. This is not even surprising if you think about it. Yeah, do you think that right. we've ever reached a? Do you think we've ever reached like a? We're going to reach a boiling point in social media, whether it's in poker or anything else, where people who are celebrities or who, or who aren't really even celebrities—I mean, people that are somewhat known in the poker world—are not celebrities. But I just feel like people think that their opinion is important and that other people care. That's the attitude of their posts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. This is different from the way that it's ever been before. It would be like, you know, before the Internet, just going out and shouting in the middle of the road your opinion like anybody gives a fuck. Those are the same people, like I was saying before, that are going to be having those bumper stickers all over their fucking car. Telling you yeah. all about all of the the shit that they think is important, but, but it is, and this is just a different conduit, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Exactly. It is getting more and more common. Yeah, it is getting more and more common, and there's yeah, and it's also replacing a lot of other forms of communication. And like for example, there's there's uh, much less talking on the phone these days than there used to be. Oh, absolutely, much yeah. less. And a lot of young people they they just can't imagine having like long conversations on the phone. They just they think that that's crazy, and it, back before uh, all the social media stuff, this was a very common thing for people to do. So a lot a lot of this stuff changes, and well, and, and a different mentality. Because I remember my parents growing up. Whenever the phone rang, it was important. You know, you dropped everything and you went and answered the phone. But I mean, I know a lot of people these days. The phone rings, they just kind of look at it and. Maybe send it to voicemail. Don't bother with it. Yeah, I, with me, when the phone rings uh, during the show, I know it's someone pranking the show. <laughs> That's what I think. I, or, or my mom calling. Like it's, it's my mom calling during the show, and then, and then Brandon is actually pranking the show. Like, uh, Brandon quits the show and then pranks it. I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced. It's possible he forgot it was on, but I, I really think that since it was like minutes after my mom's call, I think he was pranking the show. All right, I... You know, I, Guys, I don't... I'm going to leave you. I know I started with the civics, but I'm glad to interject this bit of uh, of, of, of poker, of real time poker news. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll monitor this like one more time before we start the show. Just down. getting before you go, getting back to your point about the social media and the tipping point stuff. You ever seen mm-hmm. that uh, that Venn diagram of the social networks? Where yeah, yeah. There's I know narcissism, stalking, and ADHD. Right. And Twitter is right smack, smack dab in the middle, right? <laughs> Where it's the the perfect combination of all three. Yeah, um, but it, it definitely does take you know somewhat of a narcissistic personality uh, to be, as you said, you know, talking as if everyone should care about what they have to say, you know. And it, it may be horrible, and it may something say something terrible about me. But a lot of these things, the only thing I'm interested in is when shit like this happens. Yeah, yeah. Because I find it entertaining as hell. Yeah, I do too. That's why, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh wow, I can't believe I'm missing this. <laughs> yeah, Druff is going to cancel the show so he can. Watch yeah, no. I, like now, I'm thinking like when the show's over, I'm going to be sitting here like refresh, refresh. Come on, Kate, say something. Say something. Say something. Come on, <laughs> come on, Mike, say something. Come on, some other stealth monk. One of you guys involved, say something. And then, then like, then I'm going to draw myself in. Like, I, I'm trying not to draw myself in, but I, I could just like, I'm going to get frustrated that no one's saying anything, and I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to get drawn to get in there. You got to be like the dude that you know says, "What did you call her?" 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just invent something. The, the problem every time I jo- I join in though, like so, somehow like the, like such a shitstorm starts, and I'm kind of afraid to do it. Like I think that it, like I I just I kind of just want to watch this one. All right, all right, guys. Well, I'll be listening for the next hour before I go to bed. But uh, have a good night. All right, thank you, Hanson kid. Thank you. All right. All right, so that's that Hanson kid. We get we get him as kind of like a package deal with Calwatt, with uh, okay. since they're uh, good friends. So. Uh, uh, more Calwatt means more Hanson Kid usually, and that's that's good. I, I enjoy the Hanson Kid coming in here. So, okay, we uh, last topic here is we'll also monitor the ever breaking Kate Hall story as uh, we I was do this. Say you better come up with something to top that. No, it's not going to top that. It's it's going to be boring compared to that. And it's going to be the, the credit cards, but it could be useful. The credit cards for getting free and upgraded hotel rooms. Uh, I might just have to just reload the Twitter feed constantly. Yeah, you can do that if you like. <laughs> but but look, this is actually important information if you travel because it's changed. It's not the way it used to be. And see what uh, what's really become. A big thing these days, and will continue throughout at least 2017, and maybe beyond that, is that uh, most major hotel chains have a credit card associated with them. And if you get a credit card, if you sign up for that card, which sometimes they have fees, sometimes they don't, sometimes they have no fee the first year and then some kind of fee the second year, but it's never a terrible fee. It usually ranges between 49 and $95 a year. But uh, the good thing about signing up for these cards is, number one, you get some kind of big bonus up front provided you spend money in the first three months. So you, you should only get it when you know you're going to be spending like $3,000. Sometimes it's $1,000, sometimes it's $2,000, $3,000, but something around there. You look up the card before you get it and see what the spending requirement is. But you've got to make sure you're going to make that spend expenditure because that that's a big factor for why these cards have value and you'll, you'll get something you'll get a certain number of points with their club that already entitles you to a uh, pretty good value as far as what you can do with the point sometimes you can get a few nights with it sometimes you can get a you know one night at a really nice suite but you'll get the big points up front but then beyond that you'll have you'll be upgraded immediately to either their highest or second highest status usually and this is starting to be a bigger and bigger deal at these hotels to have these statuses. Uh, because what these statuses say, and even even just in the middle level, like if there's three levels, even if you just get the middle one, or you get the third, the second highest out of four, they, they really entitle you to a number of little perks that can be very useful, like a late checkout, like uh, being able to get a free upgrade if it's available at the property, which it typically is. Uh, being able to get the benefit of the doubt in certain situations, like you know, the, the, your, your room has issues, and say, you know, I want, you know, I, I want such and such. You know, I'm I'm a gold member here, and and that actually will mean something. But the key thing here is that these credit cards, because they're inexpensive, in fact, the first year they're usually free. But even if they are forty nine dollars, ninety five dollars, whatever, if you travel even moderately. If you don't travel at all, I don't get them. But if you travel even moderately and, and need to stay in hotels, this can really be worth it. The Just one night at one of these hotels can pay for the card and more. And then you have the additional status. So you can you can get things. And often, often they'll come with a free night. Sometimes if you renew the card in the second year, you'll, you'll get a free night at any property that they, uh, they have in that chain. 
So sometimes you can save that night for going something somewhere really nice that's normally like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks a night. Sometimes you can even pull that off. Uh, if you're if you use these benefits intelligently, and it's not even hard to do. It's not like it requires so much effort to do this that uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money you're going to save. It's, it's pretty easy. You just sign up for one of these cards, and then remember you have it. Make sure you make the initial expenditures in the first 90 days to get the extra points they give you. And then use the benefits. And, and always look what benefits you get because of you know, whatever level that the card gives you. Because you, it used to be to get these middle or higher levels at these hotels, you'd have to stay some obscene number of nights. You'd have to stay 30 nights in the year, you know, 25 nights, 50 nights in the year. And you know, Unless you're a traveler all the time, you're not going to stay 25 nights at, the, at these properties. You're not going to stay 50 nights. But you'll get the automatic upgrade just right to that level, the same as these people who did stay the 25, the 30, the 50 nights. So right there, you're getting a level of service that you really don't deserve, that other people earned by staying a whole lot of times there. So... Here's an example. Uh, you, you get a card. It has a free night with it. And then you book the free night. And then you upgrade it. Because you, you can upgrade it for free if it's available. Now you ha- often have to wait till that same day on the property. But, uh, but they'll usually give you an upgrade. So you show up there. You say, hey, uh, you know, I'd like, can you upgrade? You can even call the same day. If you're not going to be there early, you can call the same day and say, hey, do you have any suites available? Do you have any the next category up? Two categories up? You can, they'll usually give it to you, especially if you call in and get someone who's at the front desk. I mean, they, they have to give you the upgrade they promise, uh, provided it's available. But sometimes they even give you a double upgrade or triple upgrade. So I, I've stayed in a lot of hotels using these cards and not spend very much money at all. I'll get a uh, a hotel room that would normally be you know, $400, and I'll have paid uh, very little or nothing for it. And the key is to make sure to get this number of cards that correspond with your hotel room needs. So maybe you're going to be traveling a lot, then you should get a few cards. If you think you're only going to be taking one trip this year, then just get one of them and then save the other ones for the next year's. So, But there's so many chains doing this now that you can you can really do this for a while, and then what you can do is you can cancel the card and then start it up again in like a year and get the same benefits all over again. So this is, can be like an end of the cycle for as long as this goes on. So th- this is the new way to get the benefits in hotel rooms, is just getting these credit cards. You know, Forget trying to stay 25 times in the night. You, you, don't, you don't need to do that. Uh, you get these cards, and really you'll only use them the minimum of what you need to be. It's usually the base benefits of these cards. Like you don't want to use it for your everyday purchases. You don't get very good value. But you get them, you use them for the where there is value. Mainly just to you mainly just want to hold on to them. You know, first spend the minimum, and then just hold on to them and, and use whatever benefits, whatever free rooms you get, whatever free points you get, whatever free upgrades you get. And don't feel shy when you're at these hotels if you if you have been given this status by the credit card to, to ask for these things, to ask for the perks, not only the ones you're guaranteed, but even exceptions to rules or whatever, and say, look, I'm a gold member, I'm a diamond member, whatever your rank is at these hotels. And... Uh, that that's really how to do it. That's where you can get a lot of nice rooms or decent rooms for very little money, and that's and and you can often if you get like the two free night type of thing, you can save it and take your girlfriend, your wife to a, a nice resort that 
would normally be many hundreds of dollars per night. So if you use these right, you can really get incredible value out of them. And I, I've been doing this for a few years. I I actually did this. I, I took a road trip all the way up the West Coast from Southern California all the way up to the tip of uh, Northern Washington and barely spent any money on hotel rooms using various cards that I had obtained for this purpose. And it's all legal. And I'm not. This isn't credit card fraud. This isn't any kind of uh, shenanigans here. This is just using the programs to their maximum value. If you have any further questions about this, you can text me at uh, 775-372-8355, the main show phone number, at any time, whether you're listening to this live or not live. And if you have any suggestions for me for utilization of credit cards for hotel rooms, then go ahead and, and let me know. And also, one more thing about hotel rooms, always make sure that uh, before you book, if you are paying that you see what possible discounts are available to you, whether the AAA discount, whether it's a discount for your, your job that, you know, if you're not traveling for work, you can, uh, if, you, if your company has a, a corporate code, you can use it and get a cheaper rate. They're not going to get billed for it. It's just a rate they have agreed to. Uh, if you're a government worker, you can often use the, the government rate if you have a government ID. So always make sure that you're utilizing whatever is the best rate you qualify for as well. Some people forget it's like I've known people who are government employees and forget to ever ask for the government rate when they're traveling personally, not realizing that yeah, you can you can do that. <laughs> you just gotta have a government ID, which they do. So keep that in mind as well if you happen to fit one of these categories. So Calwat, have you been refreshing? Um I've been doing something else. <laughs> I looked around a little bit. I saw a couple of things. Nothing too exciting. Um, where he called her a slut, a tramp, and a crackhead, and she said, I'm not a crackhead. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think he wrote back, uh, meth, crack, same shit. So I guess that thing that the handsome kid was saying about her, you know, being bony, maybe then Tally thinks that uh, she's smoking the rock, you know? I, you know, now that I'm... I've never seen her in person, but I'm going to look... I've seen her face before. But I'm going to look up, see if I can you know get a, what, a body I mean, picture. I agree or disagree with her. Um, I don't think she's a crackhead. She sounds a little more coherent than that. No, I don't think she's a crackhead either. But I'm, I'm just trying to see the look she has, if she's got that look, even if she is. I don't think she is her, one. Her profile picture on Twitter, I mean, she does have kind of these, like, you know, uh, crypt keeper kind of hands. You know what, you're, I, I, th- I think Tali's onto something. I'm looking at another picture of her. Uh, and this is... It must be the same tournament as her main Twitter picture because she's wearing the same thing and it's a WPT. But she, she has her, she's like, she has her arms crossed over the table and it's it's definitely a shot she's taking on purpose. She's looking straight at the camera and smiling, and, and her, her face does look pretty good. But I, I do have to say her hands look very long in this picture. Are her elbows very pointy? They might even be because I, I <laughs> well, let me see. Hold on, I, I can see an elbow picture. Truff, you'd still hit it. Give me a break. I'm, I'm not saying she's bad looking. I'm just I'm trying to see if he's got any kind of semblance of a point about the bony hands. Now you know what? I, I, I definitely saw the bony. Oh no, he hasn't for sure. Like I, I just found a picture of her, which is otherwise a very good picture of her. Like if you take the hands away, yeah, I, I'm seeing a picture of her that if I saw, like if I just saw this girl, like without without even knowing who she is, I'd say, oh, that's a pretty girl. Like I would I would look at her and, and think she's pretty. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give her credit there, but. 
I look at her hands in the picture, and they're definitely like long and bony, for sure. Yeah, if she's giving you a hand job, it would be like the anatomy skeletons wrapped around your cock. <laughs> she definitely. I mean, he got that one. He's he's right about the bony hand. Now, the funny thing is, there's there's another another picture of her. It could just be the angle. There's one where she has her hair dyed, I think, and she. Uh, you can see her whole arms, and uh, she's wearing like a tank top or something. But there she has black nail polish on. And here her hands don't look as bony. I think that the black nail polish is actually doing her a favor. I think I think she's one of these women. There's some women who look much better with nail with fingernail polish on and some that actually don't and look worse with it. She's definitely one that looks better. And I I think it is because her fingers are long and bony. I think I think this distracts you from that a little bit because when she has the nail polish on it looks a lot better. When she doesn't I, I've never seen a girl that looks bad with nail polish on unless it's like you know, one of those crazy, like, zebra skin fucking weird shit, you know? I wouldn't say really bad. It just kind of doesn't... I've seen ones that just don't look that good. It just doesn't quite look... I mean, to me, it looks feminine, regardless of... Usually, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that there's some where they look a lot better than others, and there's some I've seen where they don't wear it. I go, oh, you know, it actually looks better without it. But but with, with Kate Hall, for sure, she should wear it. I, I think she does need some distraction because her her heads are long and bony it's fine the rest of her from what i'm seeing here looks pretty good so i'm not even like trying to say she's she's bad looking the rest of her looks good in, in most of these pictures i'm seeing yeah she's got crypt keeper claws you know yeah that's uh, that's funny that Dentali picked up on this site see i never noticed this before i was just kind of i had just seen her pictures i kind of like know her face but i i hadn't really paid attention to her hands and Dentali picked you can't up can't unsee it now you meet yeah. her in person, you're yeah. going to do nothing but look at her hands. <laughs> give, I think everybody in the show is going to like that. just going to look at her hands. Everybody listening to the show from now on is going to just look at her hands it's every time. It's just like Helmuth's mole, you know? <laughs> so, okay, he's right. Now, I, I, the, the, the crackhead thing, see, I don't, I'm not really getting that from her. He's just trying to, you know, insult her in whatever way he can try and get a rise out of her. Yeah, I, I, I see kind of where he's coming that from. She's kind of just a... Kind of just looks like a skinny girl with like a slight build. That's this kind of. You know, I mean, you know, she can't win though. If she's skinny, she'll get criticized for this, and if she's fat, she'll get criticized for that. You know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the patriarchy. No. Yeah, the patriarchy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, but uh, yeah, I, I want to see more of this though. Like, I really want to see more. It looks like they're done. I haven't seen anything new. Uh. I mean, it's, that's ending prematurely. Are you sad? Especially after Mac Lance just propped this up as the best day ever on Twitter. I was hoping, I, I was really hoping this would happen, okay? I knew the show was just about to end. I knew I'd finish with a credit card thing, and then I'd play the All in the Family music, and we'd be done, okay? So then I, I pictured I would post this show in the archives. I would brace for the fallout from my uh my pimp impression oh wow i just found a picture i'm gonna send you that really looks like that <laughs> it may be the same one is it is it where her hand is like hovering over the chips wait hold on i i, I have to go I, back I, i'm gonna send i'm gonna have to put it in chat because for whatever reason this uh um the the twitter i'm, I'm sorry the uh what the fuck the skype thing isn't working so hold oh. on one second let me find it and I got windows open all over the place trying to find this stuff. No, the one I found is is uh, it looks like she's holding her cards. 
There it is. There it is. All right, here we go. It's in the chat now. It's in the chat. Okay, go take a look at the chat. Oh, hold on. I, think I just kicked myself out of the I mean, chat. That one's borderline golem. Hold on. I, I just kicked myself out of the chat now. Now she's never going to come on the show. She's gonna, You're the guy saying that I had bony hands. You're validating Mike Dentali and his patriarchy. I'm never coming on your show. Justin Bonomo's right about you. Hey, you posted again. I just got kicked out of the chat. There we go. Okay. Oh, it's from the poker cast of all things. It's on the two plus two poker. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. You're right, but here I I think I have a better one. I think I can raise you here. Oh no. <laughs> I'm being check raised by Druff. Yeah. Oh, crap. Okay. I think I think I I may have a better I like this one better. Here we go. This is from the Seminole Hard Rock Open. Lou Father saying you just don't want her wrapping those oh, claws yeah. around your dong. Yeah, I saw. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. See, but Dentali's onto something here. He's, uh, I can't say I agree with everything he said, but uh, he, he did get that one right. Huh. Yeah, she definitely is lanky. Now, now, I have to say that uh, you know, having the bony hands, it's, it's not as bad as being known as having the, the hairy asshole. So she still got one up on uh, Lauren Clinton. Well, no, I mean, at least the asshole is tucked away. You know, not a yeah, people well, yeah, going to see that. Out, no, but uh, I'm saying once you have the reputation, like you know, after after what uh, Marafiati said about Lauren Kling, which the funny thing is, like, I, I wonder if Marafiati just like made that up. I know they were dating, and he may have seen it, but but knowing Marafiati, he could have totally made that up and, and just like given her a reputation that she didn't deserve. Yeah, sure. But but uh, but the fact is, like, that was so like with his hashtag, it grows back fast and all that stuff. Like it was just, it, it was just so memorable that this is just what everyone associated with her, whether it was true or not. And it was like, yeah, especially the, the mental image of it growing back. And yeah. Yeah. Double butthole. Yeah. So, so right. How'd you get to keep shaving it like that? Like whether it, he just completely made it up or if it's true or if it's half true, like that was the image everyone had of her for a long time. So that's like, you that's hard to get away from. Where, where the bony hands, you go, oh, okay, yeah, she does. Okay, well, yeah, but the rest of her looks good. Okay, fine. Like that, that's kind of what's going to happen. But still, like everybody who listens to the show, yeah, she's got a really cute face. Yeah, everyone, uh, the handsome kids onto something. Yeah, so every, everyone who listens to the show, though, like whenever they see her, whether it's on TV or in person, watch. I'm going to get her at the World Series, like right next to me, and she's going to. So you're the one who said I had bony hands. How? Let's see your hands. Like I can see what's going on here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's never coming on the show, Drew. No, I, I wrote that off a long time ago. Well, I mean, especially now. Like, that, that is the final nail in the coffin. It, it is, but I, I wrote that off. Like, it was someone I thought would be entertaining to have here, but I just thought... It, I'm really telling you, it was. I'm telling you, it's the social justice warrior friends of hers that would stop it. Otherwise, I might be able to talk her into it, but it's it's the it's the friends that just would say that I'm like this, this right-wing Satan. She's not going to want to come on here. I, I could see it. So, like, I, I don't even hold out hope. So let's see. Uh, Ruth Father saying, Dan Gildruff, if you have her on radio, your first question should be if she likes to play the piano. <laughs> 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 we should have her play the All in the Family uh, oh, uh, end song. She could, can you play that? Can you play us off here? Wow, look at this one. Hey, yeah, you're right, man. He is onto something. She's, she does have. Wow. <laughs> but did you see the one? I, I want to send you the one with the, with the nail polish. It looks, it looks significantly better. See, I, I think. There's got to be some polite way to tell her this. Uh, to wear some nail polish. polite way to tell her this? No, I'm saying that. I actually kind of wanted Good to get it. Fucking luck. No, I want to kind of get this over to her. That here, I'm going to put this in put chat. Another one. In there. You can just see that. Like kind of. 
Here, I'm, I'm putting this in chat here. See, there's got, yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but look at the one I just posted. This is the better picture, okay? This is where they don't look bony. Or yeah, looks so, better. Look, look, look at the, I bet it's the nail polish that's doing it. Like, all the other ones, she doesn't have nail polish. This one, she does. And I think that's really what the difference is here. So, I, I think that, like, I want to, okay, let me let me get back to a story from college. <laughs> okay. father. Look at those piano paws, bro. <laughs> Going back twenty five, like claws. Go, though, going back twenty five years, there was there was a girl who was in the dorms with me in college, and I, I wasn't friends with her, and I I, did, I definitely wasn't attracted to her, but she had a mustache, and I, yeah. I and she didn't realize it. Like I don't know how she didn't realize it, but she didn't realize it. And I know she didn't realize it because I, I watch her flirt with these guys. Thankfully, not me. But she was flirting with these guys who had no interest in her because she had like a very visible mustache, and it was kind of gross. Okay, so I, I like, mean, a lot of girls have some. No, no, she, she had like a, a noticeable. It was it was much worse than any like almost else. a porn stash kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it, it was it, it was noticeable. Like like people would talk about it behind her back. I, like it was funny. I kind of felt bad for her when when people did that, but she was also just kind There's of a no bitch. Way she doesn't know she. Well, has that, so like I couldn't figure it out. So like I was like. I didn't really like her personality that much. I, she was she seemed kind of bitchy, but at the same time, I felt bad for her because I watched her like just try so hard to flirt with all these guys, and they just never showed any interest. And I, I, I'm thinking, how could she not realize what's going on here? Like, like maybe she knows she has it, but doesn't understand the full extent of how bad it is. Maybe, maybe she's not understanding that this is the big factor turning them off, rather than it being a small thing that she preferred to be different. So. I, I was thinking, I, I'd love to tell her in some way, the reason these guys are rejecting you is because you have a mustache, and it's like way more than any other girl in the school, and, and they're yeah, grossed so out. so bleach it. And they're grossed out, yeah, yeah, right. Or bleach it or, or do something to it that uh, that, will, that would make it go away, or at least be... I've known, I've known girls that used to bleach it, you know? Yeah, so I, like, I wanted to tell her, but I, I knew if I did, that, that I, I would just get... I'd probably like, get kicked in the balls if I said something like like I. She'll I, hate you for life. Yeah, she would hate me for life, and that it would actually probably traumatize her to even hear that. But on the other hand, I kind of felt like she needed to know, but I I didn't know what to do. Like I I wanted to tell her, but I, I couldn't find a way to do it nicely. So like it's kind of the same. Like like could someone tweet to Kate Hall? You know, you're a pretty girl. Uh, I think a lot of people find you attractive. You have a really nice face. You know, you're. Um, Everything looks good except you know the only thing, your hands they do look kind of long and bony. But when I observed that you had nail polish on in one of the pics, it, it was much less apparent. Your, your hands look you much better. Druff, you would get one long bony middle finger. Yeah, that's right in your face. <laughs> that's not. I'm saying exactly like a, it would be for her own good. It would be saying, look, you know, I happen to Druff, find a picture it, it of you. It doesn't matter. I, I did the same thing with a, a girl many years ago. Um, or I told her, I'm like, yeah, you know, everything's good, but you might want to do something about your teeth because she had, like, really yellow, like, not even, I'm not talking about, like, just not pure white teeth, but she actually had, like, yellow teeth, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't say it to her in a mean way, but, man, I mean, that definitely changed uh, the way that our relationship was. Well, you but then I can understand more that. because that, that's, a long, that's a longer fix. That's a tough thing to do. You can't just make your teeth white overnight. But... Hey, can you go to the dentist and go to the, the bleaching treatment? Yeah, there's only things like only half work. But uh, I was, I'm saying that she, Kate Hall, all she has to do is like pull out a bottle of nail polish, and and uh, provided that this is really what would fix it, because like uh, 
I've only seen one picture with the nail polish, so maybe it just happens that's a good picture or a good angle. But I think I've, I think I've stumbled onto something. I think that this is the solution. I think that uh, if there's only some way I could politely communicate this to her without looking like I was being a jerk. Not like gross. This- looking at those pictures with her bony bony claws there, or the piano paws, uh, as Lou Father, Father was saying, if you chopped off one segment... Do you think her hands would be like kind of normal in the right size? <laughs> Let me go see. I have to go back and see now. You know what I mean? Like if you take a look at one of those pictures and just imagine that you just chopped off one of her little ligaments there, you know, or one of her segments. See, it's so funny because I'm looking at all these other pictures with like I'm I'm, I'm looking at the picture that. Yeah, I think you're right, but but I'm looking at the one with the nail polish and they look totally normal. Like well, I, I would look at some of the others. You found other nail polish pictures. No, no, no. Look at some of the other pictures of her. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, like, if you lopped off one segment of her fingers, it would probably look No, I, normal, I, right? I agree with you, but I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm talking about how I think the nail polish is the answer, but I, I've got to find some way to communicate it to her without it look like, looking like I'm, I'm just trying to be a jerk and, and bashing the way she looks. Like, how do you give someone some kind of simple constructive criticism, that, like a really easy thing they could do? Is this one thing to say like, oh, you're 300 pounds. If you, if you only dropped uh, 150, right. then then you look good. Well, yeah, you can say that. Then how do you drop 150 pounds? But uh, unless you're a good friend of hers, okay, it's just never going to come off good. I know that's the problem. Like, who the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you saying this? That's the problem. I don't need to fit into your patriarchal view of what I should look like and blah blah blah. It's just don't, it's no way. That's the problem. You you can like try to be helpful. You can try to just be. Just as an observer, I've noticed this. Maybe you know you should make this change, and you, you're just never going to go over well. There's no way it can yeah, go over well. It would be like if a girl you didn't know came up to you and was like, "Oh, you know what? Um, you know, if you just sprayed over that little bald spot on the back of your head, you'd look a lot better." Like you wouldn't <laughs> take that well either, right? You know, you would. Well, see, it depends. That. It depends. If, if if I knew they weren't trying to be insulting, and I knew they were just, if they were really just trying to say, "I've noticed this," especially if they gave everything. If they said like everything on you looks really good to me, there's just one thing I don't like. But if you did that, it would you know it would be much better. You wouldn't be like, "Who the fuck are you?" And, no, and I I, 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 I think I'd be kind of like flattered that they that they like everything they did and then i'd say hmm, maybe you're right maybe i should do like if it's something very hard or impossible to change about myself then i wouldn't like it but uh um yeah if it was something easy to do that well how the hell is she going to change her crypt keeper finger i told you she could wear the nail polish i'm saying if she wears the nail polish it gives them a different look yeah, I don't know. I think you got a nail polish fetish. Or no, something. I, I just I'm just noticing this picture versus the others. I think it's just I think it's it's, it's all an illusion. And if you, I think there's you think something. Her long to, hands are an illusion. I, I think she has long hands, but I think the nail polish counters that somewhat to where you don't notice it much, and then they give much more the appearance of being not that long, which they actually are. So like I think either that or it's going to look like the dot on top of a very tall eye. You know? I'm just saying this picture I see. Which is uh, for those of you that are wondering, it's on Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open dot com. If you just if you if you just do a Google image search of her and look for this one where she's wearing this kind of weird like green tank top and she's it's kind of looks like her hair's dyed and she um, it's from the Seminole. It says Kate Hall eliminated in fifteenth. It's that picture. Like that that's her hands by far look the best in those pictures in that picture right there. I mean, it could be the picture too, though. It right? could be. Maybe, maybe I'm onto the wrong thing here. I don't know. It's uh, 
Uh, we, we spent way too long on the subject. <laughs> this, is, this is Mike Dentali's fault. This wasn't even my idea. This is Mike Dentali's idea. He he said it, and then I, I felt like I had to analyze it. That's that's the problem here. Now, I kind of feel like I want her to say something about Mike Dentali that I can analyze then, too. Well, look, sometimes if you want it to happen, you're going to have to do a little work. Let's see. Get in there and stir it up. Let's see here. I think we're uh, I think we're about out here with. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. See, all right, I know how you can stir it up. Oh no, what is it? I know exactly how you can stir it up. Just tweet this picture out to her and Dentali. You don't even have to say anything. <laughs> Did you find it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the crypt keeper shit. I double dog dare you. Oh, boy. <laughs> you don't even have to say anything. Just, you know. <laughs> you just send out the picture by itself. And the... Just just the picture and just at her and at Dentali. <laughs> the, problem is, the problem is this would actually be more insulting than I'd be intending. It's it's like, because it would be, the Crypt Keeper's like, it's all around ugly, and she's not. Like, she's just pretty with a bony hand. So that's that's the... Yes, it'd be sending the wrong message. I, I, it's too harsh of a message. Like, I don't want to say she, she doesn't but, look like a crib keeper. Ah, uh, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of Twitter accounts. What the fuck do I care? I mean, <laughs> you're gonna start being people boycotting the show, saying that we got to get this Calwatt guy off. Brandon wouldn't have done this. Actually, Brandon. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. I forgot about that. I've already said on air that I'm going to do it. So never mind. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh yeah, someone could Photoshop her face on there. That's a good idea. <laughs> just take, just take her face and throw it on the Crypt Keeper. Oh, we're, we're gonna, we're, yeah. I think at the end of this show, we're, we'll have lost all of our female listeners and black listeners. Ah, uh, I don't think the the black listeners. I mean, it's whatever. You just actually, you know, the female listeners we have. There's, there's a, I think there's two that are younger, but. Aside from those two, the other female listeners we have are over 40, and, and several of them are actually over, like, 60. So I think maybe the older ones may actually enjoy this segment because, you know, when, when women get older, they sometimes look back and go, you know, they see the younger women, and they kind of, uh, you know, they kind of wish that they were back in those days when, the, you know, back when they were younger and everything. And so, they, you know, they hear a younger woman being criticized. Maybe they won't be as... Uh, Maybe they'll find more humor in it, you know. Kind of, kind of I like, mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a, a, a way to convince myself that the female listeners aren't going to run away. Good luck. Like the few we have. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Let, let's see. That look, I, look. I mean, the bottom line is, you and I, and just about everyone else. She's still an attractive girl. We'd still hit it. Although, I mean, I honestly think that, you know, when, when guys say stuff like, oh, you know, I, I'd do it or whatever, it, it's really not saying a whole lot because I think your average dude would just, they'd fuck a ripe cassava melon. Oh, like, you, really you know what? I'll, I'll tell you how true that is. I was, one, one time, you know, Yahoo Chat when they had the webcams and back when that was like a big deal when most chats didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And... One time I just went into some room. I forgot what room it was, but it was. I went into some room, 
and there's all these guys going, oh my God, this is so hot. They're like they're, they're just going on and on about some woman that was on cam and how excited they were. So I'm trying to figure out which woman are they talking about? Because there's several that show their camera on, but most, most of them, most of the girls who have this, where it shows their cam is on, it's not open to everybody. You have to have them accept you and they accept very few people or sometimes they just have it on and they accept nobody. They're screwing with people. Sometimes they're even bots that, that just have that on there, but you know, aren't a real person. So I was trying to figure out which of the female names there had that they were talking about. And I figured it out, especially by seeing women responding to them. So, I said, okay, let me see uh, what what the big deal is about here. So I joined the cam, and I couldn't believe what I saw. The woman was probably in her late forties, huge, and like like just I'm not talking just like a little overweight. I mean like just gigantic, like obese, and like 48 years old with like glasses on. There's like nothing attractive about her. She was just so gross, and she was like completely naked and touching herself. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I was able to like I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and I, I could keep it on for like five to ten seconds before I was like so disgusted I had to close it. Like it was mm-hmm. actually it was actually grossing me out. Like I couldn't watch it, and I'm going. And then I go, wait a minute, is that really what these guys were talking about? And I I sat there and watched. And yes, like I had the cam off at that point, but I was watching them talking to her. Yes, that's who they were talking to. There were like ten different guys there cheering her on, like the, like they're watching super, some supermodel doing it. And I go, oh my god, like, if you can look like that and get all this many guys excited, this isn't just like one or two freaks. Like, the whole room was excited. And I go, and these guys will do anything. Because, like, I I couldn't. Like, like even if she was the only woman left on Earth, I just I just wouldn't be interested. Like, it just, right. it, I just wasn't attracted to her in any way, shape, or form. And, and uh... Like I, if I saw some girl who was just like average looking doing that, I would I would totally get it. You know, I would I would understand why these guys are uh, excited there. But this wasn't even close to that. So I, I wasn't. I, I was expecting to be someone who was hot, but uh, like even someone average looking, I would have understood. It would have made sense to me. But this this made no sense to me. I, I couldn't figure it out. Have this many feeling this way. So yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of guys who just will have sex with anything with like zero standards <laughs> so but, uh yeah it's it, we, we've alienated uh, women before that were on the show not the show the previous the donk down show uh, like what would happen is like they'd hang up and then bring oh my in. god what what happened <laughs> father did it oh he, he actually said, he sent it oh boy check out this pic i found of kate hall and he tweeted at then tally oh boy. see this is <laughs> see now this is really going to get it going so this is this is much more than just sending the picture itself this is like just throwing it right in the face right there this this is like like an act of war here all right check uh i just put a link in the the chat uh Druff. go ahead and click on that all right Well, he sent it to me. Are you talking about... No, no, I, I just put a link in the chat. Oh, okay, okay. I can't believe Lou Father just did this here. Well, that's pretty fast photoshopping. There you go. <laughs> Boy, this is... <laughs> Now she uh, she may not react that much. It depends if he runs with it. It depends if Dentali runs with it because 
you know, she doesn't know Lou Father, so she's going to think he's just some random troll, which she kind of is. But, uh... The thing is that I think some people aren't going to get it because they didn't hear this whole discussion. They they have to specifically relate it to the bony hands. Otherwise, they go, "What the Crypt Keeper? Like she's got a pretty face. She doesn't look like Crypt Keeper." So, well, maybe the one with her face on it. Maybe they'll get that. <laughs> though, though she may think he's from. She may think you know. He said he he put on there. He's from Michigan. I was going to think she she may think he's from Vegas because he has a picture of Caesar's Palace. But it actually doesn't look like. Uh, it looks like different Caesars. Which Caesars is this? Oh, no, 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 it is the Vegas Caesars. Just a different angle. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope there's not too much fallout from this show. This is one of these episodes, I don't know, I don't know if, like, the next day I'm going to get, uh, like, a lot of angry messages or... Uh, Look, if any of them, if her or any of her friends or whatever hear it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No, but they'll tell them like, "Oh, go listen to this," and then they're gonna be all pissed. Well, that's well. what I'm saying. Is if any, if if she or anyone that knows her hears it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get crap. I mean, this, that's just the way it is. This is know? the problem with being someone who actually has to see people when I go play poker. At least the World Series isn't for another six months. Just, just don't look at her hands when you meet her. Okay. At least the World Series isn't like like uh, everyone's got like. Six months now to cool down before the World Series. Before, uh, like, there's like a social justice warrior gang waiting for me. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you know, actually, maybe this is your key. Yes, maybe if you just piss her off beyond all belief, she'll actually want to come on here and chew you up. <laughs> all right. I think we're, before I get into further trouble. I should end this show because <laughs> this this went in all kinds of directions tonight. I didn't expect to talk about anyone's bony hands. I didn't expect to uh, read a court filing in pimp language. <laughs> I didn't expect a lot of things tonight. It, it's just that's how the show works. Uh oh, what what happened here? Oh yeah, yep. Who father just did it? Well, he did. He, he did the, more. The crypt keeper with her face on it has been tweeted to her and to Dentali. <laughs> Dentali may have passed out, though. He may not. He may not see this till tomorrow. Anyway, he'll see it. He will see it. So, anyone offended by this show, I kind of apologize. It, it just kind of happened. The show just kind of happened. You know, we we just talk here, and. Uh, let me see. I guess I got to give the disclaimers. Uh, disclaimers are: I have no problem with black people. I think Kate Hall is pretty, but just needs to put nail polish on her hands. Uh, let's see what else. Anything Bro. else? Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to undo it. Ah, damn it! <laughs> I was hoping just disclaimers might save me. But, that. Okay. I guess I've. Uh, I guess I've done it here. What's another burn bridge? Yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of them already. I guess uh, the poker world's a fractured world anyway. And I, I can point to that we, we're going to retain at least one black listener who appreciated the uh, the pimp segment. So 
Well, like, like I said before, if people aren't offended by Chico Loco, and if they're not offended by Colonel Nigel Fabersham, I mean, it's a difference, really. <laughs> the British people like Colonel Fabersham. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. All right, people. We'll be back next week on Wednesday, December 14th, and around 7.30. I can't promise it'll be 7.30. Calwatt may be back. And I may be uninvited now. Now you're invited back. <laughs> we'll see about Brandon. He may be doing his own show soon on PokerFarler.com. Stay tuned for that. That is all for this week. I'll be watching Twitter tonight, and shalom. <laughs>